It's about to get weird, and here is your dynamic duo of dummies takes you on a tour of DC's comics. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is episode number 215 of the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Indeed. Indeed, Eric. It's 215. What were you going to call me? You said that you were going to start calling me something. Wasn't it? <laughs> honky Heidi Tonk. Honky no, Tonk. it was Honky Tonk. I'm Honky Tonk, Jim Werner. Woo-wee. And I'm there Jim Warner, or as we like to call him, Honky Tonk. The Honky Tonk. But yes, this is episode 215. I Welcome, everybody. Yeah, you didn't go. <laughs> no. The official and official podcast of the WeirdScienceDCComics.com website. And we're also on Twitter at ws what is it what are, what are you on weird science dc i'm all mixed <laughs> weird up science yeah, DC that's all. I'm, I'm gonna just skip that nonsense eric let's get to it uh i'm i'm hurting right now and i'll tell you why in a little bit but we are also on patreon eric we have a patreon account that's most important right sure the patreon is. account you go over to patreon.com slash weird science and you get then to listen to a bunch of podcasts, including my news podcast. You got a lot of other things, but the big thing is Plethora. the weekly spotlight. And it's two books picked by the badasses of the Patreon Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop, boop, boop. And this week, Eric, they picked the Batman Who Laughs number three. And the Wonder Twins number one. Sure and did. I think that they ended up picking the Wonder Twins number one as a joke to kind of fu- I, I get. I actually think that they thought that if it wasn't on Patreon, we wouldn't talk about it. Right. Yeah, you'll hear it mentioned later at the end in a certain section called the Book of the Week. Eric, oh, my. Because we really did enjoy it. Spoilers, so if you want to hear, Damn. if you want to hear us talk. You know, pretty positively about two books. Yeah, the, I didn't. I thought that the Batman Alas was a little bit down, but I still, it's one of my favorite books. So if you want to go check that out, go to the Patreon account. And with that, Eric, this is all. I'm going quick here. We're gonna get this going. Not, We're gonna get, get it because going, you know baby. what? I'm a little more positive about these books this week. Uh, I'm not as depressed. I actually, well, the scores aren't exactly the greatest in these. I actually enjoyed talking to you about them, though, Eric. We wouldn't know that yet, right? This is. The no, beginning, exactly. but also just the <laughs> idea that reading these books, I actually like them a little more than what we were getting last week. So you, you can get that and be a little more positive. But the positivity is really rampant over there at that Patreon. I tell you, oh go my, over there. I tell you there. But <laughs> here is the badass thing, America. You lighten up. You're not let, let no. light up in the house. I talked to people though. the other day. Oh, you dancing? Are you? You yeah, dancing, dancing, Eric? They calls you. Uh. Here's the badasses of the Patreon. We're gonna start with Lady Abby, Matches Balone, John Jack, Nick Adams, Mark Jager, T Funk, Josh Vermillion, Aldrin Stoja, D Man, Batman Beyond, Mark, Adjacent and Culture. Eric David Fink, Man Chip, Brandy, Bobby Bain, Reggie Hancock, all new Dave is back, and I'm glad that he is back. We have Me Ryan too. Reading, Carlos, Ian, Leonard, Chester McJerk, Brian King, Jolly Drew, my man Pete from NYC, who you'll hear from later. Also, might hear a diss track about him. Polly P, oh. Fred Reed's Comics, Eric G, Seller Dweller, Danny the Street, Luis, Ulysses Jones, Hakeem, Double A, Ron Monty, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Missy T, Rob Lewis, our man Rob Lewis, Lone Wolf Marv, and Ruben. Ruben, Ruben brings up the rare. Ruben actually said to me, like, why am I always the last one? And you always sound surprised. <laughs> I'm like, that's just how it's written out. I mean, I go right from the Patreon. He is what appears to be the you know the latest one or the oldest one now after a couple people left 
he is now the king, I guess, is what it would be, Eric. But yeah, yeah he I'll has say that. He's like, yeah, he's like why, why am I always the last one? I'm like, I need you? to sound surprised at the end. And also, you think I'm going to mix this up? <laughs> I, I, I'm not that smart. I end up talking, and I don't know what's going on here, really. I'm like a bad doctor. No patience, Eric. You're like school in the summertime. No No class. class. Well, I mentioned, I'll just uh, quickly, I mentioned on the news podcast, on the Patreon, that I was going bowling. Today is Rafe's birthday. So he wanted to go bowling. So, yes, it was me, Rafe, Logan. No, he's 16. Me, Uh Rafe, Logan, and Ethan went bowling. So we go, I'm ready. I'm talking. a lot of trash all week we are all talking trash about this now i know what score range they are in in their bowling because they've been going a couple times the last I was couple say, weeks how do you know this i now, never hear you, you guys talking there about is, bowling there there is no way that i was losing i i knew this i know the type of bowler that i am what was the I last am. time that you bowled uh probably about 10 years ago yes. maybe okay yeah, I so you have no idea i got I'm you i'm telling you this this is like me and you going I, I have not played hockey in a while i'm telling you we get a net at work and start shooting at plates i'm beating you eric i know that i would there there's no doubt in my mind eric. but no we, we go to bowling i i pick my ball i use a 17 pound ball so i get it i ball the first roll i believe that I may have broken my wrist. I yeah. cannot make a fist now. And this that's the first frame. Now I'm in trouble. Now I've talked a lot of crap, right? So I'm gone. So I'm basically right then I should have stopped. I'm telling you, the pain that I felt was one of those things where you get a pain that you know something wrong happened. This is not just I stubbed my toe. Something happened. I can't stop. And the trash talking continues because then I, I go and I'm like, oh, my God, what happened? I'm looking. the Oh, there he goes trying to say. And, and I'll tell you, gutter ball, because the ball, it, the holes ended up sticking on my thumb and it pulled my oh, oh it was a disaster. And I'm even yeah, trying to you do are the, the motion. Of disaster. I'm this trying to do sense. the motion now. And it hurt. It Whatever could have gone wrong will go also, wrong when later, you're involved. La- my, my, my wrist hurts so much. It's my right wrist. Obviously, I'm a righty. I had a problem wiping my butt later, Eric, my butt cheeks. Does your wrist you, always hurt? You actually have to, to swirl that around. You twist. I can't twist my wrist. So we're, we're there. We're going to play two games. Every, we're going to play two full games. And I've hurt myself in the first frame. But now the trash talking starts really bad by them. Oh, this is your excuse, whatever. So I ended up just bowling with what it appeared in like my something mind. You would do. It appears it in my mind. Though, hey, yourself. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, I would. I'm I like Michael Jordan. That's the flu game for me, Eric. <laughs> and people know what I'm talking about. Uh, so I go and I have to bowl two full games then with what in my mind is a broken wrist. So I had to gut throw it. And I fucking crushed them, Eric. I just do it granny them. style. No, I just did it normal. I just, every time I was almost in tears, it hurt so bad. I, I ended up that, I'll tell you, 17 pound. I ended up with a 12, 11 or 12 pound ball by the end. I couldn't pick up any, it just went down. I'm like, I got to go get another ball. I just kept going down the pounds. And I crushed them, Eric. You want to hear, you, you want to guess, guess what scores I had. Two two games I played. Two games. What, what was the, now I'll tell you, their scores are in the 70s. Uh-huh. Right there. What do you think my first game was? I and think you're just, in 107. This is me bragging. This is going to be me bragging. No, 249. What are you talking really? about? Yeah, I, I am a good bowler, Eric. I don't think I I've ever had a 249 in my life. My second one, the, the pain got to me. I was down to 217. 
And, and I think they were up to like broken they were up to like eighty. I'm telling you, I'll grit it out, and I'm not going to ever let them beat me in anything. So there you go. Yeah, I, I actually that's about what I usually used to bowl around a two thirty to two fifty. Uh, you know, I don't leave those open frames, Eric. No used to open bowl frame. about a one twenty. They call me non-open frame Jimmy. Is what they call me. <laughs> it's a weird nickname. Uh, honky it, it was. It was killing me. Every ball, every roll of the ball felt like my well, really, arm that's was what you being get for stuck with an ice pick. And she then I a said to party. them, "No, I said to them, like basically, I should have had a brace." And then they were laughing at me. The other thing is, as I'm bowling, I, I did take bowling in college. It was one of my. You gym made fun classes. of me when I told you I was on a league when I was like yeah, eleven that's years old. I'm not in a league. No, I ended up. I end, no, this is the best. I ended up. I needed to take like a phys ed type class in college, and I'm like bowling. That's easy. I'm pretty good at bowling. The problem was that the final for the bowling was you got one frame and it couldn't be an open frame. If you had an open frame, if you didn't get a strike or a spare, you flunked. That was the most That's pressure crazy. I have ever had in my entire life. Any other thing that I ever did, that was the most pressure I ever did. I got a spare. I, I was so, I'm telling you, when you're doing that, you, you want to get a strike and Obviously. just go and go home. And it was because the teacher said that he was sick of people using bowling as like the joke class. Oh, and I'm God. like, really? It is a joke like, class. Really? Calm down, guy. And we went through a whole semester just to find this out at the end. And, you know, <laughs> but when I bowl, like I'm doing stuff where, you know, my one foot crosses over the other behind, you know, the standard, you know, loser bowling deal. And my kids just immediately, oh, look at that try hard. They're yelling at me. I'm like, you, you don't, you can't imagine the try hardness. Now, did you see people gonna fail go. that final at that bowling? Yes, I saw oh a girl God. cry and just run off in tears. It was awful. <laughs> I don't know if it was a wraparound then to kind of come back and say, listen, okay, let's try this again. This girl ran off crying. She flunked. She flunked, Eric. But yeah, it was, it was crazy. rough. It was. But Morgantown has a heck, heck of a bowling alley. It's in the mountain lair, Eric. It's in the bottom of the mountain lair, and it's a t- it's probably the best bowling alley I've ever bowled on. Though I, I'm not a huge fan of bowling, I, I really don't enjoy it. But no, it was something that they wanted does. to do. Uh, I have a I have a video of Rafe where Rafe was doing the classic where he rolled the ball, then turned around and started celebrating. And it oh, went yeah. in the gutter gutter ball he thought somehow he thought it was going to be a strike but the other problem is as we're doing this the bowling alley uh on either side of us the guy who set us up with this lane i want to wring his neck because on either side were children's birthday parties and i'm talking children so he put you along, right in the right spot then oh, they, along the lines of like three year birthday party and lanes. these were that just imagine this this was the bowling that not only were the you know the side bumpers were up but they had that thing that looks like a walker that they bring out so that Wait, people did you have put bumpers the... up no we didn't have bumpers up no we were going and you, you know where okay. no you know what do you ever see this thing where they have it looks like a walker where you put the ball on and roll it off so no. that it goes down it's for little kids who can't oh, you pick know up what ball. I, I have seen that yeah. it actually confused me it's a little Both slide sides for the ball had that and they were knocking it over at one point i'm about to bowl and this little kid walk right in front of me i almost took his head off nonsense eric nonsense but that's, that's how you teach the parents to then have a better eye on the kids. And I, and I said to the kids, they're like, oh, you're a tryhard. It's a learning like, experience. I'm not going to play a game and, and not try. I, I don't understand that concept. To me, you tell me I'm a tryhard. You Tag. have just complimented my ass. I'm like, thank you. Yes, I am. I am a tryhard and I will try hard. Let's to, play to tag, ground Jim. you in. 
Yeah, I'm not playing. That's nonsense. I'm talking a real sport, a sport that I can say. What are we going to, at the end of the day, say, oh, you were it for three and a half minutes more than me. Hey, Purdue. Telling you, we bad. go and we, we start. That. We throw a Nerf football in the in our work in the uh, in the back of the work. I, I will dive into a plate of glass to catch that ball. I don't care. I got kill myself. But that's it. We're gonna go up. There's a little gym time there. A little birthday party today. Then we went to the Chinese buffet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a, a pretty cool day. It was pretty fun, but uh, pretty cool yeah, day, everybody. Pretty cool, but yeah, Tanya was yelling that I don't spend enough time with the kids. I'm too busy podcasting, so I figured I'll get two birds with one stone. I'll tell her now I podcast by talking about the kids. That that uh, equals out, right? That, yeah, that's my mind. There you go. But we're gonna go off now to the books. No. Gentlemen and gentle ladies, Eric. Here What's we are. On? It's time for the reviews. <laughs> oh, right. oh, review the, time. I the got tales you. we will tell tonight on the podcast. The tales here. we will tell about the tales that other people told. That other people have told to tell of the tales, Eric. Uh, tell tale. Didn't you tell me once? Didn't you tell me that you had a tale? Uh, you know, you had a, and a vestigial twin. Was, oh no, no. I, I convinced my mother at one point that I was growing a tail because she's an idiot, apparently. No, because <laughs> you were go- you you actually just said to her you were going out to get some tail. Right? Ah, uh, yes. We're here. We're 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 proud, and we're there, Eric. I don't know what, what I was going to say. We're here with the reviews, Eric. Yes, we are. And if you want to read all of the reviews that we're going to talk about tonight. On a website, you can go to weirdsciencedccomics.com and read all our written reviews for these books. Now, last week, uh, I kind of was at a crossroads, Eric. I, I didn't know which way to go. I was singing, go down the, the crossroads. crossroads. I, oh, oh, I was, I was, I was singing it up. No, no, I'm not going that, that far out. Uh, I ended up at the crossroads deciding whether or not I really wanted to be involved in any of this shenanigans that we call a podcast, a website, things like that. Eric, I Life. had an epiphany. I had an epiphany. I have to be. I'm stuck. There's yep. my epiphany. Actually, I just sat, talked to some people, actually, including you. And thought to myself, you know what? This is kind of the ebb and flow of the whole deal. And that's the thing. We're not going to fake the funk. So sometimes me or you uh, will get very depressed and very angry. Sometimes we'll be happy. And this week started out with our Patreon-only spotlight. 
And I was very happy because sure I were. really did enjoy pretty much both books. We did Batman Who Laughs and Wonder Twins. And I actually, you know, was positive for both and very surprised how much I liked the Wonder Twins. So what a coaster ride that, of emotions you are. Yeah, and being that, I was so excited to get into the books and things like that until I saw people reacting in the Slack chat to the Patreon spotlight <laughs> saying that I was nonsense for liking things and then having to fight about it with everyone. So basically, there is where the epiphany was. The epiphany is Jim's going to do what Jim's going to do, Eric. I got to be happy Damn for right. myself. And I'm going to enjoy these books for a little, even if I get a smidgen of enjoyment out of them. How big is a smidgen? I'm just going to go with it. It's not very big, Eric. I'm a small man. I don't need much. It's one of those, like, if me and you were. Yeah, yeah, if we were taking uh, medicine, I'd only have to take a smidgen, and you would have to take a lot a more. Bunch. I don't. I wish I had fatty. I no. don't have it right now, Eric, because it's positive. I, I actually thought after we got done the podcast last week that it did feel like I did not want that negativity of that podcast up for a whole week. I, it actually bothered me to have it up, and then of course, because the way things work out with me and you, it's the most downloaded podcast we've ever sure had. Sure is. So there you go. So that, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who jumped on and said, "Yeah, I don't need this nonsense." I hope <laughs> that if you are one of those people, you're going to realize. Keep listening a little, and you're going to realize that things go up and down. It is a roller coaster ride of emotions, but we treat each book as each book should be treated in our minds. And, you know, that's how it goes. But I, I like the books more this week. That's what all this is how getting How much to. more? I, uh, a little. Uh, and again, that's all I need. I only need a smidgen. I need to see that little bit of, I need to have that ray of sunshine. Remember last week I told you I crap sunshine, Eric. I just need to crap a little sunshine to be into these. So we're going to start off, Eric, with Detective Comics number 998, written by Peter J. Tomasi, art by Doug Mankey, Jaime Mendoza, Mark Irwin, David Barron, and Rob Lee. And the other thing that I said, and me and you both decided for the Patreon spotlight, is we're going to start doing blurbs again. But the blurbs are going to be more about our feelings going into it. We're not going to recap anybody. We're hoping that you have kept up with these books. And I'm just telling you how I feel. And that's how this is going to start. And that's how I told you to do it, you son of a bitch. That's it, you know. There you go. I was very fired up when Tomasi jumped on Detective Comics, but with each issue, I'm getting less and less so. I do like seeing Batman being a detective, but the story in this mystery is getting more confusing as it goes on instead of the other way around. The clues we are getting seem random, and I'm afraid we are getting a repeat of his disappointing run that Tomasi had at the end of the new 52. Let's discuss, Eric. Let us discuss. And that, that's my my biggest thing about this is, again, I, I've said a, a bunch of times to a lot of people, including you and on the podcast, and it usually ends up being a Batman book because that's the book that they're really going to want you to have a mystery, a detective story. Uh, the problem is, is most of the time you're not playing along. You don't get to solve them. Batman is usually just given things just to give them. And that's one of the biggest things we've had with the Tom King Batman. And then even on detective is you, you want this mystery and we love a mystery. Love but a mystery. When you have a mystery where instead, and I said, sometimes the mysteries are based on lack of information. 
this one seems to be based on too much information and information that doesn't jive and information that I'm trying to wrap around in my head. So you want to play along. But by the end of this issue and this whole arc so far, I get to the point where it's not that I'm punch drunk. It's just that I'm like, well, I'm not even going to bother. I'll see what comes next because it it seems to be a shock after a mystery, after a conundrum that he seems to be doing. And I I just don't get it. By the end, the idea this seems to be, which comes to like really underwhelming for what we're getting in my mind is that the fear that Batman induces has manifested into a physical entity and that's yeah. what's going after him. That's how it yeah. knows all about him. Like, and now it's, really? it's getting mystical and things like that. And that's and not you, what and it seemed right to be. Right away, you had this whole, like, that's why we're going after Dr. Hugo Strange. We had a monstrosity that seemed to be made, like a monster man type yeah. figure going around. We had, yeah. it could shapeshift, do all this thing, but it felt like it was a biological entity. By the end, we're, when we have this monster fighting Etrigan, it seemed to be a demon at that point, something that came from hell. Yeah. I'm like, the hell is this tournament yeah even even, etrigan even says and jason blood says that yeah this is your fear manifested and he sends him back to hell i mean this isn't you know a a villain that they send to arkham it gets sent back to hell like no you know i don't want to go and like and even the idea that this thing it seemed to be the most personal thing that we're not like personal like you know zoro like you know stabbing uh Alfred, that's pretty personal. I'm thinking this entity, this physical monstrous being that looked different than anything we've seen up to this point, it seemed more coherent. It seemed that it would be more of an yeah. entity than the rest. And for some reason, then it came off as a demon. Like, you've really taken the wind out of my sails for this one, for what yeah, you had to wait with this. And even the idea where I was all excited, too, for the prospect. Tomasi was finally going to do what he started in Batman and Robin back in the New 52. Show us the six people that trained Batman. And by the end, when we see – like Jason Blood – Okay, whatever you want to do. But Silas Stone, for some reason, made me feel so underwhelmed with that. I'm like, yeah. So we have Zatara, which they did bring up, thank God. Yeah, they brought up, yeah. On top of Thaddeus Brown seems like overkill for what you're trying to do there. You know, two escape artists, kind of magicians. It felt weird. But Zatara, Henry Ducard, Thaddeus Brown, Sensei, Jason Blood, and Silas Stone. I'm like, Silas Stone feels so weird. Yes, he is a man yeah. of science. Bruce needed to, but for the background but we have, the it, it's funny that the training just seems like he made the first, you know, grappling hook. Yeah, and you know, and then basically from there, it's like, oh, like he looked at it. Oh, I think I could make gadgets. I, I, I think it's more of like that was the spark to start making gadgets, but I didn't like it. I, I didn't think that that it is that where you're going is you're you're starting. Uh, you know, you're very. Uh, how am I saying it? You, you have a lot of wow factors right and then you end with silas and that's that should have been first i know that it wouldn't be first because he's kind of going in order but he needed to know how to wage his war on crime you know this this is like you know led zeppelin's in concert and you know they play stairway to heaven and then go into hot dog to end the the concert you've now you've overblown the deal hot dog doesn't seem (laughs) so great anymore (laughs) and so by then you're like okay but i i do still like the idea that he is going to each of the people who train him. The problem I have with it isn't just that, oh, Silas, that seems a little down, you know, that that fell flat. It's just the idea of this being an entity from hell and his yeah. fear manifested. But that's it the thing. Actually the fear makes this all seems less. Exactly. You know what the fear I mean? manifested doesn't feel like it should be this hell-like entity. It's no. like we had the monster men like looking thing. And, that and, made and we point still to have Hugo one Strange. more issue. So we'll exactly. see if that's really but what's going on. But even by the end when we have our big reveal. It seems like another manifestation. Yes. In the Batman that's, uniform talking about, you know, how he, you know, we did this to do this. Mike, it does feel like a manifestation that it's yes, younger Bruce. It does. You know, and even 
how he even addresses him saying like, oh, this is how we made. So with that, the, you know, Leslie Tompkins dying, uh, you know, going to all these places where they're getting attacked. The idea of why would his manifestation of fear now, again, if this is an entity that doesn't want to exist and now it's going back. But unfortunately for that entity, entity, unfortunately for the entity, him going back and killing a you know Thaddeus, but that doesn't change things. No, and you know what I mean. We gotta like, get it does back seem at to... Batman for bringing us. It's almost like a me seeks. But it's from like, Rick and is Morty. it taking revenge though on the people who made him? Is it taking revenge on Batman? The problem I have with this is sitting here and watching this entity attacking Etrigan. Who I, I'll tell you one thing. I really like the way he he writes Etrigan. I like the idea that there is some rhyming, but not everything no, had no. to rhyme. My, my favorite really part like about that. him writing Etrigan is that Etrigan starts to rhyme and the entity puts a goddamn gag <laughs> yeah, in his I mouth. Know. Well, he does do that, but he doesn't <laughs> have you, to Tomasi. completely rhyme fully. I like that. <laughs> it's almost like Etrigan has a, a trigger where, you know, within a bunch of sentences, he has to rhyme a couple times. I actually thought that that was pretty cool. Uh, and I would, if I, I actually thought if I wrote Etrigan, I think what I would have Etrigan do is you just have to end with a rhyme. You could have him talk for a page at the end. He kind of has to get a rhyme in at the last second. Maybe I, it's I, I, again, it's an OCD type thing. You in would my do mind. Etrigan with I'm Etrigan and I'm here no. to say, uh, you know, that's the thing. <laughs> I, I'm lying because if I did Etrigan, he would rhyme like that. I'm Etrigan and I'm here to say, we better get this entity back to hell today. <laughs> and then he'd always cross his arms. Of course he would. Why <laughs> that would be he? my Etrigan. That's how you but know yeah, he the, means the business. Thing, the thing about it, though, is Etrigan dealing with this this demon, this this fear demon, whatever you'll say it is. Um, it seems so far removed from two, you know, people who were used to surgically plastic surgery made to look like the Wayne's yeah, in that? a aquarium with, uh, you know killed the exact same like way with everything you, that, reenacted that felt very it's, like per, like it was a, a person that did this like some yeah. kind of psychotic and th- person this is with my a problem though the problem with it going from uh, there to here is i have lost so kind of my i've lost a hold of what's going on and that's where i was saying is i'm still enjoying it enough I, i'm not giving this a two out of ten we'll oh, get no. to that later but as we go, I'm kind of just there for the ride now. You know what I mean? And, I'm definitely and I'll losing quite interest honest. at this point. Now, I'd be quite honest. I'm here for the ride and just in my mind thinking, okay, this. it's weird when you're reading something and you keep saying to yourself, oh, we only have two more issues of this or oh, we're going to get to a thousand. I'm just waiting for the thousand and then waiting after there for Tomasi to hit that Arkham Knight deal that he wants to do. We'll see that. <laughs> but this seems like what we thought and what we were afraid of. We, we were afraid that this was kind of a filler story to get to a thousand. And right. it's really, really, really starting to go with that mystery that he had in Detective Comics with the false face stuff. Right. Where we were into it. And as it went it's on, even, it's he even seems kind of to a, lose grip of what's going on with it. And the basis he's using here is a already done Batman story from the 80s, The Many Deaths of the Batman. Yeah. Where they yeah. did, like, the killer did go after Batman's mentors, like this whole thing. But. While as we go along, it's just being more and more like it's disconnecting me from the story at hand because they keep changing the mo to it. Yeah, yeah, that's what killing. I'm saying. And, and you, even can't, Batman, you can't grab onto it, right? Even Batman, though, like we go after Hugo Strange at the beginning of this because that's where he left off the idea. Oh my God, he's making yeah. Monster Man. We got to stop this guy. Yeah. But 
Which it we nev- thought that's what it was. We, it, we, we thought as the, well. So that I, was- It's the weirdest thing, though, because you know we, we realize Hugo Strange is not the bad guy. We get a call from Jason Blood coming, oh, man, there's something going on. Jason Blood, <laughs> of course. And it seems yeah. like, okay, yeah. another mentor. Why didn't you think of this before? But even when we have Jason Blood, it takes him seeing a grappling gun that Silas built from the yeah. realize, oh, my God, Silas might be in danger, too. I'm like, and, Batman, and you're that's the world's the greatest detective. Is- why do you need clues left he behind? Is. You know and the pattern also- already. Yeah, and also even without that, you don't get the idea of what is the wraparound of why all these clues are being left there. Because he even says at the one point, Jason Blood's like, I don't remember that grappling gun being here. It's planted there to lead him to the next. But with all of what's going on, fear monster, you know, at the end, the little boy who looks like he's a manifestation. I, I don't understand who would be planning point, these together? You know, and Batman should know. There's somebody who thinks Batman's an idiot because he's even not. This manifestation is this. weird at the end because for some reason it seemed like there's a manifestation of a supercomputer behind him. Like, I, I don't yeah. understand the rules you're setting yeah, up here or what's well, going on. And also, on. with that, all the other thing is it's funny because he does go with Hugo yeah. and he does what we aren't really enjoying so much uh, in this is when he realizes Hugo is not the one he's after. He smacks him across the face. (laughs) It's like, that's his exclamation point at the end. It's like, what? You're innocent. All right. Time to time for the knuckle sandwich and, yeah, and just knuckle clocks sandwiches them. don't solve all your problems, Bruce. The thing is, you left Hugo Strange behind after, for some reason, he's like, oh, well, These monsters described to me. He describes yeah. them yeah. all in detail. Yeah. Like, Shut the fuck up, Batman. Yeah. Why would also, you give him ideas too. on how to make them yeah. other monsters? And it's funny, too, because he goes there and that's how it starts off. He goes there and Hugo's like, It wasn't me. It wasn't me. These are these things I'm making an army of me. <laughs> it's you a know, Hugo Strange I, I, clones. I, like, these aren't Monster yeah, it's the Hugo Strange clones. I was wondering if, like, the whole wraparound deal is that he wants to make clones so he can be immortal, like that whole you know bad guy thing. But he even says at the one to point, about oh, that. You, you you punch that thing that you think was like a monster. Oh, these are more intricate than my monsters. Maybe I can scrape some DNA off your gloves. No, he's been manhandling him the whole time. <laughs> if if he wants, if Hugo wants DNA, he's got it all over himself. He's got DNA all over his face. Gross. Got punched with it, yeah. Oh, that uh, okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's doing that, but also Tomasi seems to be like again. We've had stories. Uh, what really reminds me is when we had Jonah Hex in the New Fifty Two, and near the end, things seemed to be going a little wacky. So they had Jonah yeah. Hex go to the our present and had the let's do the walking tour. Of the, of the DC universe. Yeah. And this seems a little like that. And I don't mind that per se. But what happens is Batman goes to, to Hugo. You have the monster men thrown in there, which is a nice little call. And I like the way that that progressed into this because that was a detective story. I, One I, of the, I thought you it, know, was it was ridiculous. my favorite. I'm telling you, it's, it's fine for them talking here. Just the idea that the editor's like, if you check that out and you yeah. know the monster men, I'm like, don't you dare tell me what to do. I am not yeah, doing I know, that. I know, but I'm saying at least that was yeah. something in this book. So yeah, but what I don't like is Tomasi seems, he's almost like he is, he's got a tour. He's got the, you know, homes of the stars where you get to Hugo. He's there. Was it you? What are these clones? And then out of nowhere, Hugo starts going, I want to examine you and talk to you about like we're getting generic Hugo now out of nowhere. Just so Tomasi can be like, see, that's Hugo. 
That's Hugo right there. It almost goes, it's a little less with Etrigan, but still, when you go to Etrigan, you have the rhyming and stealing a little. Then you have to have the change back to Jason Blood. These all seem to just be there to, hey, look, these are characters that Batman deals with. Here's the next one. Here's the next one. But also dealing back in Tomasi's own run of Batman and Robin. Like, hey, you know what people liked? The hell bat suit when he was saving Damian Wayne. So it's the same thing. That's what I'm saying. It almost seems like we are on a walking tour of Tomasi's Batman. Batman, and yeah. it's fine, you know, a little, but I want more of this mystery, and the mystery is not, it's getting more confusing. Now, the thing that you said about uh, Silas uh, that makes sense in you getting mad is he even does go when he gets the call, hey, you know, Jason Blood's trying to get a hold of you. Oh, no, here we go. Call the bat suit, you know, the hell bat suit in. And he's like, okay, I can't go to Zatara, you know, because he's not around. So, I, so he knows the progression. Yeah. He's even saying it in his head, but he still needs that clue to go on. But he does go, and Etrigan's getting attacked by this demon. And with this, like you had these monsters last issue, we've had you know that you had big shape-shifting Batman monsters, nemesis, exactly. We, you had the, but you we had never these get a hold monsters. of what they are. And I'm telling you, the, the first one with Leslie Tompkins, it was breathing Joker toxin. I'm like, okay, that's yeah. weird. But and then the second time we then saw you it, you had the amalgam one, other heads of like you know Arkham yes. inmates and stuff like that. This one seems to be a straight up demon that has magical yeah. powers that and combined you know Etrigan. Funny. And and where I can tell that it is confusing and where I'll even use some of the Get Fresh crew, beep, boop, boop, to boop. throw it in, is when we discuss this and when some people discuss with me or even in the Slack chat, they were trying to get the idea of how this monster was morphing into the next version. And I said to you... I don't think these are morphing. I think that, you, you know, you saw the one just get Ducard kind of blow it up, suicide right. bomb it even. And But people were confused. And it is confusing. And now all of a sudden there's a fear demon, uh, you know, a, a manifestation of all the anger and fear of Batman. That's a neat idea. It's a neat idea for a whole story or an arc by itself, not to throw in here just to fight Etrigan and then be banished back to hell. I, I like the idea that Batman, the, the anger and the fear that he does, does seem to manifestate itself in a demon in hell that will come back for you know payment. But it just seems to end here because Etrigan and Batman in the you know the hell bat armor right. is just fighting it and ends up you know get the sigil off of Etrigan now go back to hell goes back to hell sees the grappling gun and says I better go see Silas Stone and you're just I'm left just like well, again, it's the weird it just part seems like if, scenes just tacked onto each other that I can enjoy point. but I need something more. Even at the one point, Etrigan seems he wants to tell Batman what the creature wants, but we never really get yeah. back to this. Like, yeah, you know, and he stops this creature him, of fear has hopes to, and then you yeah. know he gets bound back up again. And even when Batman rescues him, they like banish the the thing back to hell because yeah. it ran out of power. We never get yep. back to what it wants. No, to, why didn't what, Batman what ask his him? Hopes, yeah. And and that's the thing is not even Batman ask him. Etrigan seemed to want to tell him. And then when it's done, Etrigan's like, oh, thanks a lot there, buddy. I'm going to go now. Yeah, hey, I know that there's Moochester Black, and he's a cow. I, I don't know any rhymes there. But <laughs> by the end, he's just like, oh, well, I won't tell you. And then he's like, I, I want to talk to Jason Blood. Only again, like a walking tour to see the transformation, and know I'm, about Jason Blood. I also there. don't know the whole thing. While he's fighting the demon, the, or what could be a demon, the fear manifestation, whatever it is, 
We are brothers, you and I, stronger together as allies. Yeah. We both spread fear. It seems at this point that the thing wants to work with Batman, but we I've never gotten this yeah, idea or, any other time. I got the idea that maybe it was that it was saying that it was his fears and anger and things like that. And this is he's let that go. And if this demon could just kind of join back with him, we could be the best Batman ever. I think it was just that play of, you know, uh, maybe it would be even like that would be a Batman who would kill or that'd be a Batman who'd really get things done. But he pushes that anger and that fear away. I mean, the, the whole thing is, you know, he's a guy who goes around as a bat. He uses fear as a weapon, but he is still a little boy who can't get over the death of his parents. I like the idea that he has fear, that he keeps pushing back, that he doesn't allow himself to be afraid so that it manifests. But at the end, it doesn't do anything. And and he goes off then to Silas, and there's Silas. He's working on the old-time radio. He's there. He's (laughs) listening to Martin Lewis. Even though it's not Silas. I'm like, what was the point of talking to us about how Silas likes to work on analog technology because it soothes him? When it just seems to be a manifestation yeah, of yeah, this fear thing that just yep there it I is again, it. and this one seems to be the Matrix then because he's talking to him and he's like, yeah, I like to work on the the stuff and how's how's my son Cyborg? I mean your son. <laughs> that made me laugh because I like the idea that that isn't so that people realize who Silas is talking about and that Batman's just used to calling him Cyborg, but it's I, so over the top. I, I, I Cyborg, just like I mean just your because, son. Because I think about the whole thing because he keeps talking about Victor. I'm like, look, we use yeah. code names around here. The Cyborg's fine. You know I just, your son. I just laughed. <laughs> I laughed. I thought that that was kind of a funny way to get people like if they didn't know that this is Cyborg's father. I, I some people seen him in a while. I heard he went off to the yeah. ghost sector, Silas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, oh, you know, he he likes to do things. He, hey, you know, he's pretty good. But yeah, they're talking about this whole gun and the grappling gun. So I was like, boy, you really, you know, did some things. I could change some. I could maybe get the sight a little bit. All this doesn't matter. It's the Matrix. It's nothing. He is now, he crumbles apart into a computer screen of zeros and ones. And Batman's like, what happened? And and there's a little boy. a little boy. And and the funny thing is, is at first I thought this little boy was off site, you know, somewhere watching. But the word bubble is there with Batman in the one before. So he's yeah. right there. Where did he? Why didn't he see this little he's what boy si- he, I'm dressed saying, up this, as a Batman? This was Silas is what it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. It, it didn't play out as well like that. But you're right. that Yeah, and all of a sudden he manifested a supercomputer as well, like you said. And so – it's a little boy, and hey, we waged a war on ourselves again, going back to when he was created as a little boy, uh, the fears and, and all that. In order it to wear the cape and up, cow, we had to wage yeah. war on ourselves, Bruce. I'm like, yeah. And again, if you want to go with boy. that whole fear monster, <laughs> you're getting the idea that he did push that away. And, the, and I, the only thing I can think of is this ends with Batman crying and somebody <laughs> telling him it's not his fault. That's all I can see. Where's Nightwing at? He's got to come back. Where, where's Rick Grayson to come and just tell him it's not his fault? Yeah, there you go. What a strange and it's funny ending. because this, this cliffhanger – but we're, it was blowing people's minds and, and a lot of people message me and who is it who is it and i'm like 
I'm telling you, it's a it's a little boy Bruce. I, I don't know what else that is. Some people <laughs> thought it was Batmite. Some I'm like, I just and it did remind me. I said when the minute I saw it, it did remind me of that Batman and Robin where you had Damien as a crawling little, around with little the cow boy on, yeah. crawling around with the the cow and the cape on, and uh, it, it looks cute enough though. He looks like he's got liver lips. Eric. I don't like those lips. You, you don't look good. But uh, yeah, I just think again, this is a continuation of the manifestation of the fear. Now this is the manifestation of just how Batman begun. And I, I'm getting the idea that this boy doesn't want to be Batman. He wants to, he yeah. wanted to stop all the stuff, but somebody's got to get a hold of him and tell him he doesn't have skeets. He doesn't have a time machine. Eric. Well, I don't know if you Batman realize this. Skeets a time Wayne. machine. Well, yeah, well, both of them are, Eric. Look at, I see them both in outfits. We have to wage war on ourselves. I see them both on outfits. That's the inner child. He has a child inside of him. If you say that, that should be him just as a kid then. But they wanted to have the big big cliffhanger of him as Batman. It's like, Mm, oh, boy, do people not know who he is now? If you take him out of that costume, they have no idea. Yeah, some people wanted to. And I said to one person, I think it's Guy Kid. That's who I think it is. He's, he's there. Hey there, we're waging it on ourselves, Brucey. That's what he said, Eric. But yeah, I like this issue, but I don't like this issue. I actually I like, this I issue. like the dialogue. I like the way Etrigan is. I like seeing the Hellbat armor. I think the art's great. The problem is, is as a full story that we're supposed to be playing along with and being invested in, I'm not because I'm just here now. For, it, it's like I have been – I actually feel reading this whole arc, it feels like I'm like – I'm Axl Rose in the Welcome to the Jungle video Gross. where I'm there oh, okay. with the, the – I'm there with all the bank of uh, you know videos and they're just showing me all the scenes and I got a straight jacket and I'm trying to get out, Eric. You know, that classic. You know, uh-huh, you can even uh-huh. put toothpicks in my eyes. That's what this ends up making well, could, in my mind. You can just say a clockwork orange is fine, no, too. I don't like to go there. That's oh, too okay. dark. I, I'd rather have <laughs> Axl Rose, Eric. He, he's a gem. Uh, and really, that shows how he just went bonkers. That right there. It was the Welcome to the Jungle video that really made him go bonkers, Eric. But no, I, I, that's what I feel like. I feel like I'm just being shown scenes. That well, are and the impressive, rules keep um, to be you know, and that's the thing. If you go, but if each scene, like, yeah, there's always something to kind of be excited about. I mean, I like Etrigan. I know you don't, but seeing him, that's cool. Like, I mean, he's the, probably my favorite dark character. Even the he's idea the only one not in JLD that we have this uh, demon entity figure taking on Etrigan and stuff like that. It, like, if if each of these things were suited for the person they're going after, that would make yeah. more sense because it's changed now to be like a demon for Etrigan, like Sensei and you know Leslie Todd. Pumpkins and like they all just seem to be the same, except for and at one point just just Zoro stabbing Alfred. I'm like there yeah. doesn't seem to be it's any the greatest rules. Hits. That's to, what it you know, seems. And I just yeah. don't understand the progression and the idea that Batman is dopey enough that he doesn't understand the progression either and doesn't check on these people right away. He needs to he needs to no. see his old grappling gun, Silas Stone. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with everybody. Everybody seems to use that Batman's still upset about the wedding. That's what he's off, Eric. <laughs> he can't think straight. Uh, but yeah, with the art and all that, uh, I'm going six out of ten. Yeah, the art's great. I'm going six out of ten. I need more though. I, I really do. And I'll give him a pass in this whole story only because I don't know 
you know, the ins and outs and behind the scenes stuff. If he was thrown in this and had to just get this done to get to a thousand, which is what I think that they're like, okay, get this in. He kind of, okay, I'll throw this together. The thousand issue will go when we start with a thousand and one. He, he's going to be on blast. He's he got to be better than this. Do. Yeah, he's got to be way better than this. And he's starting that Arkham Knight deal, which, again, it, in my mind, uh, I'll give Scott Snyder credit with the Batman Who Laughs. I don't want a Arkham Knight story. Do I, I. I really don't. But maybe I'll like it. I, I didn't want a Batman Who Laughs story, and I'm enjoying that. So I'm going to be open-minded there. But I, I'm kind of giving this a little bit of a pass just to get his feet in here and whatever. But he's if this continues... And this, you know, lack of story progression and lack of coherent story progression, then I'm going to be really upset. But for now, six out of 10, what do you give it? I don't even think that's that much of a pass because I'm going to give it a six out of 10 as well. And I think it's, you know, a decent six out of 10 because there is a lot wrong with this story in general. I mean, if we go go five and five for each, this art is close to a five. So I could still be putting them on blast for one out of five story, but I think it's better than that. But it's just, just, I need more, right? Every reveal we have is under underwhelming where the point is we thought we had a mystery going on where oh my god who's it gonna be that fear manifestation i'm like well we never would have figured that out and then the whole idea okay at least we're gonna figure out who the six people that trained batman are silas stone you just you were already a part of this whole thing like the idea of the connectivity of this universe where he he trained batman but he also has a son who's part of the justice league as well it's just too much it felt like and i'm like each reveal that i got of this it seemed to take me more and more out of the story but there are some solid action scenes and there's a lot of fun to be had here Uh, there's some fun to be had here and i really enjoyed the art so i do believe that a six out of ten is a good score for this issue it is funny too by the end like why I get the idea that you're, he's thinking, okay, I got to get him in a place where it's going to end up the Matrix, computers, whatever. But where exactly are they then? Because, Star you know, Labs, he's I have get, to imagine. Yeah, that's what I, and that doesn't make sense either. Is it that he needed to get in the Metropolis? W- will we see maybe Superman show up? Because it's and odd. I thought too, it was odd that for, he was the Metropolis Star And they Labs, are Star Labs, Sil- I see. Silas yeah. is the Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. And, uh, but it's weird because that stress too, where so, oh, welcome to Metropolis. I'm like, why are we stressing this? And, and is it that you have the idea that, you know, we're going to go Matrix, you can't have Cyborg in there so we'll go to the next best his dad so that the matrix into that but this isn't Star Labs. That doesn't make much sense. You and think it's so, the yeah. digital multiverse? I think it might be. Where, where Don't is you the ever uh, agree with that? No, where is the machine queen? Eric, I the think techno sapiens are back, Jim. <laughs> no, I'm going machine queen from from Swamp Thing. I do not need the techno sapiens ever again. Uh, but yeah, see, we're we're starting on a somewhat positive note. No, we're not. I'm going to be. I'm I, well. That's six out of ten. That's positive for us. It's positive from last <laughs> week. And here's the deal. Now here where we're, we're going to go to the next book, and this is another one that I I guarantee we're going to get flack because me and you don't hate it. But what no. is? Superman number eight, written by Brian Michael Bendis, with art by Ivan Rice, Brandon Peterson, Joe Prado, Alex Sinclair, and Josh Reed. Brian Michael Bendis has been hit or miss with me, especially with this title, but now that John is back, older or not, I'm excited to see what he'll do to this character, how he'll play out this whole missing seven years thing. Right now, we're getting just a lot of flashback with Superman smashing things to cut in, you know, but how long can we really keep that formula up? Yeah. It's always funny to me when somebody's telling a story in anything, but comics is even worse, where they're telling a story 
And they, you know, why are we getting all these minutia moments? Like, really, he shows up, you know, John's there. Hey, son, what happened? And the idea that he ran into the crime syndicate is not as important as, as you know, John is really setting well, up the story for his parents. Well, that's the thing. It's is so the, weird. The, I, I have the weirdest thing because we talked about this before I even read it because you had read it before. I And you were talking about the idea of yeah. Jarrell because the last thing we ended on is the idea that John Kensett, look, after you left, mom. Grandpa, he got immediately. Crazy. He said, exactly. He and said the thing immediately. Is, so we're left with that idea, and we have John telling us the story. Yeah. So we can only assume that okay, John's going to be on the up and up. He's going to tell us what's going on. But the way that yeah. Brian Michael Bendis is presenting this story, or it's Ivan Rice's, you art, think John's I don't know. the bad guy, right? I, I don't even know about bad guy. I just don't even think that it's being presented to us in a proper way because. I don't get crazy out of this. Like you even said, you didn't either. No. You feel bad for Jarrell because he's just a guy who's, yeah, you know, I his whole really life is all messed up. The idea that he's still alive is overwhelming to him. He doesn't understand. He needs to find answers. And he, in the end, the guy's just a deep thinker, it seems like. And John's fucking yeah. guy is crazy. I know. And, and here's the thing is I don't know. And, and we don't know. And I don't know enough Bendis. To tell you that I trust him one way or the other. So we have to wait and see. I'm not a Bendis, you know, fanatic. I have not read tons of Bendis, especially tons of stories like this that you wait to see how it's resolved. So I I don't know how he goes about. But to me, it really does feel like not that John's the bad guy, but I say bad guy by him saying that, hey, Jarrell, your, your dad's crazy. Oh, grandpa's crazy. I kind of think that it's going to play out that John's just a bratty Pre-teen and that's, I'm telling you, that that's ends what up thinking he's adults are jerks. Exactly. And he's, he's a bored, 17-year-old and, asshole. If it, if he seems like, yeah. a, oh, he and didn't even, let me do even what at I wanted to do. Says, what an asshole. It's weird that they, he's 11 out of nowhere here. But even then at 11, he's, you know, he just wants his own deal, he, you know, whatever. And it does seem like that. It almost seems like he's like, yeah, the minute you left, mom, things got real crazy. Crazy just meant that they he were doing things do and John was a brat. <laughs> he's a brat. That's all it seems like. You, and you, through you don't this, understand, mom. Mom and dad, I was watching a video of the Teen Titans and he came to talk to me out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, Where did he yeah, get out of off? nowhere? He wanted to talk about feelings and big things. And and so <laughs> through this whole thing, I even said to you, and I, I read it before you, and yeah. I said, you know, it's a weird thing that I and not that I told you how to review it or anything, but I said, I think that a lot of people are gonna go into this. And kind of rate it bad only because it doesn't show what we thought it was going to. Because John said Jarrell's crazy. You were we were expecting that this issue would open up, Jarrell smacking John across the face, making him do this, that, and the other thing, taking DNA samples and making clones, whatever. No, it, it's not that. And it may just be a perspective thing that John now. The way it ends and we go forward, we'll see how things go from there. That that yeah. may change things. But up until this point, the weird thing is, is Bendis, where you would think that he's going to give you just an inkling that Jarrell is crazy or bad. Or even he the goes idea out of his that, way you know, to show John you that he's lying. a good guy. Yeah, it, it seems like he wants Jarrell because when they even go and fight people and even go and save people, right. John he spells it out and even the green lanterns do say thanks a lot you really helped here yeah and john says i don't know why but grandpa seemed to really know who the good guys were and the bad guys and we always won we always helped and they were always thankful now is this i said to you is it that jarrell was setting things up but the green lanterns come in they would know better than that so even though they i I have to assume at the end for going in with that cliffhanger talking about once you left my grandpa went crazy 
you th- yeah. I had expected going in, you'd see the crazy. So when you have this whole you know existential talk that Jarrell has about what the meaning of life yeah. is and their place in it, I thought like, is, is this just him? Like what he thinks crazy is? Yeah. But later I, on, yeah, that's later the on, thing. I could yeah. see because the whole idea maybe he's a little over emotional to the point where oh, that was the summer maybe a year that Grandpa didn't talk to me. That's a little yeah. fucked up. And the idea when you do see him, they fly into a you know a black hole, which I have to assume possibly. Jarrell steered them that way. I don't That's think kind he of did. Crazy. I don't know because he wasn't that. The problem with me, the thing I have is Jarrell is sad. He goes sad he enough goes to drive to, to a black talk hole to John. <laughs> no, he wasn't driving. That's the biggest problem. He went to go talk to John because he was sorry because he said, "Listen, I shouldn't have not talked to you. I'm really sorry. Let's work this out." Let's. Oh no, alarm! What the hell's going on? Runs up to the thing and starts yelling, "Brace yourself! It's a black hole!" Then he <laughs> says, "I'm sorry." I think that the biggest thing is his biggest fault, Eric, is he cares too much. <laughs> he loves, he loves Eric because he left the controls again. Is that his fault? It's John's. John is there now. That's the thing, though. I think that where if you want to go and think more into it again, I don't know how Bendis is playing this, but do you do have John say, yeah, that was the, you know, it may have been a year. He does say he lost track of time. So yeah, he says, years that was ago. the summer. Yeah. Grandpa didn't speak to me again. Let's talk about the perspective of this. What did John do to him? What did he didn't talk to him either? So it might be that if you talk to Jarrell, Jarrell was like, Jarrell would say, I, I wanted to give him some space. I, you know, he was upset at me. He wanted to go home. I wanted to give him some space and he just never talked to me. And you got to this point where, and this happens, I've gotten into fights with my kids and these aren't, it, this wasn't even a fight, but I've gotten in fights with my kid where you're like, oh, I don't want to talk to you again. So I'm like, okay, uh, I'm not gonna. And Fine. then you end Fuck up you. like, I'm oh my God, it's been anyway. a week. I'm oh, telling you sure. though, it's been like a week and you're like, oh man, I better say something. It, it could just be that Jarrell was waiting for John to, you know, come to him and talk. And both are wrong. And See, the at idea least you're, too you're is, better than my parents were because they used to say, fine, I don't want to talk to you. You're not even my son. They used to get me yeah, in the car, drive yeah. me out to the country, and then drive away. <laughs> Just drop you off. Hey, go fishing, buddy. I drop you off. Hey, there you go. It's funny. It's that most of the jokes are a dad or stepdad leaves to go get a pack of smokes. They actually took you to get the pack of smokes and then left you, and, and there you were. Well, they were too but drunk no, to go I'm in the store you, themselves. By the, yeah, well, that's true. By the end of this, like I said, I, I when I read it again, because me and you were arguing about it, it's crazy to go in a black hole. When I read it, I do not think that he knows that this black hole's there. I think that also this black hole just kind of happens. This wasn't, this is something else going on. Not just a, say, a black hole that was on any star charts or anything. This may have been a trap, whatever. But when he reacts, he doesn't react as if he realized there was a black hole there. And at the end, he's not there. It, you don't know where he is yet. Well, because that's the thing. It's when, just, he, when, he, when he walks in, you know, in my mind, he's already done, like, you know, charted a path for his giant spaceship to would, go because, on. Yeah, I think but, that like, he would he have at least in. told him to brace himself. Well, he did. He's like, he says I, he that. no, I'm saying says, that's when he runs in when the alarm goes off. But why no, have no, an I'm alarm? He's already, in the, he's already in the room with him. He, he walks in and look, I'm sorry. He didn't have a chance to say, I'm sorry I charted us for a black hole because you didn't talk to me all summer. Yeah, yeah, I'm I don't sorry. think that's what was happening. I just think that he's trying to talk. Yourself, a black hole. I am sorry. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I, I don't think that's what is going on here. I think that they just weren't talking anyone. There's got to be a legitimate you know, reason go. for Grandpa to be called crazy, though. That's pretty yeah, crazy. I, I don't think there is. Not yet. And now it may. I mean, here's you go. You go and there's the crime syndicate at the end. And with this, there's other things involved. There are three before crimes. We get to the crazy. ending. Yeah. yeah. Before we get to the ending, you do have, you know, the whole deal where the, John's telling the story. Lois, she's going to blame herself. They do go to the fortress and it's in Bermuda. They go to the fortress and scan. Do you like you know, this Superboy. fortress at all with all the waterfalls no, I coming it. down? I, I don't like it. it either. I don't like it at all. I, I can't get a grip on what's going on. Uh, but yeah, they scan them. And indeed, it's John. So that's yeah. all. It, it seems to be John. So Superman's just like, I'm going to go and I love it too. It's, hey, Kalex, what'd you get? It is Jonathan Kent, identified full anatomy and physiology scan underway. Thanks, Kalex. I'm going to go send this off to the Justice League for a second opinion. Go fuck yourself, Superman. Kalex is probably so pissed. There's so much synergy going on between the books and different things. You got on like the detective work and, you know, the flash going on right now and detective comics. But yeah. like this right now, where you're scanning Superboy to make sure it is so much like the, the, uh, the rescue to Omega men that they find who they believe yeah. will be dead. Hey, let's do a scan here. Hey, they turn out to be fine. They ain't fine. No, I'm telling you, I just want Kalex to be like, why did I bother you asshole? But yeah, and so you get this. Now, here's another synergy, and I think that you said it, and I fully agree, possibly. But Superman, he he likes to, you know, punch asteroids. But now he's like, you know what? It's not so fun punching asteroids. I I need to go, and uh, oh, what's this? Mongol's at the old fortress and he's trying. All right, Mongo. game on. He goes to fight Mongol. And Mongo I do used think, to be a villain that was, you know, yeah, kind of big, he kind meant of something. Yeah. yeah. He'd show up and mean something. He's a joke. And I clearly think that this continues on into the Naomi book. I, I right. do think that they fight throughout and that's See, how like they ended up. See, I'd like to think that, but I also it's like the book. idea. Exactly. See, he I'm does saying, this I, all the time. I also so, like yeah, the I, idea that that didn't happen to Naomi and people are just lying to that girl that Superman well, and Mongol we'll showed up. Yeah. We will see. We have that next week. So we'll yep. see if they say anything about that. Uh, but yeah, he starts punching and, and it's even like Lois, I told you to not punch the asteroids. No, no, it was Mongol. Can I punch him? Hey, whatever. But yeah, I do not like that. his Lois at all. That's one no, of the biggest problems. Lois is bad. His They're Lois always trying is to show good. you that he knows Superman by doing these weird things. Yeah. I think it really just takes you out of the story because we have to deal with Superman. Yeah. Yes, he's emotional. He's angry. He's lost seven years with his son. That makes sense. This could be told well. But the fact that he's always going out to punch asteroids or something to yeah, deal with his, apparently right. his giant anger problems that the Man of Steel has. <laughs> the best is too. Here, here's my favorite is, uh, you know, I my son's going into the Marines. He's going to uh-huh. be going off to the Marines. Uh, I sit here and I'm so angry. I don't get to see him every day. I don't get to see him. He comes off leave. He comes home. Hey, dad, is it dinner time? I got to go. <laughs> Start <laughs> punching things around town. What? Just sit there with your son now. Don't but go I, up and I, punch I, asteroids. I and, and even rather... that, at this point, he's just punching them going, I miss this. I miss that. You're not even getting, you don't know the full story yet. Get your yeah. ass back to the, get your Look, ass back to the, the fortress of solitude. Yeah, he's really. used to go back and find out the story. Really? I, I think but that I John you, was just meandering with, a little with the story. Even with all the Superman, like, you know, punching Asher, which I don't like, it's way better than whatever he's doing with Lois. Whenever Lois shows yeah. up, she is the worst yeah, it person throws ever, me out. it seems like. It throws me I out. I don't like she her seems, at all. 
It's weird. Is it weird to me that he's, to me, Bendis is writing Lois as if like he's Lois? It's like she's always with these comments. (laughs) Yeah, I want to punch you. No, you don't. Stop. Or we should have gotten a story out of that one. Eh, we used whatever. to make fun it, of one, you know, the uh, the pre flashpoint Lois 52. showed up, and yeah, oh, not even the yeah. new fifty two, the pre flashpoint, you yeah, know, Lois yeah. and Clark, she, where she'd always seem like she was getting drunk or just out of the house. Yeah. Oh, she way was always better. Drunk. She, I'm saying way better yeah. than the Lois we have now. Now the, the is one that, this you know, kind of leaves her family. Is this worse? Is this yeah, better so. than the new fifty two Lois, the she one that annoying. sold out Superman? She was such a jerk. Why can't I just like Lois? She's one of my favorite characters. All in all, that's one of the few things that I ever get to mention a lot. She is one of my favorite characters, and yet I I haven't gotten anything to really no. enjoy with her in a long time. It's been Even decades. when I was so no, excited, years. remember I was so excited when uh, they had that one shot, that Lois like one shot. I was so <laughs> you excited. were the only I think one was, excited. Oh my god, I thought it was Marguerite Benet, and I I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. I, I think if you go back on the site, I think I, I gave it a two. I don't remember I you so being mad. as equally excited about that Amanda Waller one shot. No, no, I was not. But the Steve Trevor one, Eric. Mwah. Oh, those one shots. But yeah, you have John there and he's out and about and Jarell and him are fighting. And, and he does say, you know, Grandpa, he, he knew everybody to go. And, and really, the universe is a mess. But everywhere we go, they all love you. You have all that. Now, also, yeah. the roundabout deal is at one point you did Get have Jarell go to story, John Jeff. and say, I'm in a very good conversation, say to John, why'd you come with me? And, yeah. oh, you know, I thought it'd be fun. Grandpa, blah, blah. no, no, no. You yeah, told that's me what you to. told your parents. Just why did you come? You why, showed why up did with a ship. It didn't this? seem like you were taking no for an answer, Grandpa. No, he says, but he does say, I-, I wanted to go because I need to find out what I'm all about. You know, my dad's Superman. And, and this is the other thing is as he's going through the universe, what he seems to say that he was afraid of at the beginning of this, of my dad's the greatest thing of all time. I have to live up to that. I it's really being emphasized throughout the whole universe. Again, this is why I think that it's not fully Jarrell that's bad because he says, you know, my dad's the greatest and, you know, he is, but I don't know what I'm going to do and I don't know if I can live up to that and I don't know what's going on. And Jarrell's like, okay, finally, you know, we're, we're men here. We're talking together. And I like the idea, again, if Bendis means to do this, Jarrell does not talk down to John, he is treating him as pretty much an equal in, in and intelligence and all that. John throws shade at him about it because he says, well, listen, why I wanted to do this, uh, you know, I wanted to connect with you, but I'm having problems here. He is having, you know, a real problem because he's a man of science and he's going and finding out that just his existence science doesn't make have sense. Answers. Everything else he's seeing, which is true in a superhero universe that, you know, science doesn't explain everything. And I'm starting to wonder if all this means anything. If this is if if, if everything's based on chaos it's going against everything I'm about. And uh, John Lex says, Luther you know was what? Right. And, yeah. And, and John's like, the fuck is he talking about? Why would he say that to an 11 year old? You know why? Because he's treating you as an equal. He's not he's used being to that. nice. <laughs> no, he isn't. He's used to Lois getting drunk, passing out in the woods and him making a, a pizza without taking the wrapper off of it. That's what he's used to. <laughs> but he's just there. And it was a really good Equals. scene on Jarrell's part. And it then was. at the end, it's just, it's like a slap in the face. And especially if you're a father or a grandfather even. And, and uh, I'm sitting there. I'm like, 
what a jerk. Like, why are you making me or is he making me want to hate John because he's got some ulterior motive by the end of this to show that John isn't on the up and up? I don't know. But yeah, then I, I really feel, though, that because we were told that, you know, grandpa went crazy last that I know. No, even though what we see doesn't feel, really feel like that matches up to that, I think that no, a lot of people are going to read though. this and believe, okay, Jarrell's a bad guy and John's on yeah. the up and up just because of and what they, the they were told. And this is the problem, though, is you would think, again, I, I'm relying a lot on Bendis and all this. You would think that at least uh-huh. once in this issue, once in this issue, you'd have, hey, John, you know, I don't know, but hey, kiddo, we're going to find out what's going on. Let's, you know, I'm having a problem. I'm having an identity crisis. So Uh are you. Let's turn this trip into learning about each other, learning about ourselves. And and at the end of this trip, maybe we'll be better people that know our way through life. And then goes off and has like his own Kalex and says, yeah. I tricked that little bastard <laughs> and, and go with that. There is not one point where he's twirling the mustache behind nope. the scenes that you would think there would be. He but just looks like when, a sad bastard the entire time. Yeah, yeah. And then yet you go into the Fortress of Solitude. And when Kalex does the old scanning, Lois has to say, you you want the second opinion because your dad made the Kalex and all this stuff. So you don't trust it. Do you? I'm like, the guy can't get a break. <laughs> Jarrell, they don't even. The best is. Is Jarrell could be murdered somewhere at this point. They really haven't asked where he is. Nobody's nope. saying, like, where's where is grandpa? I'm telling you, this is the funny thing about the have how you have to have the whole story going. I think they would have asked that by now, but they, they even go, they're fighting around, well, they're fighting the everybody else. Superman. Said, hey John, get to the important parts of the story. Yes. Don't tell me how things well, no. started out where you're watching videos and that's you know, why, realize no, that's that grandpa's why he's a deep going finger. off to punch asteroids. He's like, You keep talking to your mother. Somebody call me when we get to the important parts. This is like me watching oh, Shawshank did, did, Redemption. Did I hear crime I'm like, syndicate? Really? I'm back, son. What's going on? Yeah, I'm telling you, you get that. I just want to know when the guy gets out of the prison. You call me when that happens, Eric, and then I'm in, right? That's, that's Shawshank Redemption, right? Uh, yeah. But yeah, when they're going, the Green Lanterns, Arissa and Kilowog show up. Uh, are they just bumbling fools? I, least, again, yeah. I hope that I hope that they do not have Bendis on a Green Lantern book because at one point they're fighting with Superman, like, hey, our Superboy Super and Jarrell, yeah. and hey, thanks a lot, yeah, and and then John's like, hey, all right, Kilowog, all right, you know my dad, yeah, great. Hey, are you going to stick around and clean up? I don't know what sector are we in. I'm not sure. Awful. You're Green Lanterns. You're Green Lanterns. Like, are we in sector two eight one five? I think it's two eight one six. Eh, close enough. You know, you know, red, blue, whatever. I don't don't even understand that one. I don't understand that one bit where John seems like he's making a joke. I thought it was sector three seven five six seven eight. I'm like, yeah, I I know. What was that about? I don't understand. Actually, did you start reading it? Did you start reading it as if that was like, uh, were you know, it was going to spell out like a word kind of the way you know, like R O U eight one two, you know, something like that. I'm like three four two. This doesn't say anything. I don't know. Close enough. Kilowog, Kilowog, I'm looking at him. He just looks like wrong turn right there. I don't know. I'm like, hey, you know, can you take me home? And poor Jarrell hears. And I like it too. It's like, uh, why are you in trouble or whatever? And then Jarrell comes. If John is in trouble, they just left him there with the guy. <laughs> so like, oh, well, he heard. Let's get the hell out of here. And they zip off. They they just go off. And, We're going to let gonna the lanterns to, of this sector yeah. take care of this. Yeah, really. We shouldn't like, even you're gonna be have to here. Work out things. You're going to have to work things out on your own and, and just zip off. And that's Time where Jarell is sad. Huh? 
Again, you don't see any point where Jarrell looks mean. Even when he comes and he sees, you know, or hears John say this to the Green Lantern, says, can you take me home? Uh, you know, they're like, uh, and at this point, too, you don't have the idea that Jarrell is keeping John from getting a hold of his mom and dad. But we no. know for a fact that communications have been severed. Why doesn't yes. John just at least say to Kilowog, hey, if you see my dad, can you tell him I'm okay because we haven't been able to get a hold of him? Why hasn't even that been addressed? That could be the other thing that you could have where John thinks that Jarrell is, is mean and crazy, where it's not true. It, their communications are down. And in what I saw from episode one, that can only mean invasion, Eric, oh, is no. what I was told. Uh, but yeah, that's when they don't talk. Jarrell comes in and says to him, hey, I'm sorry. Oh, no, black hole. And he runs off. He's <laughs> getting, sorry. oh, no, no, a black oh, hole. No, it's okay. no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and they go through a black hole. And at one point, they even go negative space there, which is, you know, it's cool enough. It looks like John gets sucked away from Jarrell. At one point, it looks like Jarrell's trying to grab to John and John can't reach him. And then right. John wakes up there looking like he's on Earth 3, right? He's Earth 3. I, I don't know uh, what it is. is whatever this the it whole is. Idea it might be. Have... This could be the, it could be a negative zone type thing. You know, we'll, we'll see. But I just it is the it Earth next, 3 syndicate. The crime syndicate of Earth 3. Now, we yeah, all I think should that know they from just reading wanna, these things yeah. that the crime syndicate, all of these members are dead. So them having them here... I don't understand what he's doing, but I'm now, really interested yeah. to now, see what he's going to do with my it. My theory, Eric, and I told you this before, is a lot of times when I have – and I'll tell you, the black hole looks awesome. It does look like the movie, the black hole. But uh, while you do this, a lot of times black holes are used in you know movies and stuff like that to time travel, a right. lot of times to travel ahead of time. But you, know, you have backwards too. I do think that he has traveled seven years backwards and when you get to the point where he's only gone two weeks it's because when he gets through this seven years he ages in seven years gets to where we are at that point which might have been two weeks since they've left and that's how he gets back and he's seven years old that's my fact and if that's the case seven years ago crime syndicate was alive they they weren't dead I don't know why a black hole would take you back in time seven I don't years know. and also take you to Earth I don't 3, know. but I am interested to find out yeah, because I'm I saying love it's the weird, crime yeah. syndicate and I want them to be alive and space it upsets me all the time and that time, Eric. Space and time. This, but this no, isn't that's, just I, space. This is dimension. I see. Well, dimension, space, time, everything. It's a black hole. Look at it. I mean, and so if this was Jarrell trying to be fancy or whatever, he obviously didn't want John to get separated from. So I don't think this was his plan. I I really don't. Uh, We'll see how this goes. But yeah, uh, we can even find out that that's all. We get a Jarrell. Like John goes back. Oh, your your dad is crazy. That's all we got. He yeah. didn't talk to me. That he's just mad because he was a kid. But yeah, I think that there's time, space, you know, dimension travel through the black hole. I do like that you have the whole crime syndicate. And it looks like John thinks that he's going to pick up a rock and throw it at him. Except for Sea King, though. Sea King wasn't really featured all that much the last time. No, he was Forever yeah. Evil. Like yeah, he got separated, true. and they thought he died and stuff like that. You would think he cool, would be though. here though. 
Yeah. So, but yeah, that that's my theory. I don't know anything, you know, more than anybody else. But I think that that's where we're going to get that idea and that'd be fun. that he's seven years older or and six somehow now because retro- he was eleven when he went. But and hey, somehow no, it retroactively brings the crime scene to get back to life because that's what I want out of my life. Yeah. 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 That's true. And and really, if you want to go seven years back and kind of go comic book time, that is probably right when the new Fifty Two started too. So I don't know. That that's just a, a thrown in thing. Or around that time. Uh, but yeah, I, I like this enough. I like it, though I thought it was going to be something different. I wanted to make sure that I didn't rate it on the idea that, one, I thought Jarrell was crazy. I didn't see the crazy. I think that there's more at play here. And that actually interests me and more than just fact. seeing Jarrell. Yeah, and I, I just, and again, when we talk about these things, if it comes to be that that's not the case and we, we were duped and whatever, then I get angry later. But I yeah. like the idea. I like this more than a idea where we get in there. Oh man, he was doing this and you're, he's making, <laughs> like I said, clones, he's mixing things and it's blowing up and he's slapping them around. You know, I, I actually like this though. The Superman parts, the lowest part, that that throws me out. I don't like that as much. And it's funny because I. the book Superman and yet Superman and Lois are the worst part. I really actually enjoyed the parts with Jarrell and John and wondering if it's just John being a younger kid. And that's what I'm wondering too. And I found that thing. intriguing. That's why I gave yeah, this I issue too. a seven out of 10 on top of the fact that yeah. I really did like the art, this issue. And I yeah. am so oh. excited. The crime I'm syndicate you, of that cliffhanger looks so awesome. It looks so good. I'm giving it a seven five. You uh, knew yeah, I was going to get so excited when I read that oh, cliffhanger. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Just seeing all of them together. So I love evil versions of the characters that I love, and this no, seeing yeah. them back again. I'm like Superboy, how are you going to survive this? I know. He's got a rock. He's going to throw a rock at them. <laughs> I actually throw a rock think at it's funny too uh, because Ultraman's it's just like, rock. huh? Uh-huh. Uh, the other thing though and, and the cool too look, seeing Deathstorm there because we didn't get a lot of Deathstorm before now, he was killed either the other thing that's weird uh, it's kind of a play but Ultraman's hair looks a lot like Jarrell's. Uh, it looks, you know, you don't have that shaved side, but you have that little dippity do in the front that's there. You always it's, have that it's little dippity do. And now I'm saying usually it's a down. Usually it's the curl. This thing is up <laughs> just like. Uh, you know that crazy Jarrell deal when he's running around, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, but when we'll he's see running around, you never know. I'm telling you that he may be. It's a windy man. night. You just look. You just look. You'll see. You'll see. But no, I, I give it a seven five. I actually liked nice. it, and uh, I like this. And we keep ping ponging which book we like more. Now I like Superman more than Action Comics. So <laughs> there you go. But uh, the next book is. Book that we're not enjoying so much. It's no. Wonder Woman number 64, written by G. Willow Wilson. Our team is Jesus Marino, Andy Owens, Romalo Fajardo Jr., and Pat Brousseau. Like Tomasi on Detective, I was really looking forward to G. Willow Wilson taking over Wonder Woman. It's been a careful what you wish for type of thing so far as Wilson has tried to make Wonder Woman a politically driven book that has really missed the mark. Ryan Kakel showing up, however, gets me excited that maybe G. Willow will get a better grip on her main character and take the book back to the quality of the Rucka run it's just not there yet it's not and this issue it's it's you talk about that quality of the Rucka run this is going against everything that the Rucka run seemed to be wanting to do it's bringing back veronica kale which i do like that character but and even continuing the idea of you know her daughters and themiscara and now she has a bone to pick with wonder woman because themiscara but she she will wilson does not seem to realize that olympus and themiscara are two different things are two different things yeah and even though like we have nemesis here i'm like I know we've been doing it with different writers ever since Rucka left, but like the idea of the uh, the 
patrons, the gods and goddesses showing up as animals. I'm like, well, I guess that's just going to be gone now. It's just straight up, you know, yeah, people looking just, gods. I thought that was just his clever thing. Yeah. And and here's the thing, though. Uh, do you like that Thamascara got taken off the, the, the whole deal, taken off no. the board? Because I didn't. And so at where I'm saying about Rucka's run, there's a couple of things we didn't like and a couple of things we hope would get fixed. I think that she has been told or she wants to fix them. The Veronica Kale part, though, that that's what kind of gets me into it that I'm like, okay, you know what? She seems to write a decent enough Veronica Kale for the character. What Veronica Kale's doing is nonsense. And I don't really like it, but I think that she gets, you know, basically you just write a snarky, sassy lady. <laughs> um, but you know, she, that I, I don't mind going through Veronica Kale to get everything going with this because she would be upset that Wonder Woman said, you promised me that you'd protect my daughter, you know, and she don't have no face and stuff. And now she's gone and all that. And now she's heard word that her, daughter's going to be missing now again it would have been nice if it was me i would have liked veronica kell to come and say listen let's bury this hatchet and find out what's going on you know i know you well, want to find your mom even i want to find like, my daughter know, let's do that i would like that uh more I've than had scientists look into this thing because there was an electromagnetic surge and then nemesis yeah, popped it's out starting it like to get it was, too much and it this over explanation for where yeah. you know oh and then she the goddess like you know nemesis fell i'm like but wouldn't that be Olympus? I can tell you the whole idea where yeah. it's Themis. They keep talking about Themyscira, but then referring to it as Olympus. I'm like, it really yeah. kept throwing me out of the oh, story I'm because it you. doesn't seem the, she knows what's I going on. All I needed was Veronica Kell to get a hold of Wonder Woman and say, listen, I saw you had problems with Ares. Seeing Ares out and about, that, that means there might be trouble because yeah. that was all tied into my daughter. My daughter was tied into Ares and his prison and all that stuff. So what's going on? Let's find out. I, I would have been fine with that. You're right. It gets a lot of convolution between the idea of Themyscira versus Olympus. Are they the same? Are they not? Uh, Veronica Kell doesn't seem to think they're different. And Wonder Woman just goes with it. I do like the idea that gods are popping up all over the place. Yeah. That is interesting to me. But when you start talking about polar vortexes and you know, polarity of the molarity. I, I don't need And that. also the it's whole too thing, much the, idea, the idea that Olympus is gone, the gods are showing up over, I'm like, this is something we've been dealing with since Rebirth started. I even think we had some stuff going yeah. on in the New 52 about that, but definitely in the Rebirth era, Olympus has been abandoned. And like, why is it now the whole idea, yeah. oh, they're they're being shot out of their home world of Themyscira slash Olympus, yeah. whatever you want to call it. I'm like, we, we've already been dealing with this. Why, why don't you just yep. say it's because of this? You know, I think we've been dealing with that in the Justice League because of the source wall energy. Things have screwed that dealing all with, up. And, and the source wall even comes and up even and that. stuff. And the, uh, the magic and, you know, Justice League Dark and stuff like that being like, you know, Olympus was gone because of it. I mean, not Olympus. Olympus was there. The gods had gone because of Hecate yeah, and the Upside them. Down Man. Like, yeah. We are dealing it's with this all, all over the place. And Eric, in Avengers No Road Home, oh. they, they have killed everybody in Olympus. And it's Even funny Hercules? too because it's funny. No, he goes there. He's upset. It's funny because you get the mention of Nyx in this issue. That's the big bad of the Avengers No World Home. I'm like, Nyx is hot as hell. Nyx is uh, the Hansel of comics right now. <laughs> but yeah, you have Veronica Kale, and she seems to have a plan. She has got Nemesis, who is the goddess of grudges, to make a giant crater in the middle of town. And Just... so Wonder Woman will show up and help out. And then she's going to twist and turn everything to make it seem that Wonder Woman is the bad person here. Now, it makes now, no now sense. Fo follow this whole thing now. Oh, my God, my daughter. She may be dead, and I do hate that Wonder Woman because she, you know, convinced me to let her go to this whole thing, stay in Themyscira, because and now my daughter's dead. Time for litigation. 
<laughs> I'm like, what? So ridiculous. Let's, we're going to sue her. So huh? Yeah, we're going to sue her. And so she has to find another way. She hires a photographer. They make a, a crater. She, Wonder Woman shows up. Oh my God, what's going on? And didn't this photographer feel weird that we had to have some yeah. random guy that she had to explain? Yeah, it seemed like, odd. Why didn't yeah, she I don't just know have that somebody that, if she that could didn't have mean used. something? It was. It weird. seemed like that meant something more. It, it was weird. Um, but yeah, there's Wonder Woman. I, I think that that guy is going to be like the linchpin at the end of be like she nah, was. All, it was always her plan. I saw her. She explained her plan to me. She's no good. Wonder Woman's good. Okay, photographer yeah. guy, we believe you. The that's end. what I think is that's what I think is gonna happen. That's how I'm like, he's just there to, you know, say at the end that this was And nonsense. I love the idea too, this whole thing where we have, you know, Nemesis come down, she creates a gigantic crater to get Wonder Woman's yeah. attention, but doesn't do it enough because we have to have those mythological animals be the ones that were there. Oh my god, we better go get Wonder Woman. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. So they just happen to be, we're like, were they part of the plan? Yeah. Because I really want to get these mythological well, animals out of here because they serve I, yeah. no real purpose to me. I but- know. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the one thing I have a problem with too is Wonder Woman shows up. There's the police there. And they're like, we can't get in there. It's too hot. Hot to trot yeah. in there. She's like, listen, I'll go in and find out. The problem that's going on with Veronica Kale, before we end up saying other problems by the end of that little scene, is that Veronica Kale seems to be counting on the idea that nobody in this universe knows Wonder Woman. They know Wonder Woman. They know she's a good person. She is part of the Justice League. She is a hero. So if you have Wonder Woman go down into a crater that suddenly appeared and starts attacking what is Nemesis that looks like... I'm telling you, they would they would go with Wonder Woman probably by fault and right away. You know, yeah. and that's not the greatest you of mean, things. You mean this Maybe, hero but, that's protected for yeah, years is part of the Justice that, League? That's what they make it seem like. It makes it seem like Veronica Kale has this idea that nobody, and, and G. Willow Wilson especially, not even Veronica Kale, but G. Right. Willow Wilson thinks that nobody in this world knows Wonder Woman, knows that she's a hero. No, we haven't set this up. The whole thing is, if you came out of that last arc with Ares, where somehow Ares tricked everybody to, sh- to make it seem that Wonder Woman caused a war, all that stuff, there's no setup for anybody in this entire world to be against Super or Wonder Woman and not realize that she is a hero who went down to help, where there's witnesses, these police officers, so then Veronica Kell comes, huh, look at this, hey, press, take my picture, because Wonder Woman came here and started fighting, my employee here was who was just trying to, you know, st- what, what is she trying to prove that Nemesis was doing? Like, the whole roundabout deal seemed to be Veronica Kell saying, Nemesis came down to fight a superhuman threat, Wonder Woman came down and just started punching her. First off, she didn't. Second, there's no threat. The threat is obviously exactly. nemesis. I'm there's you, nobody your else there. He just created a giant freaking yeah. crater that may have it's killed a, that, some people. What, what's going on? Yeah. And I'm telling you, I don't know. We talked about in Superman where we're hoping that there's a deeper meaning to the, what we actually saw. In this, I hope as well, but because the whole Themyscira Olympus thing. I don't thing, think there is. I, yeah. But the, I, there's a few lines in here, like the whole idea of like, Wonder Woman doesn't recognize Nemesis. And she's like, we met in a previous yeah. life. And like, you don't recall. That's, that's a weird line. But then yeah, the no, idea that's then, just this. That's story over continuity. That is well, wink, no, winking though, at post, uh, you know, the, the other continuity. I'm just because stuff. even on, she's like, I am the daughter of Nex. I've been around in this world at yeah. before, as I've been here before you were even a clot of dirt under your mother's roof. 
like in my mind, suggesting the idea of we're going back to that origin that she was created from dirt and clay, which is not the case anymore. Well, that's so what I I'm saying. I think what that she's, she's playing. Pla- I think that all she's playing with is uh, I know that what Rucka did was say that was all lies. So I got to wink, wink, but and try to get around it to just have this. Well, I'm just saying in general about her knowing Nemesis and when they would have because somebody would have called him out on it. They would have said they're like, oh, there was an issue here where they did that. I just think that she's just playing around with a continuity that we don't have continuity anymore she could just say oh yeah you just don't remember me from before and then they're just going to go with it i don't think that there's going to be anything that wraps around especially because of the idea that this whole i the whole story is nonsense it's starting that veronica kale wants to out of nowhere just starts yelling because she's yelling at that point i believe at police officers who are there. There's her photographer, but she starts grandstanding about how everybody, these superheroes need to have, uh, you Let know, the they need show to register. Woman attacked my employee in the course yeah. of her job protecting She's Kale Enterprises She's saying this as if these two threats. police officers are, you know, reporters. They're Which just, I don't get that, this whole look- thing either because Wonder Woman went down there because it was too hot for the officers. Two minutes later, they, they come walking down. down. I'm like, what yeah. the hell is going on? Yeah, but she's saying they should be registered, pay taxes. I mean, we're doing this whole, you know, civil war deal now. Nobody wants that. They tried, Priest tried that in Justice League. Nobody wants it. No. Why start this now and this? I mean, you're starting out this book with Wonder Woman. Give us at least something where I can like Wonder Woman. You know, now you want to get the government against her and all this. And it's just, again, it's like this war, this civil war that we had before. And it wasn't even a civil war in the meantime. It was two countries against each other, it seemed, by the end. But even that, you had that war where you kind of didn't give us any details. And it was really, you know, vague and things like that. Now, all of a sudden, it's just Veronica Kale yelling at two police officers about how there should be a registration act and uh, we should uh, I, I don't know what she's who she's yelling at uh, you know the one guy's there and he's taking pictures of Wonder Woman again I don't see anything where these pictures would be anything except Wonder Woman with a lasso around at one point a giant cockroach looking nemesis That's spider lady. I, I, and I'm telling you, this whole deal is just, it just doesn't hit. It's just nonsense. The art's great, though. I, like I do the love the art. <laughs> and then, you know, you have uh, the deal, too, where Wonder Woman's there and like, oh, no. And by the way, Olympus is gone. There was a cosmic paradox. It looks like you're a refugee. And then and she's with like, the whole oh, idea of the cosmic paradox. That's what I'm talking about. The idea of Nemesis, yeah. where I do hope there is something more to this than this not knowing continuity, where because of this cosmic paradox, that, that sounds like you know things existing at two, to, like you know at the same point, where maybe this Nemesis did know the previous Wonder Woman with the previous continuity of her. I just and think stuff. that I, I just hope. think that she was in other books before this, you know, before Rebirth started, and they're trying to just make it so that you know you throw that out there, just like we have when you know. You have all these other things that have happened. Wally West touches, you know, Magenta, and you have to kind of work a deal and do this. Then you have Lagoon Boy there. I just think it's the same old nonsense that we're getting all over the place where they're just playing with whatever continuity they want to and fudging it in with a line and go because I I don't think it's going to be anything from this. I I don't even think that it's really what she thinks this cause. Also, a cosmic paradox and nonsense with just, you know, give us what it is and get back to Themyscira. I don't need this. And then a guy, <laughs> poor guy. Hey, can I get your John Hancock on here? You Why signed is my that third. There? 
Get away. The, the worst is you want to go from the idea of Veronica Kill. Look, everybody, this nonsense of these superheroes. Look, they should be registered, whatever. Then you go at the end to have this guy like, I don't need, I don't care about that. I love Wonder Woman. Can you sign this out of my way? And then I'm all alone. Oh, whatever. Yeah, I, I really, the more we, t- usually when we talk about these things, I get more positive. Not now. This this is just not good. It's not any bit good. And it's getting to the point where I was hoping this is almost as bad as the worst that we've had in the past couple of years. I mean, this is not good at all. And I just wanted to get to something that I can like. I like Veronica Kale, but even the whole deal with this plan, it's almost like she's like, okay, I want to get Veronica Kale in here. You know, everybody loved her when Ruckett did it and then fudged a story around it just instead of the opposite. It just seems like everything here doesn't add up or make sense so we'll see but yeah i'd give this a 5.5 i did like the art but yeah i can't go any higher than that what would you give it i would give this issue a 5 out of 10 i still like hold the hope that there is a deeper meaning to this and we're being led astray at this point where it all wrap around like i'm a dummy she got me good because i want gwo wilson to write the hell out of this thing i'm just not seeing it right now well and the uh, things that we're getting now, just go. I'll tell you what. Uh, the things that we're being presented with right now are like, you know, it just seems too cliche and too basic level. Like the last issue was that whole agenda driven thing about, you know, immigration and stuff like that. It just felt so over the top and like forced. And here it seems like the same way, just not with that same theme. Yeah. But And the six issues before that or whatever, it was, you know, America seems to think that they can just walk in and change a war. It's, it's, it's all the same. It yeah. hasn't changed. And the, the thing that I, I would ask you, my zinger, Eric, just the kind of a zinger, uh, do you think that she handled Ares getting out of his prison well? Do you think that no. she was going by? No, it was terrible. That's why I don't think she has any plan that is going to impress you about Themyscira at the end. I just like you said at the so. beginning, at the beginning, you, you, she's talking about Olympus. She's not yeah. even talking about Themyscira at points. And, and so, it's one of those it, things where I'm telling you, because of that, where she says Olympus, Themyscira, maybe at one point in the past continuity, they were around the same kind of idea and the gods might have been there. I don't know for certain. I'm yeah, just I, hoping I, that it I, will come I around to something. I know nothing of that because, because the I, big, because the big just, play was always that Wonder Woman was hidden on Themyscira at points when she was Zeus's yeah. daughter. That's why there was a Themyscira well, was only ever to since get away from Olympus. Yeah, but I'm even saying before, there were all those times where you would have Themyscira like, oh no, why have the gods forsaken us and things like that. They were never in my in everything I've read, and I've read a bunch of things before, they, they were never the same. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just hoping that there is a wraparound to make all of these things ha- make sense in the end because it's just so blatantly wrong that it has to be something different, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like I said, she had no idea how Ares was trapped and how getting out meant anything. So I don't trust her. Uh, anything is what's going on in this book. And everything is a generic version of politics that doesn't make sense. If you just look at it, it's just thrown in there to be there to kind of like, look at me, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go rail against immigration and, and all that with these. It just, it's always, it's almost laughable at points. And so I, I'm worried about that. Now it's laughable that Wonder Woman goes into a crater and the next thing you know, Veronica Kale's yelling that everybody should be against heroes. It, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Um, uh, but yeah, that's the end. Of the, now we're negative again. But that's the end of this first section of books. And um, we're going to go off to some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah. It's mail with Jim. Oh, yeah. It's mail with Jim. 
And here we are with mail section number uno. And if you want to be part of the mail, you email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, just like Luke Hollywood did. Ooh, what did what he up? do? What up, weird science? There's my, there's my Luke impersonation. I hope you enjoyed that. What's up, Jim, Reggie, Eric, Chris, Brandon, Trevitt, Jeremy, Andy, Abby, and everyone else in the Get Fresh crew? Boop, boop. That was requested, Eric. That was the sound he requested. It's been a while since I've sent a mail to you guys. When I heard fellow Rant and Rave line veteran Jolly Drew send one last week, I thought I'd type one up while we wait to hear Jim revive the Rant and Rave line for its 2019 (laughs) comeback. I've come to the conclusion that the only way that we can bring it back is, and I'll talk about it later as well, is with a a, a couple rules, and it's just going to be me. Uh, there's no way I can it's do it with It's gonna be me. It's gonna be me. Unless we just, ow, ow. Unless we just go back to, <laughs> so actually. If we just do that. Actually, the whole thing is still screwed up. Even, that's why, if you listen, when we go and have the section with Reggie, uh, mm-hmm. that is the old school way of doing it. I can't right. even get the soundboard to work for that anymore. It, there's been some updates and things have been screwed up. So yeah, I was just going to say, well, we can go the old school way. And actually nope. it doesn't seem like we can. I've been trying. I, if you listen, I want to have sound effects on the Marvel one as well. Can't because of the way it's set up. So we'll see, but it'll probably be coming back soon. It'll come back as just me, but I will have a couple rules. Maybe a time limit, Eric, but I don't know if it's going to mainly be a a limit of when you can send it in. I need to have them earlier. I can't have them, you know, late in the game because I do like to try to get the podcast up early on the Patreon for an early access and what would happen before. And again, this is what you'd see if you want to go and, uh, you know, open up the veil and the curtain is me setting my me setting my alarm for 630 on a Sunday morning to get up to do the rant and rave so that I still have time. Six thirty. It must have been May. That's <laughs> what I'm doing. So sometimes it would be six thirty to nine. Old Jimmy Boy listening to some rant, raves, and recording, right. and then going to edit the podcast for six hours. So, and uh, I'll tell you as well the way the reason we don't have it is this software that we do. The software, which is actually allowing me to pretty much do a edit of a podcast in half the time. So it does work out that software. It did end up kind of putting a little kibosh on the soundboard and the sound effects, which, as you would know, is my favorite thing of all time. Oh, that, that's what, And that was the thing that for 60-odd episodes or whatever it was, I was trying desperately to try to figure out how to do and finally did, and now it's all come down. For the record, Drew, the only reason why I didn't pick up Female Furies was because I've had my fill of new gods for a while after Me Mr. Well. Miracle wanted to save my money for a couple new manga volumes. What up, weird science? Recently, I've heard a lot of talk comparing the current DC books to those of the DCYOU era just Uh before uh Rebirth. 
as a big fan of that era, even though it definitely wasn't perfect. I don't appreciate the shade being thrown its way. Now, you have also kind of stepped into your own pile of goo there because the reason we had a rebirth was because of the nonsense that was the DCYOU. They lost yeah. track of everything they were doing. Everything got all out of control. Nothing had direction. And they did all the big changes yes. all at and once. I'm it became too much too soon. The thing that you're not getting, uh, Jolly, uh, Jolly Drew, because he mentioned that, uh, Luke, Luke Hollywood, the, the thing that you're not getting <laughs> fully, and maybe Jolly Drew too, um, is the idea that when we say it reminds of the DCYOU, we're not necessarily saying that that is because the, it's not, oh, these books are crap. That's what reminds me of the DCYOU. Kind of saying that. No, it goes a lot <laughs> more than that. It goes with the big changes that were thrown on. It's going with this idea that nobody knows what the continuity is, kind of a story of continuity. Dory over continuity, that kind of thing. And if you go and look, a lot of people are upset at Aquaman right now and Wonder Woman. Those two books were a mess back then. Uh, the Superman books that people are bailing because of Bendis, well, we had a nonsense a of the truth back there. Yeah. Uh, big you change know, now. You had We had some stuff, and he's going to go on with the books that he liked. And remember all the books that there were. And this is where I'm getting, because Repairman Jack and me argued about this, too, because he's like, I like the DCYOU. Yeah, you, you can think back. That's fine. You can think back and like it. Uh, that doesn't mean it was perfect. It also brought us rebirth, but also when I when it comes down to the brass tacks of it, most of the people who do say they like it mention three to four books that they liked. There were a lot more books than that, and there also again, you want to hear another thing that we've been talking about that is the same kind of deal. Back then, we had a a Batgirl, the Burnside Batgirling of the DCU. You ended up having a Doctor Fate book that pretty much wouldn't have existed in that form if it wasn't for Burnside Batgirl. You had, a, you know, the Black Canary even, and you had all these. Now it seems that this humanizing of Batman and the, you know, dismal death and things like that is starting to seep in the other books as well. And it just seems very familiar. And it seemed where I have the idea is at the end of the DCYOU, before rebirth was announced we were begging for a change we were begging for something new and fresh and then rebirth was announced and we were excited i need that announcement now i need something that's going to tell me that it's going to right the ship because it's starting to sink and he says uh honestly the current books right now wish they were half as creative and original as some of the titles were back then sure there were plenty of misses but there were plenty of hits. Now, he's going to give us plenty of hits. Remember, okay, at plenty. that point, there was probably 30 to 40 books, right? I, I mean, we like were still, still coming, doing 52 at that point, we, weren't we? I think we were drifting away from 52, you know, exactly. It was a uh -huh. little less, but I'm telling you, it, it might have been 45. It, it was getting because I remember hearing other podcasts that were actually counting them like, now we only have 48 books and stuff right. like that. But with the mini series, if you count those as in, we were pretty much with that. So we'll even go. We'll go for just argument's sake. There were 52 books still. These are the books that he liked. We are Robin, Grayson, Red Hood, Arsenal, etc. He says, I'm telling you, you just mentioned three books. A lot of people like Martian Manhunter. I'll throw yeah. that in. Uh, Red Hood Arsenal was okay. It wasn't it was great. Okay. It, we it liked was less it. than what we had in like Red Hood and the Outlaws so yeah. for what we got. And I hated yeah. the costume changes. If, I'm telling you, what Red Hood Arsenal was felt like what we're doing in Red Hood right now with Red Hood Outlaw yeah. with the costume changes. Like, you know, separating but from the Outlaws like, themselves. We didn't like, you know, they he ended up adding Joker's daughter into yeah. the book and we were excited. Was, but that it sounded fell. cool. 
it uh, fell through. What was what was the villain that was the uh, an, almost a name like Underlife? What was the? Oh, it was Underbelly. Yeah, I'm telling you, every time I see Underlife, I think of Underbelly, and I think DCYOU. <laughs> I mean, really, uh, those DCYO book, the YOU books, felt fresh. Now, again, you're also throwing Grayson in there, which I had to fight tooth and nail with people to even read. Nobody wanted it again, like Rick Grayson. It's the same fight. Yeah. And while a lot of those fresh takes on characters weren't enjoyed by fans much, like D-powered Superman, I enjoyed some of the new takes like Jim Gordon Batman. I didn't mind Jim Gordon Batman. I didn't like the Mr. Mr. Bloom Bloom. story. And it it ruined it. Again, you want to keep going with these, you know, parallels. The thing that they did. was on at that point, too. Yeah. The thing that they did with Jim Gordon ended up screwing up Detective Comics to make it a Jim Gordon book. And it kind of didn't have any direction. Kind of like, say, a Titans now or a Supergirl that we're going to be talking about later. Things like that that are ending up. That Will Pfeiffer Teen Titans was awful during that point, too. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying you you have Jim Gordon having to be in Detective because of what happened in Batman. Like having Titans book all of a sudden doesn't have Dick Grayson or Wally West because of things happening more importantly well and uh, the other big book that we liked was justice league at that point yeah more importantly i whether... think the best books of that era were we are robin martian manhunter and justice league yeah and th- those are and you pretty much stand by the fact that those are the three you think were good yeah. we're, we're we got 49 others if we think that those numbers are right i mean i it doesn't seem like that's possible but there were books if you remember people if you listen to the podcast right now we are upset with some of these books we outright hated. So you go listen to Eric talk and having to talk each month about that Dr. Fate book or the Burnside oh background. I mean, it's worse than anything. Oh, you know we what, have to you talk know what else now. I did enjoy during that time? I, I, I was wrong. There is another one. Sinestro. I did yeah, enjoy did Sinestro. Like but again, that was just kind of a book thrown out there. Kind of feels like it would be Doing like its the, own thing. It, it feels like it would be the Hawkman book right now. Yeah. I, there's a lot of parallels. More importantly, whether you like the changes, couldn't be denied that DC were willing to take chances on new ideas with some of their bigger characters in the DCYOU era, which is something you can say, you can say about the DC. You can't say about the DC books today. I think you meant to say and yeah uh, why this is is because they took those chances and it blew up in their face blame it on the doomsday clock delays blame it on the editors blame it on the writers i want to blame it on the rain eric is what blame i want to do on the blame rain. it on the rain that was slowly falling you like that the point is like, i'm in love with you girl, girl girl the point is most of the core books in dc's lineup have been spinning their wheels in place for a while now and i think a lot of the fans are starting to lose patience don't get me wrong i'm still enjoying plenty of dc books on my poll but i don't think i've felt the magic i'm reading them right now like i did at the start of rebirth it all just feels so directionless exactly what i thought about the dcyou you were throwing story over continuity and things just were there to have you know you were having some fun stories you could have fun with individual books but it didn't feel like a cohesive total a full deal and it felt directionless when you have you know an anime looking bizarro and jimmy heading off to bizarro america which they said was canada you couldn't or a batmite book those are fun, um, but they got real old real quick. And and I think that that DCYOU changed too much too fast and people's head were spinning and they, they went. So then you had Rebirth. And I don't think that the spinning of the wheels is as much the problem with a lot of fans. I think that it's the darkness. I think that the idea of this Rebirth was supposed to be let's have some fun. Let's get some continuity going. Let's have, you know, the hope and dreams and we're not getting that. So, you know, I think a lot of people are being fatigued by that. 
that. Even if the books are down right now, uh, there's still plenty to catch up on if you're not loving the current output. This is like any era. I mean, you could insert this 10 years ago and it's still the same, like older trades, Omnibus and even Marvel and indie stuff. I've been catching up on a lot of manga myself. There's a shocker. And I've been really enjoying it. The Shonen Jump app puts DC Universe to shame. It does. I did the free trial. I've not gotten that. I haven't plunked money down. I'm a cheap ass. It's keeping me going during the downswing, but I hope the book starts showing a sign of development again. Your boy, the Hollywood Kid. Exo, exo, exo. There you go. And that is the end. That is the end of the mail section number one. And yeah, uh, I'm just taking it, uh, you know, take it easy, baby. Take it as it comes, as Jim Morrison once sang in an obscure Doors song. I'm sitting here just trying to find out, like, look at the books of the DCYOU era, because I know I'm forgetting a lot. And, like, there's a uh, article that came out at that point from comicbook.com. So, like, talking about the 10 totals you need to read from that whole thing. You know, number 10 is Batman Beyond. And I'm, like, dealing with the, you know, fallout of Future Zen. Like, that that didn't go over too well. And then Bizarro, I'm, like, I wasn't a real big fan of that many because it was just kind of goofy. It was okay, but even that I liked it at first, but I got got, goofy. That's what I yeah, said. Yeah, they just kind of goofy, little I like kinda, things. After but, like four issues, I kind of just was like, yeah, I kind of lost interest here, you know? And Constantine the Hellblazer I wasn't into, but, and that was maybe because of Riley Rossmo's art for the most yeah. part, but I just wasn't into that. Cyborg. Remember that Cyborg yeah, series that one? It was and awful. Like, uh, Midnighter was during that time. Dr. And we didn't Fate. like Midnighter that much, no. and we hated Dr. Fate. Uh, and <laughs> I started – and going back to Steve Orlando's Midnighter, that first issue I loved. Prez. And then I'm telling you, back in the day – Boy, Starfire. we had fun. We had fun just reading that dialogue at Midnight. Oh was so we still. I mean, even I think this this episode you mentioned fist questions. I mean, it has stuck. It stuck with a us. A lot but, of that has stuck with us. Yeah, yeah, it has. Just because remember we were going to have the Orlando Theater at that one point where we were going to act out scenes from Steve Orlando Captain Halfbeard. Yeah, yeah. Oh my. I remember that that was my big thing from the very beginning and it kind of became a get fresh crew mantra a bit for a while was the idea that you can read Steve Orlando's dialogue but you had to say it out loud to yourself to really yeah. get how ridiculous it was but yeah that again there's always going to be good books I can sit here and name five books that I think are really good right now and and I know uh-huh. that other people seem to be able to name 20 million books that they think are really good right now uh, well, but this is just the Ebony Five. I'm telling you, Wonder <laughs> Twins. You got, right, you got the right. Batman who laughs. Uh, right. <laughs> I'm trying to think now. I do like Nightwing, don't I? Uh-huh, I got uh-huh. that. Uh, you got the old Martian Manhunter. People love. I don't know. I'd have right. to. I'd have to look at the deal. Well, we like oh, Hawkman. We like. We like Red is, Hood. I thought we you like just made it up. Like there is a Martian Manhunter book out right now that I have not read. I have not read it. Me either. But hey. Uh, you got Goddess Moon. the Orlando Zone. Goddess Moon that me and Peter are going to talk about later, right? And you got that. Yeah, I, I yeah. actually jump back and forth between Superman and Action Comics of liking that and, you know, which one I like and things like that. I love yeah, that I don't know Batman. what I like better anymore. I love that Batman right now. Mm-hmm. Wait, can't get enough. All Let right. Batman Beyond, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, I haven't read that. The, mi- the minute that we stopped talking about it with, with Batman Beyond Mark, I have not read a page. I'm so behind on that series. I'll keep you up to I, date, I have baby. a feeling that I, I have a feeling I haven't missed much. Is what yeah, the, no, the, really the worst part of it. That should be the deal. I should come back and just read it and then report if I think I'm lost after what <laughs> appears to be probably six months that I've read it. But thank you, uh, Luke. But yeah, thanks, Luke. We're, we're not really like I said. It's this is more of a idea of. 
the overall feeling of what we're getting now really feels, and in my it's mind, very reminiscent. And, and there's that feeling as well of there has to be something coming up. You know, something has to be coming up over the ridge there, like a rebirth to get people because a lot of people are losing faith in rebirth what's going phase on now. Two. Yeah, yeah. Re reborn now. While he's back to it. bring the hope that he was meant to bring last time but mm. forgot. Well, again, they'll probably do something like that, and it'll irritate me. Like, okay, so you killed him off just to get praise for bringing him back. It's nonsense. But we're going to go off to some more books now. Jim rings the bell. This means Shay's reviews are going well. Jim rings the bell. Jim rings the bell. Eric Shay's reviews are all the bomb. Eric's the bomb. And if Shay's recaps are read without a single misstep, ring the bell. I hope that you have no missteps, Eric. I hope so. Uh, Two of these books are going to be yours, uh, but the first one is not. The first one is mine, right? Is that correct, Eric? Is that correct? Are you there? That is correct. Yes, Eric. I am here. (laughs) I was trying to get that sound effect in because it is indeed Flash number 64. What was that, Eric? What did you say? You are correct, Eric. It is Flash. I I didn't say that. You said that. Oh, what did you say? What? Oh, thank you, Eric. You have a very good voice tonight. Weird science. Oh, no. Thank you. What's going on, Eric? Flash number 64, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, Timo Moray, and Steve Wands. After realizing I was a bit harsh on Joshua Williamson last issue, I was looking forward to this one. I'm a Gotham Girl fan, and I want to see what's going on with her. My only fear is that this price arc is just being used as a quick fix to cover up years of Tom King's storytelling neglect. Even so, if Joshua Williamson makes it work, I'll be a happy guy. Let's discuss. You like that? You like that? The little morning zoo? Such a weird thing by the end of this issue. The whole idea that, like, did she go to the sanctuary? Like, I'm telling you. We don't really have a – like, we, this was told to us that it was a Heroes in Crisis tie-in, but we didn't get it until the end of this issue saying that, did she go to Sanctuary? It's it's never told by the end no. of this issue if she did or not, but the idea that, did she go to Sanctuary? It's such a weird thing for what we've had leading up to this. You know, the whole idea like, oh, Gotham girl, your powers are killing you. I'm going to send you off to Africa or wherever yeah. it was to go train. That's what we were told I, I before. I thought that we were and told like, that she was going to go to Europe, and that's why I always in my head thought that it was even France. That's why I thought it was she was going to Ducard. Maybe it was Europe. And I, I do think that the, Africa was where they were supposedly got the powers. They they went off to Africa. That's right. You are correct. I'm yeah, sorry. And yes. I think that I think it even was spelled out like with a wink, wink. I'm going to send you to France. Off to France you go. And we said, oh, she's going to go train with Ducard. <laughs> 
And that's been whitewashed over and it's not that anymore. It seems as if they, you know, she might've been sent to sanctuary and Batman's going, I I wanted to get her help. That was not the case. And also the idea of this, that really drives me nuts. If you were reading back then was the idea that Claire herself was not having that much of a problem per se. She seemed to have worked through the idea of her brother being killed. Yeah. She was crazy at first, but, to the point where she was coherent enough to pretty much push Batman into the direction that the whole entire line of the Batman comic went. She told him, you should be happy. That was you just should the be happy. Mask, and yeah. that was after the fact. She seemed to be okay. And he's like, listen, I want to go. Yep. I want to send you off to France, uh, you know, friends from France and uh, go and do that. And in the meantime, I'm going to take your advice. Thank you. That is not the advice of somebody that you sent to sanctuary as a crazy girl that you're trying to go now. You're trying to stress the craziness that she did have immediately after Hank died. He got killed. She was all, you know, talking to him while she's doing. She got past that. She actually got past that when Batman went to her and in one of the best moments of the new uh, rebirth, I almost said new 52 of rebirth. He took the cow <laughs> off. He revealed his identity to her. We're like, oh no. Right away. I thought she's dead. Cause that's what I always say. But he's like, listen, uh, my parents got killed. I know what it's like for family to be dead. Also, in the wraparound, her parents were killed as well. So it's, you know, she had nobody. And she said that. It was a very, very moving and touching deal. And the best thing about it was Tom King, which he doesn't do a lot of, he had set up for that moment through that whole first arc for that big moment. And it was great. And that's why I was afraid that this would wipe it. It doesn't completely wipe it clean. But it's starting to tell the story a different way. And if you want to go with the fact that well, Tom it's, King- it's a weird yeah. line, even even in this issue where it's the whole thing is Batman even says, like, I told her that her powers are going to kill her. That wasn't the truth. The truth was, like, the truth is their powers are going to kill her. But the way it was spelled out here was odd where that is the case. You want to tell her not to use her powers because they will kill her. But it's like, the honestly- I didn't want her to be a, like you know yeah. in the life yeah, like no. this whole thing. That's I didn't want her to be a part of this. And I'm utter like, what? Lie. The whole basis of that first arc was that Batman, even even though Superman was dead, Batman he's urban surfing a plane. He ends up. He thinks he's going to die. Alfred, am I going to be dying a good death? Would my parents be proud? Oh, sir, they would be. All of a sudden, it gets lifted up. Clark, which he should have known better. Clark was dead. But he saw Gotham and Gotham Girl as a way for him to retire. That was the basis of that whole arc that he thought, okay, these are two people that I can trust now. Instead of Damien, who has no powers, he'll die. Instead of Nightwing, no powers, he'll die. You know what? uh, uh, Supergirl and Supergirl. Superboy here that just show up that call themselves Gotham and Gotham Girl. I have an exit plan. I can retire eventually. I will train them to be that. There is no way that at any at that point in that first arc did he say, you know what? You shouldn't be part of this life. No, he wanted them to be. This was his you know dream come true. It, it went bad. I, I can go with the idea though that maybe after Hank died, it's but, like okay, maybe should, they the shouldn't thing. be He's a part of this whole thing. He's making it seem like from the very beginning, the way they talk about the powers killing him, that seemed to be thrown in there so that Batman wouldn't be able to retire. And now it's kind of wrapped around. It makes it seem as if he was like, oh, the whole time I was trying to get them out of it, I didn't want that. That was not the case. And and all of this, this is my. I whole do problem. like the idea though. Where, Flash is throwing shade at him, like, "Well, did you ever look into how he got this power stuff like this?" Yeah, that's oh, funny. I got busy. That I There's think a lot is of Tom King shade. Know about isn't there, Batman? 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and and with that, they're they're trying to throw this stuff and what I you know, we we've said this before. You end up with that issue fifty, there's no wedding. Everybody freaks out. Oh my God, this is the worst. Yeah. Oh, you you lied to us. Tom King gets on Twitter and goes in interviews and says, Hey, listen. The uh, th- this is only half of the story. Now I get your idea. Yeah, you have a hundred issues. We're at fifty. Yes, you are halfway through your run. Don't tell me this garbage that this was planned all along. And now what we're seeing is, hey, let's grab this and change it a little so that we can kind of get it in towards what. Because he says, oh, it was always there. You can go back and look. The only thing we got was banana. We we didn't get anything before that you saw that clip because now it's starting to seem like Bane was involved all along and this was where they got nonsense. That was not how it started off. I don't mind that you're changing things. Don't try to lie and say that at issue three of this run, you knew that in, you know, the flash, you'd have a crossover way back, you know, that that (laughs) long and you were going to go do TV work and this was going to be the deal. You are. You're making up the story as you go, but so does everybody else. There's nothing wrong with that. The reason I get mad is because you try to tell us that you're not. People do make up stories as they go. That's kind of making stories. You don't have to lie. Don't tell me that this was always your plan for Gotham Girl. At one point, Gotham Girl was there just to say Batman and, and to be a wow moment and to be one of those moments that people would look back and say, man, that was great when Gotham Girl told Batman to be happy. Everybody loved that. You went with that then. I mean, his run, it, it, I said all along, if you're a fan of Tom King, you are being treated to a writer who has his ear to the pulse of his fans. If his fans like a joke, you know that it's coming back. If his fans like a moment, if a fan's like, man, I'd love to see a Batman who's happy, you'll get it. He's listening. He will do that. If you're not a fan, it drives you nuts. But he does. He is a very fan-friendly writer. This is how he writes it. But this is Joshua Williamson going in and kind of being told, okay, you got to make all this make sense because I really didn't fill in the blanks. And that's our problem with the Tom King's writing. It's very, you know, it's very full of empty spaces and you have to write your own deal. It's a fill your own deal. Choose your own adventure. So when you want to nail something down, you have the idea where Barry's like, didn't you look into this? No, I was busy. Hey, look, there's a sanctuary mask. <laughs> a you don't know hey, about, did huh? you send her off to the sanctuary? At this point, did you send at her? At this point, what what would matter with that? What why would that be different? Batman didn't send Wally. Well, because right but now, wait, Batman th- didn't send Wally. If you're insinuating that you think that she is the killer. Say that. Say when did you send yes. her to the sanctuary? Because if this is if it's Claire off to the sanctuary, number one, wh- why wouldn't Batman know when she checked out of the sanctuary? Why haven't we seen anything with that in the Heroes in Crisis? Go get to the point, Barry. Don't ask. Did you send her to the sanctuary? Because the way that Tom King was spelling it out. Everybody has been to Sanctuary, so that's nothing. Go and say, do you think she's the killer? Is that why you're investigating? Is that why this is happening? Is this what it is? Don't beat around the bush. And they're beating around the bush because I don't think she's the killer, and they don't want to confuse anybody no. when they go over. Because there's there's no goddamn no. way that they're going to reveal no. the killer so of Heroes this in is Crisis just, in this It's tie-in. a way to get Barry angry at Batman. It doesn't ring true to me because of the fact that where Batman's ex- 
explaining. She had problems. I needed to get her help. Did you send her to the sanctuary? Batman should be like, hell yeah, I sent her. That's where we sent everyone. Listen, I sent Wally there. Not because I wanted to get him killed. We thought people got better there. I mean, the idea of sanctuary isn't to go send people to get killed, obviously. It was their way to try to help these people. So if he did send her to sanctuary, and that's all that Barry's mad at, you, you can't get mad at that. That's that's what he does. That's what Superman and Wonder Woman well, if does. Well, if he is keeping it to himself, though, because it was a year ago, it says that the, the, yeah. all this stuff went down with Claire and yeah, Hank. So she would have been there before. So if he sent her there right away... Exactly. But if she didn't get help, like if she came out crazy still after this whole thing and he kept it to himself and didn't inform anybody that this very unstable superhuman knows He doesn't seem to know about this until just recently where Alfred says that he's looking into it now. So that's my problem. You're playing again with choose your own adventure because if she was in Sanctuary, there is going to be a full record where she would have checked out and Batman would have went to – to talk to her we don't get any of that we don't have any sort of inkling that she left and then batman knew she was crazy or she couldn't get help in sanctuary or she did or whatever well we don't have any inkling no, about well, anything the that really this is the sanctuary. problem is you're trying to have joshua williamson write a story on a foundation of sand you don't have anything to build on you can't that. do that that's, i heard that's what i heard of dr phil <laughs> he, he has he's trying and i'm telling you he's trying his best I'm not a big fan of this issue. I, I think that this issue has some things that I do like, but it does feel it's like it's just trying to, okay, I, Tom King says, I'm not going to be around. Hey, can you kind of get some things in order here that then I won't have to deal with it later? Just do that here. You know, have this unsolved case that you're claiming and go with. But it, it doesn't it doesn't ring true to me for what we had with Claire at the beginning. I like this issue more than we had in the last yeah, issue that because, we had, though. Like the whole idea where they are working together and moving, trying to, you know – like we talked about this beforehand, the idea that B- Batman and Flash, they are colleagues, you know, friends to a degree in the Just League. They have this major rift between them right now, and they're both tr- like, yeah, but to me, this left from the last cliffhanger to here seems like months have gone by and they've they've solved their deal it's not even at the beginning they're they're at the beginning they seem to just be buddy buddy then they kind of go about it like talking and things like that about like man he's still a little upset at me and things like that i just i think that there's a lot of nothing here and the idea that they're trying to change because i really do think that this is going to point out that bane was the one that gave him the powers in the first place that doesn't make sense it it doesn't make sense in all around like we we have a figure in here who who is holding a vial of yeah. super venom? It's called at, with Claire there behind, but he's all shadow out except for the deep red eyes. Who could this character be? Do you yeah, have any Bane. idea? Like, do you have any it's guesses? Bane. Yeah, you think that's Bane because I don't know. It didn't look no, like it, Bane. There's to only me two characters it, and, could uh, be. It's either Bane or it's Darkseid. Uh, to me, there's no other two that have that. I even looked at <laughs> recently. They've been drawing Bane with glowing red eyes, and he has the straps right where they'd be. You have those. I know that they're trying to not show, so it could be something else. Uh, but right. it just seems like it's Bane. It, it just does. Well, I'm saying the Bane is the yeah. obvious choice because we are dealing with Venom. We did see at the end of issue number 50 of Batman, you know, Claire standing with Bane. I just think his that they don't want to have whole- Bane being seen in a book that's not written by Tom King right now. So he's kind of – but I'm telling you, <laughs> it could be dark side. It looks crazy, but – 
Oh, I'm telling you, that's up to he looks yeah. like Darkseid. I look, the, like the, the straps, size of though, stuff the like straps that. and stuff do look a lot uh-huh. like how they position them in the last time we saw Bane. It's just come to even though, like, you have the red yeah. glowing eyes, it looks like gray skin. I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's I actually, side. it's so funny. Like, he should be it's off so in the ghost funny sector. because it it's, looks like it's obvious that it would be like a red herring that, oh man, that's Bane, and then it's not. Right. I actually think that they're trying yeah. to fool you into thinking it's Darkseid, and then they'll reveal it was Bane. I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> There's no possible but way it could Venom. be dark side that no, doesn't make any Venom. sense at all. It's yeah. there, and I do think that that's what we're going to see is what gave them their powers, is Super Venom. And that doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem no, what that we does had. not feel right at and all. And that's where I'm worried about that. Especially since we've never heard of Super Venom no. before this. Now, there was the idea kicking around, you know, like Hugo Strange wanted Venom, yeah. in, you know, in exchange for the uh, Medusa mask for Bane kind of thing, and the stuff that he was working on with the, uh, the Monster Men. That's the whole yeah. With Hugo Strange and Bane. And like, I don't think it was this super venom though, but the even the idea that we have the clones of Hank, it seems like that's what they're all working on. Like, all right, we just even and saw this, this and, in yeah. comics. So, you know, where's the Hugo Strange connection with this yeah, as and well? And this dead Hank is not dead. He's alive now. This super venom seems to be bringing him back to life, and then he's got clones of well, himself. That's the thing is, I, I don't I I don't think this Hank oh, is I the do. original Hank. They said at the one point where they had the uh the the uh the one that's been dead for a year. I think that's the original Hank that they based all the clones off of, but yeah, for some I actually reason think they're that not they living back you know, to life. the way they should. I actually think that this is the cl- – and they're making clones. And actually, I think that those clones are going to be a wraparound. In my mind, it seemed like those clones were going to be like those were the other people that tried to buy the powers, and it didn't work out. And that's why they say there's two open things. That was Claire and Gotham Girl who came out. They were fine. The rest of these things didn't work out. And they are dead and that one even tried to get out and now it's a skeleton and stuff like that. Uh, I think that that's what they're getting at, that this was where they were either made or, or got their powers through this venom and stuff. Which is weird for that to be the case because they did have I parents know. that they did know and that were murdered because what's what was yeah. going on. So the idea that they were created but Remember they went off this, to get powers. They did the go Hank off to get pa- powers. Yeah. I think that they are the original Claire and Hank but then they're making clones or these are you know, you see these and they're like Wayne Tech, they're they're all dead. I it might be other people. I know that they do look like you know the one has long hair and stuff like that, but I'm not even mm-hmm. sure that these are just other people that tried to buy powers and it didn't work out. That they burned out or it didn't work, and the one tried to get out. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on. I think that that's what they're trying to go with, but they're going that. Claire is just crazy. She has a, you know, she has a crazy stalker room of the Justice League. She has all that because what (laughs) happens is they do use, you know, a little bit of detective work and end up going off to this island where there's a castle and they end up. Which I didn't like at first because it did seem way too quick for what yeah. was going on. Yeah, these are two smart detective guys. But by the end, when you do realize that this whole thing was a setup to trap yeah. both Batman and the Flash, I mean, okay, it was supposed to be yeah. easy. But like, it, I, I was okay with it by the end. But at first, I was having a real problem. Like, man, they, they really just figured out there was this weird Caribbean yeah. island out yeah. of nowhere. And, you know, Claire shows up and she's like, hey, what's going on? She has that crazy. It just looks like it looks like Venom with like, uh, you know, sour milk in it you know like, like crap in my mind it looks like the mutagen from yeah, teenage mutant ninja turtles crazy, too but yeah she's got that she's putting it in and she's trying to get things to work uh and then these clones do come to life and they start and they look like you know a lot of hanks and stuff like that then uh but they go yeah. and tag which is weird too because like you know the idea of clones or maybe or there are other, other people, people because 
I would I would like to think they were all clones of stuff like that. But why would the one Gotham girl clone in, in my you know theory of the whole thing? Why would she have pinkish? I know. Well, that's hair? what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if really it maybe just off. that they're. Uh, but she, I like the wraparound here. She is doing this. She's lonely. She doesn't have partners. She wants yeah. a partner, so she's making her own Justice League. Now, I'm <laughs> shocked that she isn't really making a Justice League. I'm actually shocked that they didn't have like one of them look like Wonder Woman and one of them because she is so obsessed with the Justice League. Um, but in the meantime, you know, they're fighting it out. Now, and uh, what do you what do you think this thing means here? Where she started like, so when I was offered a deal, destroy the Flash Museum and get resources to create my own partners, it was hard to turn that like what resources. I think it was, was that venom. I think it's the, the venom. Museum? I think that they just wanted you, you had them going and she destroyed. You thought it was the super? No, venom I think that, that she said a deal. I think somebody gave her that to go and destroy right. the Flash Museum. I think that it was just like you go destroy the Flash Museum. I'll give you this. Okay, so it was yeah, okay. So I okay, I didn't. I didn't yeah, mean it like I that. Okay, th- I actually that think that's way more. I'm thinking, like, you know, and you can only, you can only, that's that the problem museum. with all this stuff. You can only assume that everything that's behind the scenes is always Bane. So, you know, that you, you just guess that because, Venom, so, yeah, you and say, I'm telling huh? you, yeah, you have, <laughs> but it may not just be that easy. It might be Hugo. It might be, but it's all coming right. from Bane. But yeah, I think. Well, when you have the clones and stuff like this, you uh, from what we've seen of Hugo Strange yeah. in this whole rebirth, you would think even that in this, he's you know, the one who got the like, venom and made it with Bane to make exactly. the super venom. You would you thought that right away, right? That's what I thought exactly. as well. Yeah. But yeah, even at the point where you have the best thing is is you have that sanctuary mask. And Claire was in Sanctuary. Now, I don't think that they would let you leave with those masks. But even if they did. Also, <laughs> the other thing that makes it crazy about this is we don't see those masks that much in the Heroes no. in Crisis. So that threw me off. I mean, we've seen it more here. But the idea that he's like, there's a there's a sanctuary mask here. Was, is Claire a god? No, no. That was planted here. And, and it is continuing the whole idea of Batman lying. But I, I wish Batman had been like, I don't know. She should have been. She should have checked it in. I don't understand why that it's that bad an idea that she was at one point at Sanctuary. Because, like I said, Batman himself was. So was Superman, Wonder Woman. All these characters were there. And he's making it seem like you're getting a little wink, wink that she might be the killer. Get to that then. And like you said, they're not going to reveal a killer in this book. But Absolutely not. And if they do, it's the most all you have to do is if this is the time. case, you like she was insane. Do you think she's a killer? And Batman's like, listen, she she a baddie, but no, no, I've ruled out. There's no, you know, <laughs> you, she's I, no I'll way you, the killer. The, Just say that then. And the weirdest part about this whole thing, if they actually oh, did for crazy, some reason right? reveal that Gotham girl, I think I just have to sit back. Yeah, I would too. I'd be you like, you know it. what? You got balls. <laughs> <That's it. You laughs> and, and here's the thing is, are they playing with the idea? Because again, it has to be somebody strong and fast. That's Claire. And, you know, you could even go with the idea that there's Claire. You get a little wig on her and a little makeup. She looks like Harley. You you can have her be doing that as well. And then you have the whole deal. Now, again, would this be... She puts on a vibe. She's got that little quaffed of blonde hair. Booster, Booster gold. gold. She would. She's got that. <laughs> now, with, with this, and even when she's like too slow when she's putting that to, she even looks like Booster. Now that you say that, but here's the thing is you have this Heroes in Crisis. You have this hundred and whatever, you know, his hundred issue run or whatever. You have Joshua Williams right. jumps in. Would that get you angry 
that the heroes in crisis was only there to wrap around to include to make his Bane story bigger. With, with Matt, I wouldn't be Dude, clapping. I, I've then. been thinking that ever since the beginning of Heroes in Crisis. Yeah. Honestly, everything in my mind that he is doing is all a it's part all, of this big Batman story because yeah, that's all he yeah, cares about. Yeah. It, it, I wouldn't like that. But if if it ended up just Claire, <laughs> it would be funny. You'd, you'd have to say they had balls. That, that would be one thing. But yeah, at, at the not only that, not only that, that you get there. If that was the case, the most outlandish case of, but if that was the case. It happens at a tie-in written by a yeah, different with writer. with a different writer. Now, again, you <laughs> did have – it's so funny with people go back and the whole setup of, say, the Thomas Wayne, uh, Flashpoint Thomas Wayne. It, it wasn't an issue written by Joshua Williamson because t- Tom King only wrote that first issue of yeah. the button. He didn't write the <laughs> – Thomas Wayne, boom. I mean, it, you have to applaud Joshua Williamson because he's done more for this whole run of Batman. And, and this is the Flash, but we're, it's still the Batman deal. Yeah. It, it, he's done all the legwork, it seems. It's so much nonsense. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, even getting back to this whole thing of you know Gotham and Gotham Girl and their powers and how everything's going to play out, this is what I have been looking forward to in the Batman series, and we're getting it yeah. from a different writer. It's the craziest guy yeah, just, I just worry. I worry that this is – because we're seeing Claire and because we're getting all this, I I have a feeling that they're not long for this world. I have a feeling that this – You say that I have about a feeling everybody. that this is like, okay, let's get a lot of Claire here so we can get rid of her because she don't make sense. She doesn't make sense. No, she, I agree. She really I is, agree. She needs yeah, to be gone yeah, after she's all She's an this. anomaly in this whole run about how to – And she keeps using yeah, her How powers. to wrap her in with the idea that she's with Bane does not make sense. So I think that they're going like, to force just it Just imagine get out. this whole thing. Just imagine this whole thing. Hank overextended himself in the beginning of yeah. Rebirth in the Batman home thing. We're to the point where he died. She was fighting him at full strength as well to try to stop him. Okay, look, you, you've overexerted yourself. I don't want you to die. You can't use your yeah. powers anymore. Here she is fighting Batman and the Flash, full powers. I'm like, she's yeah, just going to burn and out you know just what? like the, Hank. The problem is, is I what I also really liked about that early run, and it's Tom King says he hated that story. Uh, what I really I know, liked it about me. it was you also had had that little caveat thrown in that they can adjust their power level to fight for a lifetime yeah. as a strong guy or fight for an hour as a god. And that's what ha- well, I'm trying to think what's less than that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, because we even saw them <laughs> having problem with Solomon Grundy. And then the next time they didn't, right. and it was explained, and uh, it seemed very clever. And, and then worked. at the point where yeah. – I, I just want to bring this up because at the point when Hank died, who is Gotham? If, if we haven't spelled it out, right. Gotham's name is Hank. Um, Claire was fighting him, and I swear to God, I still go by that she killed him. Remember, we had that whole argument about who killed him and stuff. Oh, I remember. But it was – but me it, up the thing nights. was it was spelled out later. That it was his powers. He burned out. But it, mm-hmm. even with that, that was when he was fighting the Justice League. He had to up his powers. But yet here, you don't even get that. I wish that you got a remembrance of that. Like a little bit of a, hey, Claire, I know you're you're holding back. That's good because you're going to die. Or Claire, you have to hold back. <laughs> or please, thank God, yeah, you're yeah, holding back. Yeah, you're exactly. But, me. you know, she could legitimately turn into a goddess right now and just put her fist right through Batman's head. Now, that's what worries me. You have these clones, and this is why I bring it up. You have these clones. If they're clones or other people or whatever, they may not know that, and I would guess that they would go full power just 
kill both Flash and Batman and then die. Why I know. Yeah. It's so weird. But yeah, it ends with... But I doubt that's a part of Bane's plan no, no, at this point. No, and I point. doubt that they're, we're even going to reference that again. It's just powers kill, fire, bad. Uh, but we end with basically <laughs> these these others are a diversion. Yeah. She has, you know, all right, here we go. Boom, it's a diversion. Now that you're here, stuck here, that seems to have been the plan to get them as, as a diversion. Claire flies off to go cause mayhem and, and whatnot. Well, we don't know what it'll be. Well, that's the whole thing. is like Central City PD will learn that next. So she's this is a diversion so she can go, it seems, to attack Central City PD. I'm like, what yeah. did the Flash do that you're pissed off at I Central City? I don't know. I did the Flash. It, here's the thing. The Flash, it, he, he's guilty of knowing Batman. That's all it seems. <laughs> at one point, I... I said that they were getting flashed there because they needed his spark. You know, if he ran by him, the Speed Force spark would have been the thing to reanimate uh, Hank. That doesn't seem to be the case. I'm also upset because Claire is either. Do you think she's fixing those toys or is she ripping them apart, Eric? What are you she talking has about? All the, she has action figures laying on the oh, floor. No, she's And totally Batman's head, she's ripping them apart. She's yeah, not she's trying to repair them. them. She's a psychopath, Jim. Superman's missing a leg. And, uh, you know, Batman's missing a head and an arm. And, and uh, lower torso for Robin there. Uh, but, yeah. I heard Skeletor also, cut it off. She also might have, uh, you know, Superman and Green Lantern. Uh, I don't know if those are pillows or something. I, I don't know. But, yeah, there you go. She's, she's drawing pictures and stuff. She's quite the artiste. Uh, but... But what would you get? Now, us? actually, that's one thing you talked about, the idea of our, like, you know, using the detective work. Because I thought that initial one was a little off. But when we do get to the psychopath room where all the stuff's on the wall, Flash is talking about looking at the, like, you know, the colored pencil pictures that she drew of her yeah. costume and of herself. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if she did this yesterday. Actually, I don't know yeah, if she did it as a child. We- but the whole idea where he looks at this and thinks back on Wally when he first became Kid Flash and how he had to help him with his costume and how yeah. Batman, you had to help all the Robins with theirs. Well, well Alfred did it. But yeah, who did the idea, for them? Who helped them? Yeah. That was a cool little thing. I'm like, I want to know more about this. I actually, I'm telling you, I like this issue more than last issue. I like the interaction between Flash and uh, Batman because you're going to have to have that sanctuary talk, the bad things that we know we're dealing with right now. I thought it was handled yeah. here well in both the Batman voice of the narration and the Flash voice. I just wish we had more of an idea like this does mean something overall, except for just trying to force that goddamn sanctuary yeah, connection. It's a little over top, but I would give this a seven out of 10 because I also love the art. Yeah, I'm going six, five. And I, I'll, I'll give uh, Joshua Williams some props here in that, you know, the, uh, the, the room with all the pictures and things like that, where he does see that. And we kind of glanced over that where he does say, and that's the clue to try to figure yeah. out, okay, who was the one? The problem is though, we, we already know that they bought their powers right. and there's two of them. You, you could kind of say like, eh, I think they might've made their costumes with each other Pretty nice because costumes. it was a brother. Yeah. I, it was I a brother. You and, and, make a, costumes, and a, see how they turn out. But, but the, the, this is the problem, though. Remember how these powers, it came about. What what was the, how did they get them? Do you remember how they explained to Batman how they got them? No, because I just remember them I going do. and buying them. Yeah, exactly. They said that they spent a lot of money. Oh, yeah. I think they could afford a costume. Not after well, that, <laughs> if, if they're going to do that. Plus, plus the well, that plus the idea that they went to get powers to become superheroes. You know what I mean? This is not Wally, who's like, oh no, I it, it, this happened, and I'm this. It, this was a planned out 
thing. Right. A lot of these others just kind of come about doing it because of a disaster, because they end up getting thrown in the fire. These were kids who wanted to be superheroes and planned it out. And it does look like the costume always was a combination of, say, a Batman and a Superman costume, which makes well, sense. That's the thing is, I don't and, know if uh, she drew this as a kid or if she drew this last week because she's a psychopath. Yeah, yeah. Well, it makes it look like it's an older deal, but I'd you know what so. I mean? If if me and you are going to all of a sudden a vat of acid spills on us and we become superheroes, yeah, no, then no, we might need somebody to kind of guide us. If we sit here and plan for, you know, pretty much our whole gig cuz the idea of this also you was You want to see my costume? Claire, and remember the other thing too. We have to also remember that at the beginning Gotham was the one it was all through him. Oh yeah. Gotham girl was there for the ride. And they referenced she, that she a really bit. really wasn't yeah, she wasn't really involved at all. She just wanted to do. But what I'm saying is I think that her brother and I really do think that when we and I'll have to go look back because now that we're talking, thought that we even saw in flashbacks as kids, they were drawing costumes and Maybe. stuff. I, I don't know if that's in my head. I'd have to look. But yeah, the idea that somebody had to make the costumes for him, it doesn't bring true to me that much. But I did like what I was getting at before that, though, the the conversation that he has in his head with him and Wally it's not a victory lap. It's very subtle. It's not shoved in your face. Some people may not even know that that's Wally. I know. I mean, it's very, it's very, very subtle. And usually well, we don't get that subtlety with things about. like that. That's the thing I like mo- the most about yeah, this I whole like thing. That. Because last issue, it was all up in your face where Batman's having hallucinations of Captain, yep. you know, Commander no, Steel. This is like, a lot better. Done so much better here. Yeah, this is bad. Now, again, Flash looks and sees the costume, Claire's costume. And then also by next to it wasn't just Claire's costume, no. but it was also Kid, Kid Flash. Flash. Yeah. And he, he pounds the, the thing. Ah! <laughs> but then when he's talking about it, it's not like, Wally, you know, yelling. There might be people who are like, why is he talking about Wallace and his thing? He's the kid. <laughs> It'd be funny. But I thought that that was done very well. So I'll, I'll give I'll give Joshua Williamson credit. And because of that, I will raise my score to a 6-6. Six, six. Oh, nice. You, you, you made me get a little more positive, but we'll move <laughs> on. Little, to, a smidge. Yeah. Six six. It's, it, this isn't bad. No, it's just the problem is is through the whole thing, you just keep being reminded that he is here to fill in the blanks of stories that already should have been filled in. That that's my biggest problem. That's not Joshua Williamson's fault, but it is a fault of the story, and it's a fault of this whole. Now, Batman who's going to fill in for Joshua Williamson to fill in the holes in his story in Flash? Nobody. <laughs> Tom King, maybe. But yeah, yeah, we need to know what, what these new forces are. Uh, you know, maybe Gremlins. somebody will fill us in on those. Yeah, really. Uh, but yeah, he is doing a pretty good job for what he has been given. He he, did, he hasn't been given much. So yeah, I'll go with that. But we'll move on to the next book. All right. What is the next book, Eric? Next book is Titans number 34, written by Dan Abner with art by Bruno Redondo, Marcelo Mael, and Dave Sharp. Mother Blood wants to use Unearth as a gateway to enter the bleed so that she can affect everyone in the multiverse with her source wall red energy. Yeah, it's very convoluted, but maybe this is the issue that will turn everything around and show us that this has been an interesting story from the start. Let's discuss. (laughs) Will it? It's, it's going to show us that. Is I that said what you're, maybe. You're Let's guessing. Discuss. This is this is like me at the beginning of my reviews. That's like, exactly you know, what this I, was. I haven't really liked this with that, no, but you know, I like this. So let's find out. Yeah, I already know. Yeah, I've yeah. already well, we set that up. Yeah. So here we go. Uh, yeah, we're coming to the end of Titans, and yeah, the book that uh, the most that important you thought was book. the most important one. Uh, the problem is, is it's not totally Dan Abnett's fault. It really isn't. This no. book 
it is messed up uh, once everything happened. I mean, you had a couple of the people who were involved dead. You have a guy who can't remember his, you know, memories. So you're throwing it together. The also the other thing that I think we have to realize too is a book that comes back with just the sole purpose to kind of go on the coattails of the Justice source League, wall yeah. energy Justice League, it's not going to work out. That's not a long-term plan. And depending on how, and that that's just behind the scenes, just imagine, and I think maybe this could be something that happened, is as the Justice League book evolves, changes, switches up stories, because things do happen yeah. like that, it throws a wrench into this book. This book is left in its wake. It's it's almost like you have Supergirl, which is really was dealing with Rogozar, and then all of a sudden Rogozar kind of gets shoved to the back. At the same time, it seems that Brian Michael Bendis has pushed Rogozar to the back, and I think that's a problem when you have a book that is so reliant on another major book you're going to run into problems. And I think both of the books suffer. I think this book definitely suffers well, this, with not I, even just the source wall energy, but also Wally's dead. You have, uh, you know, Rick Grayson. I mean, these were the Titans. Now, well, all of a sudden, not the only Titans that, are- it's like everything is dealing with the source wall energy problem from Justice League, you know, going forward. You know, we have Justice League Dark, Justice League Odyssey and Titans. These are the books that are most closely affected by the source wall deal. Yeah. They don't really seem to jive all that much. Even when we talk about Just League Dark later and the idea that Naboo wants to destroy the sphere of the gods, I'm like, yeah, you're going to take out Olympus, are you? Well, I've already kind of seen that go. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, that's you know, the problem. This everybody is the problem keeps where- like, you know, wanting to re-destroy Olympus. I'm like, did we ever get it back? And And the source wall energy that you're going with – that, you know, now that they tried to fix the source wall and Perpetua's out and about, I don't know if this book continued what that even means for the source wall yeah. energy. Uh, while this is going on, you would and think it that if like you're when a- Perpetua came out, that destroyed a, like, you know, New Genesis and Apocalypse. See, there's two yeah, other things yeah. in the sphere of the gods. Yeah. So, and, but I'm even saying just this book that's right. dealing with just source wall energy. There's bigger fish to fry now, but yet you base this book on just the source wall energy anomalies. Let's go and whatever. It, it's very limited. It, it was a very limited it's so scope. Funny I to think. me too, because the thing that we're dealing with, I thought was the least exciting aspect of that source wall energy. This guy well, who created the a thing. world, and I'm like, this is all we're dealing with anymore. And, and this is this reminds me a lot of when we went back to Kid Amazo and the Super Sons exactly. book. You're like, really? You're going back to that? Like that didn't hit when it happened. And and yeah, this whole unearth, it's nonsense. It is nonsense. And even uh, you reading this, something didn't strike right to you. And no. you went back to check out the deal. And before we even go, you can tell people what it is. Well, and the creator, why this Ernest, make the whole thing sense. is he has this power, he says, because he was affected by the source of energy that created unearth. The problem is by the end of that introductory issue, Miss Martian took the energy out of his mind. So we couldn't yep. do these things. But all of a sudden, it's yeah, back. He couldn't he do it power anymore. again. Yeah, now he has power because and they're trying himself to really, power. I don't know. Well, that's the thing. It's really trying to play that whole idea of the creator and yeah. you know, ooh, you know, the the imagination of the mind that comes and to life. And I, I but wish it, it's not that was the me. only problem. Because the whole thing is our Titans really this have nothing to do with this entire issue. The whole idea seems to be it's like, all right, Mother Blood, she's got a plan. It's kind of sketchy, this plan. we got to take some time and really flesh this out. But it really ends up her just saying things about the multiverse, yeah. the bleed, using Kyle Rayner and Natasha Steele as a means to do this. I'm like, they're, they're, we're just going to get the information because they're covered in red goo. And that, that's yeah, going to yeah. take the information. We're going to make a and, map. And, even, and I'm like, what? 
even with that, uh, like you said about, say, the Olympus going down right. and everything in the realms and whatever, we start off by, you know, Mother of Blood saying, hey, by the way, Kyle Rayner, you were the only one who ever went through the source <sighs> wall. And they'll be fine. I'm like, you just said in narration in the Justice League just a couple weeks ago that that, that wasn't the case, yeah. that they nobody had gone through. So, And that upset us then because Kyle did. And so we're just playing around. And this All is right, why- we're back to it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why earlier when Luke Hollywood had the mail about, you know, oh, don't throw shade. This isn't like the DCYOU. One of the main things we're going with is our idea of it being like the DCYOU story over continuity and the problem is that is a cool thing if you write the best stories ever told when you're writing crappy stories it doesn't hit as much so now your your story over continuity crappy story over continuity that doesn't hit and and with this i i only can imagine that obviously it's it's ending we know titans is ending uh you know while this was being written uh dan abnett knew it was ending this isn't something like he was just told so he is trying to wrap things up so he has decided in my mind okay unearth is going to be the best place where we can get rid of first off you have to merge raven at the end you have to re said everything so raven has to get her soul self back okay mother blood has the you know raven's soul Even self so the we'll get soul that. self raven part is so weird because they try to make this make sense oh she uh, you no. know, Tra- lord travesty took the raven's soul self because it was a way for him to stay on our world while making her go in his place kind of thing but then how did he get back here and the whole idea yeah. that we have the soul self and then we split it and somehow one half became a physical being that did not know it was like you are throwing a lot out here. Yeah, it's, it's no making idea up how stuff. you're doing. But the any other of thing, it. the other thing is Beast Boy. Beast Boy has Beast Boy. to be uh, set back to his normal deal because he is being He's affected ridiculous. by Source Wall energy. <laughs> They're gonna wipe this away. Beast Boy in this, and that's why I think that in you know the kind of the gears and cogs going in Dan Abnett's mind. This is why we're dealing so heavy with the red here, with Mother Blood in Unearth, so it doesn't affect anything else really. But this, I believe that this connection to the red is what's going to cure Beast Boy from all of his nonsense. Because in the meantime, he thinks he's going to die. He, he thinks that he is dying because of the source wall energy. Yeah. And I do think that the red connection, Mother Blood, all that is is to reset at the end. You know, Beast Boy, especially here, he, you know, you have on Beast Boy Unleashed. He's unleashed at the last page. I mean, I hate, I'm not a big cover guy. I'm not a guy who like, oh man, that spoiled this or that did that. But the cover being the cliffhanger of the issue to me is a lot of BS. But we're going to, let's go into the story. But really, there's not much. We, no, we talked about you, the major things really here. do but, yeah. nothing in the story at all. It is pretty much exposition by Mother Blood because you have to describe what she's doing because none of it yeah. makes sense. I'm going to read this line here just because I love the whole. Your friend Raven's soul self was taken as tribute by Travesty to allow him to stay in the prime world as soul in exchange for a soul according to the balancing laws of magic or some such not. Nonsense. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. What? You're even calling yeah, it nonsense. nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. And the whole, like, it was then easy to divide that soul self into the constituent parts. I'm like, was it? Was it? It's a goddamn yeah. physical being of this demonic half of Raven who is now called Lenore, who has no memory of being this Raven. I'm like, you are just doing girl. My girl. It's just, I don't know nonsense. what they're doing. And it, even the idea, it's yeah. like, okay, we're going to go off now because we've told you our Grandmaster plan. We're going to suck the minds of Kyle Rayner and Natasha Grandmaster Irons. Flash, did you say? No, I did not do that. Uh, <laughs> 
We're going to suck the minds I, I, of Kyle Rayner. I, I, I uh, threw a wrench into you there. I Natasha really got you Irons. That Grandmaster Flash. God, Grandmaster Flash. <laughs> yeah, we're sucking go. the minds to get this map so we can do what we're going to do. And then, oh, how are we going to stop this? Close your eyes, Natasha. We close our eyes, and then we're looking into the bleed. I'm like, even the red source into the bleed. I'm like, you are doing a lot of things. You're saying you're doing a lot of things. You're not explaining to me how you're doing. I don't know what the red is anymore. The red seems to be the most powerful thing in the universe because pretty much you say it can do something, it can do something. Yeah, yeah. And then a lot of the issue is involved with travesty and uh, maker Ernest. And I, I thought, it's funny, I just thought that this was Dan Abnett throwing shade at Marvel with all the things they do with Loki. With, oh, especially when it's like, <laughs> I get it, travesty slash Loki. I haven't properly written a character for you. You're just this. And I actually thought it was kind of shade being thrown of like, yeah, Loki's just a one trick pony that they keep bringing back over and over to do the one thing. Um, But yeah, with that, you know that when he stabs the maker, then you're like, okay, that kind of goes with what's going on. on. We actually deal with our Titans getting their asses kicked by the, you know, the hordes of unearth here. Man, the thing that pissed you off last issue, the idea that you could still stay in contact with Ben Rubel on Earth yeah. because they kept the door. I was like, Jim, they kept the door open. They explained it. Yeah. Here for yeah, some now, reason. Now they broke contact. Oh, yeah. we lost contact. I'm like, oh, yep. I guess none of this Makes ever sense. fucking matter. Things are just happening. And the other thing about it is you do have, like, again, I'm a big fantasy fan, right? I have fantasies in my head about a lot of things, Eric, some you don't want to know about. But I'm a big fan. For some reason, get all a- I heard was I'm a fan of sea fan. I'm like, what is sea fan? No, I'm a fan. Fantasy I got fan. you. I, I heard um, it so wrong. You don't get any scope of any sort of battle. The battle with the Titans here is so just thrown in there to have it. You have that once, like one panel where you see these huge golems and yeah. dragons and orcs. But wh- where are we getting that? Why? That's fun. That's stuff that's fun. Now I realize the book is winding down. You can't spend a lot of time, but Unearth itself should be the fun of like you love the Savage Lands, Eric. Do or, I? Or you know, <laughs> or Dinosaur Island. I but hate But that's fantasy the fun stuff. of it. This would be like going to Dinosaur it's Island like to and never World seeing a dinosaur. <laughs> but I mean, why do this? Why all you're doing is setting up a a dreamscape world where you could do whatever you want. And then don't do anything and then twist it into being something about the red through mother blood. And you got the travesties and you got the Lenores and you're going, hey, hey. and then by the end, then, Why like you, you said, like then you had you had this thing with Ben Rubel going on where he was able to read the book and give him hints. But when you don't want him to do that, you, the thing's cut. We don't know why. Nobody, Nobody seems to have cut it. No. Uh, it just ends up then. And then yeah, the maker realizes, again, in a very cliched with this type of story where you have the maker who realized oh no my creation it's turning against me it's not your fault though travesty i didn't write you well enough you were just a one-dimensional character he just says then it's like why would you let mother blood come in well that's to we want to get stronger here to not let anybody else in because it seems like you know ernest went in and said listen I, I'm I'm sick of this world. All this nonsense I see on Twitter. I, I see Jim over there arguing with that person and that person. It's pretty nonsense. Dancing Mike's mad at Jim. Everybody. Oh no! I, I want to get into this unearth and forget about those problems. This is my dream world. Let's not let anybody in. Let's just have our fun here. 
And then they ended up going against him and, oh, no, we did this to do that. No, you know, all this stuff going on. Uh, and then he gets stabbed in the back, literally, as the Titans are all getting the crap kicked out of them and things like that. And it's like one of those where when you have a story like, you know, we're getting sick of it in the Justice League right. when you have the, the darkest before the dawn. But it really shows the darkest before the dawn really doesn't work when you, you're not connected at all no. with the story. And, and, even then, the and that's thing, all you know, this is. Ernst is stabbed in the back and we're done with that bit. It seems like, all right, time to go back to the battlefield where our Titans are fighting for their lives against Lenore. Oh, they're doing not doing very good. Oh, what? Beast Boy looks like he's being affected by the red again. Beast Boy yeah. unleashed. You did nothing yeah. for me this book. What, you, what the heck did I even read this month? I'm like, yeah, I know. You, you're a monthly book and you do nothing issue after issue. And your big ideas of what you want to do, you don't explain. You just have them come out of nowhere and say, okay, we, at least we said it. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. So it ends with all that. And I just, you know, uh, I'm not that invested Beast anymore. Boy I think Unleashed, people will Jim, Come on. Yeah, I think people will bail because, yeah, it's so funny, too, because I thought the whole wraparound, because what we get is uh, Maker Ernest is like, hey, I made this world. I can have powers, which you said is both. That makes sense. They, no. they took the powers away before. I mean, even to the point where we never even found out really how they got there and all this stuff, because, again, we thought it was Ernest, you know, the maker who brought right. the mother blood. And that doesn't seem to be the case. He's saying, you know, who are these people? Whatever. But uh, with I don't that, understand how I th- travesty got back. I know. Well, I thought that this was just going to be one of those where he would start using this magic and it wouldn't affect Mother Blood because she's not part of the world. Okay, That's yeah, that makes sense. No. And then, yeah, yeah, at the end, you just have, have just Beast Boy. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Next bleed out. I feel like I'm bleeding out each page. Uh, what would you give this? I like the art in this issue and pretty much that's about it because while I do love seeing Kyle Rayner doing stuff, he's not doing stuff i'm talking he's here he's not doing anything none of the titans are doing anything and i did not care for any of the non-explanations that we got from mother blood so i ended up giving this a four out of ten it's weird um with this going bruno brandando is one of my favorites and i really like his art until there's some weird things going on and it's really when lenore attacks outsiders no more running in the name of unearth your lives end here and then you go down to this panel where raven i don't even know she i'm a boy a real boy she looks like and, and i don't who's that grandma that's in wonder you know that donna troy's outfit over there uh, so i think that maybe we're seeing a little bit of stuff kind of all right you gotta shove this in we gotta get this soul self back uh, because the story has to end soon and then even now, the next to page, get the soul uh, self kyle back, rayner looks weird to get the soul uh, self that? back do we have to do things like some kind of magical incantation do we actually have to kill Kill Lenore so that know. soul can leave the body to enter the other soul self. I guess we'll I don't find know the rules. Out. I may. Yeah, hopefully. I don't know the rules either. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I'm going to give it a, a 4.5. Uh, that's because I like positive bastard. Yeah, yeah, four point five. <laughs> that's positive. But uh, overall, our score, even if you throw away the score and not even listen to that, just this book doesn't mean anything, and no. it's just going to. It's, it's very just, underwhelming. Yeah, it's underwhelming all the way to the end now. You see that this a is not a big thing. At one yeah. point, was the most important book in the DC universe. It just, like I said, it got, it got ran screwed. Into the ground. It got screwed all over the place, not just from Dan Abnett. Dan no. Abnett, the story was always kind of generic throughout. And I really thought that one of the things was when it stopped. 
and then came back. I wish they would have changed up the writers like they did Teen Titans because the book really wasn't going anywhere with the no. main characters in it. When Wally was on you and when Troy, Grayson, Abracadabra, you didn't yeah, have a lot yeah. going on with that whole Titans no, that, thing. And that's the problem is the Abracadabra thing I think is not even a thing anymore. So that kind of got wiped away and whatever. But yeah, 4.5. But we're going to move on to a next book that I know that you were disappointed with as well. Very disappointed. My last year's book of the year, Red Hood Outlaw, number 31, written by Scott Liddell with art by Pete Woods, Rec- the coolest name ever, Rex Locus, and Troy Pateri. We've had a lot of questions about Solitary and how he plays into the formation of this iteration of the Outlaws. And ever since Roy's last appearance, we've had questions about the criminal organization known as Underlife. Let's see if these blank spots are filled in or quickly slipped under the rug. <laughs> You set that one up, definitely. That was like, you're like, I'm going to throw it right over the plate. It's just going to be a fastball. I mean, you are setting me up the club because, boy, this was swept. That You have a – this is what happens a lot of times with a lot of the books that we've had uh, recently in Rebirth and things like that. That has been driving me nuts where you have a long-form story. It's going yeah. on, and at point seems like – Things are kind of treading water a bit, being left aside, not getting the when full When are we going to see solitary again? That and was then interesting. all of a sudden they punch you right in the face with it, and it doesn't fit. It no. doesn't seem to fit at points. And I know Anthony Jackson, he likes it more than me and you. Yeah. I'm a little more positive than you, uh, only, again, because I, I do like the art. Me as well. I, I also like that Jason has come up with this new ability. I don't know if they a- actually – has this made a lot of waves on the internet or anything? Because he definitely can materialize crowbar. a crowbar out of nowhere. <laughs> there are times where he's running down a hall, and then the next panel, there's just a crowbar there that he throws – and it's, it leaves his possession. Two panels later, it's back again when he's hitting somebody else with it. Then it gets stuck somewhere. He's running. He falls down. I'm actually, I, I'm watching the progression of no crowbar, crowbar that we yeah. have going on as I'm paging It through. is crazy. They, first <laughs> off, oh, no. number the one. man showed up. Crowbar back. Yeah, crowbar back. I'm telling you, it is a new weapon type of superpower. He is superpowered. And when are we going to get rid of the idea that Jason Todd is crowbar man. We don't need that. He, he uh, it, it, it to me, a crowbar should be like a gun to Bruce Wayne. He should not want the crowbar. It material. He just, should drop that thing. I'm just looking at the new design of Red Hood, seeing all the other angles. I don't know if I've ever noticed the whole thing where he does have a like a crisscross sword sheath on his back, and you know he has yeah. a sword in the one. I don't know if he's able to put the crowbar, crowbar. in the other, but. Why doesn't he ever use the sword that's sitting no, there? No, it's crowbar. It's He's crowbar. go-to crowbar guy. <laughs> I'm telling you, you, you need him to fight off a villain or open a crate. You call Red Hood. He'll be able to do both, Eric. He'll be able to do both with ease. I, we, I, I use, I do a couple things where I do need oh, a yeah. crowbar at hey, work. Make it great. Open a crate. Call Red Hood. Yeah, yeah, I need an app that I can call Red Hood and come open some crates for me because I don't like doing it. I no. have the pain in the butt. Uh, but yeah, you're going here and. You have Solitary. Solitary, the leader of Underlife. Not only that, but Solitary, the man that we know behind the scenes is the father of Jason Todd, or at least claims to be the man who has said to us before to Smarty Pants Bizarro that he put together the Outlaws, Bizarro, Artemis, Jason. He put them all together for some reason. And also after Roy's death, we find out, oh, my God, he's also the leader of this criminal organization known as Underlife. Yeah. Which we really don't know anything about. Don't know about. anything about. You, That's my biggest that, problem. We had the annual, I believe it was, of Susie Sue, who was a part of it, I believe. Yeah. And then we had, we went yeah, to it was Appleton. With Roy. Where, 
Exactly. We had Appleton, that town that was taken over yeah. by Underlife. I don't know why they were, but they were doing stuff with Mondays. Oh, Mondays. They yeah, we didn't kids, really see remember? those. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm trying to figure out yeah. why they needed oh, this I town, though. I know. Because oh, we're yeah. doing I stuff with Mondays. Why they were doing no. it. Yeah, they, the Mondays. And, and the Mondays, yeah. the Solomon Grundy mutated clone things, we saw yep. them once, twice maybe, yeah. and that's about three it. Three times a Monday. I wish it was three times a Monday. Three times a Monday. I'm like, yeah, this, uh, this criminal organization that is worldwide, that is feared by all of these criminals, yeah, I've it, never it heard just, of before, and, and there's only been two be instances. It, right? And now it's we're done. Over. We've gone yeah. to the headquarters, the leader solitary, and we have shut down what appears to be the headquarters in this old prison in Mexico, and I don't understand what he was I mean, doing at I, all I'm here. I'm telling you one thing. I believe that maybe... This is a reaction, maybe to the sales are going down. Yeah. Uh, maybe the whole deal because it, they're going back to Gotham. This was something that he wasn't supposed to do. He was supposed to go out on his own. He's going to do this underlife, especially to, to bring it down for Roy. Yeah. And I don't do think it for that, Roy. you know. I have a feeling that they're like, yeah, this isn't hitting. And I do think that maybe we're seeing a beginning of an end to this. Program. I even think I the costume's going to gonna change back. Well, I hate to say it. I think it's, yeah, I think it's going to be canceled. I think that they want to get back. They don't want this book to be canceled with Roy, you know, south of the border, Mexico way uh, doing Jason. this stuff. I actually <laughs> think that maybe Jason, I mean, yeah, I, I think that they, uh, maybe it's, it's going down. Now in this, we did get a, a new story out, a rumor out today that came out and saying that DC wanted to tighten up the ship, that they're going to only have a certain amount of books a month, and right. it's going to be a lot less. Unfortunately, this would be one of those that would get the axe. I mean, my we book love of the it. year, you think yeah, would we get love the chopping it. book? I mean, we <laughs> love Jason Todd combined. I mean, if you go through. It's my favorite well, that's and I'm telling you, if you try to get an amalgam, if you go and me and you get all these uh, stats going and, and we rate all the characters, all this, Jason Todd may be our combined number one character. He Maybe, may, yeah. he might be one or two or three. We're we're gonna have like a guy Gardner is gonna somehow be up there. Kyle like I said, Rayner. it's not it's not. But I don't like Kyle that I know, much. I'm, I'm just saying, saying I'm me to and you both. <laughs> yes, me and you both like Jason Todd sure a lot. So I think that he might be our number one. And so I want him to have a book. I'd You're love him to have one. a book. Oh, thank you. You're my number two. You're Aww. my deuce is Aww. how I like to I say don't like it. it. Yeah. So you have it here. And I think that we had, again, here, here you go. You want to go back to Luke Hollywood's email Let's earlier? Let's talk about the DC Tell YOU. Tell about it. This is what I'm going to say. We're, we're having a thing that I didn't really think much about either, where a lot of these books, like the DCYOU, you got hit with too many changes right at one point. You have Red Hood, who has a new costume. He's not allowed in Gotham. You have Dick Grayson, who's now Rick Grayson. He Amnesiatic, doesn't remember being yeah. Nightman. You have, uh, you know, who else? Aquaman. You have Damien. Amnesiatic Aquaman doesn't have his memory. Yeah. You have even da Damien, who has a, a, you know, a torture deal <laughs> underneath. Like, stuff like that. Like, this is part of the deal where they are doing too much changes Brian and Michael things Bendis like that. Superman's. Yeah, and, and with this, though, also, you have, you don't have the Trinity anymore. That was what everybody liked. So a lot of things changed in a time where I don't know they needed to, right? When you think about this book and you think about the idea that Arnimus and Bizarro are out. Yes, I said that I was worried that Going forward, down the line, you might run into some problems with, you know, ongoing stories with the three of them. The problem is when they left the book, we still really had only scratched the surface of yeah. what you could do with Bizarro and Artemis. And now they're gone. And this is the best is you have Solitary who did start that that team, it seems. He Supposedly. sets them up, he says. 
He, I don't, he's I don't also see set, it here, but he's also he set up the next team too. Because oh, yeah. if it is Bunker and Wingman, and it's all because of and Solitary, even Wingman, and I swear to God. It feels yeah. so odd, even Wingman being here, because he just showed up a couple issues ago and said, you know, I need you. Batman's not doing stuff right in Gotham. We need you yeah. back to get you know, back to your Red Hood business. And we never got an idea of who this Wingman is, what his connection to Batman or anything is, because this is supposedly a new Wingman. Maybe it's the old one who was supposedly dead. We don't know anything about it. By no. the end, we just see it's a you know a heavy set looking old guy who like people are thinking might be Thomas Wayne in disguise. Who knows though? Yeah. It's just a weird thing because we have Bunker here. The idea that Bunker is being held by solitary, which we're told, oh, it's going to help me control the control Mondays. The Mondays. Like, are you feeding them construct bricks? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, with I said, Bunker what, to what help are you doing? The Mondays, the, making little mazes that they run through to get to where you want them to go. I mean, that's what Bunker would do. All I could think I, about I was Bunker, like what but, we had in, I think, what was it? The White Knight with the clay faces where you have little dust yeah. particles people eat or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. Like, all right, we're going to have little construct bricks. But we never saw these end nothing. up being bricks. I would have liked it at one point if uh, one of the Mondays got hit and shattered into bricks, but no, no. And, no. and and this whole solitary, we get this background with him because then Bunker ends up and you have that classic like we were laughing at this week of the you missed when he threw he throws, of course, a, a crowbar yeah. and it, it goes past solitary. But then it breaks out Bunker. He's like, I don't think that I think that's a prison. It's a cage and you're scared to death of Bunker. And then, yeah, you have just fights going on. You end up with uh, Bunker kind of going, hey, I know about you. Red Robin told me all about you we dealt with you dude. during the death of the family stuff which yeah, was a yeah. cool callback like, all right we got you there but that's when you have uh solitary run away and now the mysteriously appearing dog that we had before yeah. now get oh. the scent girl go get it <laughs> right Woo! i'm like well what this dog and well, you go back that- the idea that we now have the freaking – we have figured out now what Solitary's power is because we were always confused – like not confused, but we were concerned or just wanted to know ever since we had Smarty Pants Bizarro and it seemed that Solitary was just able to lay him out and make him forget everything that ever happened like with their conversation. Like, wow, what is his power set? This guy's got to be powerful. He can put Smarty Pants Bizarro on his ass. He controls perception. And his yeah. word is law, and he just creates reality. And what's that's you know, why he's solitary because his his vision is the only one that matters. I'm like, right. that seems, I said that seems forced. Then I just, that seems like you got solitary I, I, and tried to make up a new idea deal. Idea that's like you know I'm Willis Todd, I'm your father, and I started Underlife so you would have an empire to take over after me. I'm yeah. like, this is all out of the blue kind of thing. You yeah. might say that. That this might be your inspiration, wrap up. I don't know anything about Underlife. You've told no. me about Mondays. There's a bunker over there. You got three faces. You got a weird like experiment. Even the whole idea where we had the backstory before where Artemis was brought in to slaughter all of these prisoners that were part of this experiment. He was the only success case, it seems like, but he went out in the desert and it didn't kill him. It made him stronger. You know, mm-hmm. I was fused with three, like two prisoners. I'm like, Okay, I guess I can yeah. kind of see that from that flashback one panel in the I background of you one talking. Panel, but where did we get that in anything that he's done or said yeah. or seen or whatever? I mean, even make it so that there's three different faces at least, or make him have some of the you know they all of a sudden he's talking and he talks. Yeah, I don't. I, they're not. They're not really. And <laughs> and with that, why not? Why aren't they talking to each other? Why hasn't he set this up with like a, yeah. hey, uh, I'm going to go here. You don't want to go there. Hey, me too, boss. You know, something like that. <laughs> and, and, you know, crap like that. The and you don't, you never got stooges. that. Yeah, that's all it is. It's the one stooge now. <laughs> and uh, so he's just telling, it's just 
told. It's just told to us. Oh, yeah. It, I'm nothing you. makes we, sense. It's just thrown in there. And, and then, then at the end, yeah. And Bunker's well, just going to bring the worst the, is. Okay, go ahead and tell me. Tell me all about it. No, I'm saying the worst is is that then you don't even know what's going on because no. he tries to get that the the tattoo and it's not there. No. So then you're like, oh well. To prove that he's not Willis Todd, Red Hood rips his sleeve off because Willis Todd, his father, had a tattoo of Batman symbol put on because it was like a a mark of you know the fight that he had with Batman that he walked away from. Yeah, that so, was his big thing in exactly. life. Exactly. So yeah. this yeah. this guy does not have this. So obviously the body that like solitary inhabits. It's not Willis's Todd's body. It's Willis Todd still his, might be yeah. in there, but it's not his body. So it's a weird thing where yeah. he thinks he's Willis Todd. He believes he's Willis Todd. He just doesn't have the body to match up. But it doesn't matter in my mind because this whole prison is brought down by Bunker, destroying Underlife's HQ, all yeah. the Monday experiments. And in the end, we learn nothing new about this whole my, thing my except favorite, for it's not though, Willis's too. Todd's body. Yeah, my favorite too. What you talking about, Willis? I wish you would have said that. Uh, <laughs> what my other big thing is – this is a really crappy, you know, organization HQ for Underlife, which we were told was a massive deal. It's it's an empty prison with one guy running around. Well, or is it three? He, he's there, and that, where's it's Underlife one. though? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. And then Bunker just, eh, I, I brought it down. All yeah. right, That's, and for some that, reason, there we I'm go. Gonna, Wingman, we're gonna we're gonna you know Wingman wants Roy uh, Roy Jason Todd to come back to Gotham and do whatever he's gonna do in Gotham City because Batman's not doing it right, like I said. But before we do that, for some reason, Bunker's gonna hang out with us as we go outside Seattle to a cemetery that is not where Roy Harper was buried. Yeah. Why yeah, are we yeah. in a cemetery and not out on that cliff face where we saw him know. buried in his I, funeral I issue? Know. We are in it's, a big old cemetery, and it seems that we everybody wants to remember Roy. By doing something with one of his many scuzzy hats, because Jason has yeah. one of these scuzzy hats, puts it on his tombstone and says, you know what, guys? It's off to Gotham. We're going to be yeah. a team now for well, some and reason. Now, now, before anybody emails us or yells at us, uh, he does keep the he does keep that crowbar in his back. I, I just was paging through some things and I do see a couple panels. You see the crowbar there. The problem is he threw you it. never see him grab it and he keeps throwing it and it rematerializes is my problem. Well but the thing is like I said he, he does have looks, it in the he, he does have it to, in the sheath. I'm saying he has a sword it looks like in one and he has, oh, yeah. you know, the crowbar I guess would be the other thing because it's it a is. crisscross. There's deal. times where you see the crisscross. Right. Uh, that's and what I'm saying. Is, I went so, through. He immediately started he this never issue uses by the throwing sword. the crowbar and then yeah, running Away. And then throws it a bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, other times, too, and runs away. He <laughs> threw it through Willis yeah. Todd or Solitary because yeah. it's not Willis ben. Todd. And this is how we're going to end it. Believing that this solitary guy has died or was it all a Man. dream, his perception to make Red Hood think this. It's all up in the air, but it yeah. doesn't matter because nothing in this story seems to matter. It's just, okay, no. we're going to get done this and head off to Gotham with some new outlaws. I'm like, yeah, with some new you outlaws. You are very and underwhelming. Looks like, well, we might get back to the original look too. It looks Hopefully. like at the end. And uh, he got rid of that. Really, he got rid of that hat that either Ethan or wrong turn would probably kill for, but nobody else. <laughs> <It's an laughs> so the only hat. people who would want to, but yeah, they're, they're going off. But even that, we don't really know anything about Wingman. No, we, don't we, know you anything. Know, it's the, nice to have Bunker in, back, in, but, this continuity seems like all we know of Wingman is that Jason Todd once put on the persona of Wingman when he was part of Batman Incorporated. Even the previous Wingman. guy, too. Exactly. The previous Wingman, I don't even think was a part of this continuity when we started it. But Story if we, over continuity. Oh, yeah. God, I hate there that. I think, yeah, I think that that's that, what we're saying. We just have this old guy who looks out of shape. I'm like, 
I, I don't know who you are, and I don't even know why you would be here out of costume when you just showed up and you seemed like your whole idea is you're a wingman going to bring Red Hood in. Why do you have to be standing here in a suit remembering a guy you don't know <laughs> at a faux funeral? They're, they're just being there. They're there for their guy right there, He's right? That's, that's in a all suit. they need to do. Where did he get that suit? Uh, well, yeah. He He's got the been suit in a goddamn vat of water Jason for five Todd, years. J- Jason Todd has a lot of suits he had laying around. That's just what he does. One Aaron, undersized, one oversized. Like- He's he's a nice guy like that is all he's doing, Eric. Story of continuity. There you go. Who but is yeah, this what would you give this or what man? did you give this? <laughs> Story he's of an old guy. He's, he looks like Bruce Wayne. He looks like an alternate version of, you know, an older Bruce Wayne. He looks like a better uh, put together what? Harvey Bullock. Just Eric, a little I don't know bit if better. Realize this. <laughs> What? Story of continuity. You Shut your mouth. Story of a continuity. Uh, I, yes, would, I like it? the art in this issue, but I liked a little else. I, and besides for the idea that we are getting Story back to Gotham continuity. and we are getting some Atwalls back, I'm all about that because I don't like Jason Todd by himself. I do like him having a team. Yeah. So I am excited, but this issue did not do it for me. It felt it's very underwhelming for easy. everything we had leading up to it. Pretty much the entire series, I gave it a 5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go 5.5 because I do like the art. Uh, and I like I like at the end, I know we don't know Wingman, but maybe that'll be something cool. And, yeah, and I, don't, I don't know why we need three people. You could have just that gone back to like, you could have went back to the Arsenal, you know, uh, Red Hood type duo. You know, duo. it's the Dark Trinity. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. You, you don't need Not to anymore. keep pushing that because I wouldn't have minded just Bunker. Bunker and Red Hood. We got two Hood, Batmans and a Bunker. Cool. Story of Cottonwood. Well, actually, and, and the dog. We have the dog stuff. Yeah, the dog. So we'll, see, yeah, we'll see what's going. What, what would you call the dog? Hood? Would you no. call him Hood? Is that uh, what you'd call him? Rover? Jack? Because we already have Ace, I'd say Jack. I don't know. Uh, I'm going with something. There you here. go. Queen. Titus yeah, you 2. That. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, I'm 5.5. But we're going to go off to some mail right about now. Yo, it's mail call. It is the best podcast a week. Even though Shay is such a freak. I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go to make it to the end of the episode. First I'll hear mail with Jim, now mail with Jim. Thank you, Dancing Mike. And we're going to go with mail section number two. We're going to start out with my man, Jay. And he says, hey, yo, it's Jay from Canada coming back right at ya. What's up, Jay? How you doing, Eric? Pretty good. How are you? Jim? Uh, feeling any better this week? Yes. Come on. The books were better, right? Yes, yes. they were. I hope you think so. So far, I've read Flash, which I thought was solid 7.5 out of 10. Uh, we're not that high, if I no. remember. We're going to be getting to that in a little bit. Actually, but yeah. no. Um, no, a little bit low. Yeah, a little bit less than that. I'm trying to think about what my thing was. I know I enjoyed this one more than the Batman issue last week. Yes. Uh, Detective, not really feeling all the bizarre campiness anymore. Really hoping things change post-1000. He gives it a 6.8 out of 10. I think it will. Justice League Dark, yeah, we treaded water a bit. But that water is so warm and glorious. Unless Jim <laughs> just peed in it, I That's did. murky water. He what says 8.4 out of 10 for that. And my pick of the week, Eric, 
Superman. Ooh, that cliffhanger wait. is, as the children say, lit. That's what they say Do down they at say the rec center. Yeah. It's fire. I'm not going to lie. Where are all the kids at? Where are all the teens? <laughs> I love seeing Superman uber pissed off. It makes me all warm and fuzzy inside. It's funny. I that hate was that. what we did. The no, the crime we liked a lot I of the stuff, though. And I like uh, Sad Jarrell. Ah, uh, the sla- the sad clown he is, Eric. This is also one of the many reasons I need therapy. He said, uh, "I I wish that we had Jarrell walk away, kind of like the Indian back in the commercial with the uh, garbage on the on the thing with that <laughs> with tear going tear. down." I'm telling you, that he guy was Italian. Was- he was. That's that's the truth. Uh, that tear going down, and they would go close up. He had such leathery skin; it used to make me sick. As a kid, like I couldn't eat food watching that commercial for some <laughs> Especially reason. Especially beef jerky. Just, damn right. Actually, it made me hungry for that. I, I probably at the point was probably eating, uh, you know, Rice Krispies or something. Some nonsense that my mom got me. I haven't been able to read the Batman or Laughs yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Actually, this week I started rereading Snyder's Batman stuff, and I'm liking a lot nice. more the second time. Black Mirror made me lose myself in thought about how horrible some people can be. And that's what just I go with talking to Eric on this podcast. And now Court of the Owls feels almost <laughs> like a full-blown event the second time around. I love it. Have you guys gone back and reread any of the earlier New 52 stuff? Well, why? As you, as as you, you said. As, why you ask, per se, is that we actually have a Patreon New 52 review podcast that we start on the regular deal. And yeah, at the minute, uh, at the moment, we're in, in between uh, Superboy. That we're yes. going, and we well, I think we're at like some almost 30 episodes of that, not 30 books because some of them have been split double up, shots, but yeah, yeah, we uh we, we're doing that, and that because of that, it kind of does stop me from going back to reading stuff just for fun, you know what I mean? But we you know, do I was go reading back just to for fun the other things. day. What's that? That guy, Gardner Warrior. I got like yeah. eight issues into that whole thing. It's when they changed to the Warrior title. I'm like, let me tell you right now. Well, I think the the idea of that series is great. It's what it's made me great. love Guy Gardner. Wow. That's awful. What awful you're telling series. me then is uh, during the Patreon news show this morning where I mentioned that I really wanted to do a Nightwing Guy Gardner podcast. <laughs> I, I should hold tight. I no, said no. that I was mentioning that fun. to you. It's not good, though. That's the yeah. best part about old books like this where you know we're, we have to d- deal with stuff in a critical base with the stuff that's coming out, which could be awful. This, while it is awful, you can have a lot of fun yeah. with it because it's so old and thinking well, about I'm how they you, put that's, comics out back then. At one point, I was doing a bunch of retro reviews because of that, and I also have the Secret Origins podcast, again, a little commercial for the Patreon that I do uh, this coming up. Uh, this month I'm doing Dula Dent, Joker's right. daughter in it. It's not as fun as some of the others. Some of the others I had a blast. I'm telling you, that Black Canary, her, the first issue she shows up in is just complete ridiculousness. But it's really, really these, off. We talk about how DC doesn't know what they want to do right now with the books. And stuff like that. They definitely had no idea what they want to do with Guy Gardner. Yeah, Things yeah. changed so much within I those I think like, that, that seven was issues. at that point where they must have just kind of been trying to convince people that there was a reason why they had all the Earth lanterns now they just go with it i'm telling you he had a yellow ring you know sinestra's old ring he had a freaking like a prototype booster gold exosuit he had the warrior powers that were a like a red exosuit on point that just became powers that he had it was it kept getting changed like every other yeah. issue it seemed like no, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's been really fun for me. I also want to reread Soul's Red Lanterns, which you really liked, Eric. And uh, Superman Wonder Woman, he said two runs that are so underrated. It's criminal. Now, I, you know, I, know I, I read I, all that. Well, I did. And I reviewed I it. Uh, that, that I'm probably one of the few that pretty much reviewed the whole series. It, it lost its way. 
it, it really did lose it, especially once you got to the zombie truth. town. Yeah, I'm telling you, you got to the truth and stuff like that. It really and and where you had Superman just bitching and moaning, "You're the goddess of war." Oh man, I don't have powers, and you're doing this, <laughs> and he was all upset. But it, it seemed to lose its way. And in fact, when we first started the podcast, one of the first books that we did review is a Superman Wonder Woman issue where we both hated it. We hated it so much it did lose but i liked it at the beginning i really did uh but yeah it it kind of drug on and then just got canceled oh and when are y'all gonna have me on the podcast to convince you why tom king is awesome i'm sure some people like a different opinion and maybe i could help cheer you guys up you're good chaps you deserve to be happy and he says, nah, but I've seriously happy. yeah i don't think i can be convinced i'm convinced he's just a writer that some people like more than me i just uh, his style doesn't jive with <laughs> the way me. i heard that's that. like he's just some writer people like more than me as a yeah. nobody likes you they like no, Tom nobody King. does like me it seems i i get all these messages and stuff i don't know i, I it seems that everybody at dc for some reason if any shade gets thrown at our set it seems like i'm the one that they're always like yeah we know that asshole <laughs> isn't that the guy who yells and screams all the time but seriously, thank you for everything you do. I'm listening to some of your early podcasts for the first time, and they make me laugh so much. I love when you both agree, and this is funny. Uh, we did say this. I love when you both agree that a four-hour podcast would be insane, and you're not about that. Look how far you've come. There's one point where we decided we were going to do the featured books, right. and there is an episode very early. I'm telling you, like episode four, where uh, it, it made me laugh because I'm like, man, I got 12 reviews this week. And you're like, I have 15. And we're like, we can't do all these books. We're just going to pick this because, man, if we had all those books, it'd be a four-hour podcast. And you're like, I'm never doing that. Yeah, I, I should have stuck the, to my guns. Yeah, really go back to the, the freaking the, the old Jim and Eric were pretty damn cool. That's all I've got. But Jim, <laughs> just take a moment to have a few deep breaths. The, the the young Jim and Eric then they, they didn't care what was going on. They didn't care what people thought. Eric, they they it's were like their own people. Ago. Yeah, I'm telling you, just think of how much we've aged in that time. Uh, this podcast will start being like when they say the uh, presidents age so much. I think this podcast, yeah, I don't each think episode, I had in my beard at that point. Yeah, I'm telling you, each episode it, it, it ages us three years. You've been so stressed. Well, we need you. If you drop dead, that means it's just to be Eric as a host on the podcast. I haven't given him any of the passwords no, and no, stuff. He's there's made no sure way. to keep me out of and that. Still, there's no way you're doing this. I Think might. of the mass hysteria. I'll, I'll haunt your ass. I heard you're spiritual, Eric. That'd be chaos <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Eric, you know I love you, but Jim sounds like he needs re- reasons to live. <laughs> ah, yes, especially when my raps crushes Sixers in the playoffs. That that might happen. That, that what he asked Is that me one of those made up teams? No, you probably would think that the Raptors are made up. They've been a team forever. <laughs> I, you probably have never even one. heard them. Uh, he ended up. He's Not like the Coyote. Do, so he's like, do people hate the Raptors? And then someone like around here they do. But he says, see you in seven. And hey, the next Jay. one is J Man, who says, hey Jim, what's up, Eric? What's up, J-Man? It's time again for NBA All-Star Weekend festivities. Who do you like in the three-point competition and the slam dunk competition? I would Obviously say Steph, the Coyotes. Steph Curry's three-point competition. That's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Or the no. Raptors? No, the Raptors are basketball. Coyotes are hockey, you lame-ass. <laughs> that uh, that was? Yeah, I would say uh, the, the, the problem Stars? I have with these, the problem I have with these competitions for the NBA All-Star game is I never know who is really competing. You, you know, you have guys who don't want to do this, that, and the other thing, but I would say Steph Curry three point. I don't know who's in the slam dunk competition this week. Is Dominique Wilkins? 
Is he in there? Is Neek? Is he there? You asking me? Human highlight film. Do do you think that Dominique Wilkins? What team did he play for? What was his main deal? Who do you think of? No, it's it's the Hawks. Come on, the Hawks ain't a real team. Xavier McDaniel's. Is he in this slam dunk competition? uh, Charlotte Hornets. (laughs) Is Larry Johnson? Is he there? Alonzo Mourning. (laughs) Is so in there? The Jazz. Yeah, the uh, with Carl Malone and here's John Stockton playing. Yeah. <laughs> I know these people. It, it's funny. As you name teams, I, I just name players that are from my era of when I watched the NBA, and they're all around the same time. So, and also very big in NBA jams. I'm telling you, I love to play the Hornets because I was a big Larry Johnson, Alonzo Mourning fan. Uh, but they, they didn't really translate into being that great no. a NBA jam team, but I did like them. I noticed your basketball team got a lot better with the addition of Tobias Harris. Yeah, they did. Now it, you have a starting five that can hold their own against the Golden State Warriors. Who's yeah, that actually, guy that got the yips? Uh, that was uh, Markel Fultz. He's gone, okay. Eric. They got rid of him. Oh, He's got the yips. How can you not love the amazing shooting skills and decision-making skills of Ben Simmons or the amazing teammate skills of Jimmy Butler? He's making fun of me now, right now. He, he's What's wrong with Jimmy Buffett? Jimmy Buffett, he's got a cheeseburger in paradise, Aaron. Jimmy, if Jimmy Buffett would have a team, it would be the Heat. That would be the team, or the Pelicans actually would go real well. Another team that you think does not That's exist. Not real. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys get a chance to read Man and Superman by Marv Wolfman? I did. Eric, not. did you? Uh, I have. That was a really good read, and it's one of those stories focused on a time in Superman's life that we don't see often. I'm planning on uh, doing a recording of it tonight with Eric. Uh, Eric with uh, Brandon. Hi. Uh, before he donned the suit. Hi there. It was like a better version of Smallville and comics. I also My enjoyed Wonder Twins number twi- Wonder Twins number one. Yeah, he liked Derek. Don't tell Polly P that. You know, get to you. It was fucking funny. I like the Thunderlust joke that gave us a chance to hear embarrassing stories from Clark and Bruce's childhoods. From they now on, I'm going to call Batman BG. Wait, BG <laughs> like Bat God? Who? Did you guys check out Buffy the Vampire Slayer number one from a couple weeks ago? I did. I did I not because Eric I heard they it. changed all like the things up, and I don't understand what the it, continuity is with that. So it's it a scared reboot. me. Yeah, know, it's it a reboot me. that kind of. Yeah. But I, did I highly check recommend it, out. it if you're fans of the show. It's almost well, then, like it, it it's then. like an alternate version of it, Eric. You, you should like it anyway. As we go, yeah. My wife is nudging me about our anniversary. She wants me to move my ass and take her out to a nice dinner. So like what, like a Red Lobster like lunch? Yeah, damn right. <laughs> fancy lunches. Red Lobster fancy lunch. That's what happens. That's all for you. Uh, that's, that's all for now. That's how we get down here in Quakertown. Damn right. Keep up the good work, and I'll see you in 7J Men from Half Moon Bay. Put it on that your nicest nice pair of jeans. I, when put on I your monocle and take in, your lady love to a in, Red Lobster um, lunch. When I, yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, you know, the sky's the limit at that Red Lobster. You can have all those biscuits. I, when I was, so I, I talk, talked about it before, but when I worked at Bonanza in college, that, biscuits was, anymore. that was the steakhouse for the uh, the filthy casuals. Yeah, they would yeah. come down, and this was in Morgantown, West Virginia, so they would come from the hills to go, and boy, you'd see some crazy outfits. Like, what people thought was, first off, what was their best outfit, but also that they had to wear it to Bonanza, maybe My laugh. sweatpants that don't have any holes in them. Damn right. Yeah, the holy ones, that's for church. Damn right. Get it, Eric? Holy. Brandon's yeah, of course next. I do. I'm not an idiot. Bellas, 
Well, right? I didn't think I'd get there yet, but I might have officially hit old man status after taking uh, taking you. not one you, but two wicked spills earlier this week. He Jim took a spill. We, we were talking about that spill I took a couple years ago shower? where I fell. Oh. No, no, the one where I fell on, on the, the porch and, yeah. and then looked around to see if anybody I saw me. I expect you to look around when you fell in the shower. No, you I did. Hoping somebody actually, saw you. actually, I'm telling you, just imagine when I fell in the shower and I grabbed the curtain and was laying <laughs> over me as I was just laying there, waiting for just listening to see if somebody would come help me. Nobody did. The first fall was They're on my used day to sounds off of destruction Monday. and clutter yeah, in the house. Yeah, really. Uh, his first fall was off his, his day off on Monday, literally about 15 seconds after I woke up. Headed down the stairs on a mission to make coffee ASAP while my dry ass feet betrayed me because as I healed the stair, my foot slipped out, went under my me, and I went feet. flying back, slamming my back on the stairs, skidding down oh, on God. my back the rest of the way. I laid and defeated at the bottom of the stairs for several minutes and surely took one of my cat's nine lives from her by scaring the shit out of her. The second fall was just after moving cars around in the driveway. I walked out to the street to get my car back and the driveway, not to be a douche, but just to gun it forward in case we got six feet of snow overnight because that happens around here and slam. Went yeah. down again, this time slamming my back and head on a patch of ice. Although I got a decent goose egg, I'm fine. I didn't wallow in self-pity this time because I was in it's public time for the life and not the bottom of my own stairs. Just after I almost stopped being sore from time one, time two has me all fucked up again. You this just time wait for I really time three, baby. He hurt his neck. So you're 36 and three quarters oh, officially. The age oh, old neck. manhood strikes, I guess, for those yep. close lookout. Eric mentioned I last week. I took a spell the other day. Yeah. I, I actually is it weird that every time I walk down the stairs now I do picture myself falling forward and just destroying my face on the stairs every time now and I don't know if it's like I'm hoping this happens or whatever but I actually envision like me in slow motion just falling down the stairs I think I have a death wish Eric mentioned last week that Jess hates westerns this struck me as odd because Eric watches all sorts of wild shit and westerns being the cutoff point not Transformers weird, or GI right? Joe or cheesy horror movies. There's a lot of horror movies you're not allowed to watch or name Texas literally Chainsaw any Eric Massacre, Pretty much all the trauma yeah. movies. Yeah. Being the breaking point really kind of blows my mind. My guess is her parents or grandparents constantly watch Westerns to the point she never got to watch no, her anything dad does ever. Love Westerns. That has to be the reason for the deep-seated hate. Uh, me, myself, I've just never come across many of them and don't necessarily hunt them out with the Go exception young of guns, Deadwood. Baby. Uh-huh. And Red Dead Redemption, the game, my exposure is very, very limited. I Young love guns. Tombstone. Young Guns is good. Young Guns Gonna go two. out in a blaze of glory. Young Guns 2 is where it's at. He never uh, drew first, but he drew first blood. He He's the devil's son. Blood, Call him Young Guns. Call him. Oh, I love that song. <laughs> Every time I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, but yeah, he, he those are his exposure. Tombstone's a great movie. I love that. You're more of a Wyatt Earp fan. That's the because thing is, I do love Tombstone, but I used to love just to fuck with my friends. Like, you know, Wyatt Earp is, I do enjoy yeah. Wyatt Earp, but you know, it's better than Tombstone. I just wanted to cause a fight, is what I wanted to do. That's what you wanted to do, like a jerk. Yeah. I, yeah. I do, I did like Deadwood. I love the first Red Dead Redemption. I've not played the sequel, so I'd have to get that. We do own it in the house. I just, I don't get time. Books, very behind on DC this week, having only read Batman or last number three so far but i share the thoughts that i too was thrown off by the whole airplane scene more so by the first appearance of the grim knight which i actually thought was an imposter he put in place for batman to get rid of the for one reason or another he sent me this theory he ended up like i think that that first uh grim knight was an imposter and i I didn't Uh respond uh i didn't respond to that nonsense (laughs) i really 
<laughs> I love you, you Brandon. Throw a little bit more, I love you, Brandon. Brandon before you I send don't me really. I'm, I'm typing out. You are stupid, but I don't want to send it. I love you. I don't think there was any plausible way even Batman could get out of being Batman to an elevated train in point seven five seconds. That's so ridiculous, and that was the reasoning. My brain went the, that way right away. I, I actually would think it was neat if there were multiple ones of them, but it, it seems to be one guy. I didn't understand why he put a double there. That's how I made sense of it. Still liked it overall, but I'm dying to know how all these Batman walked around with metal spikes on their eyes can see anything. That was one of our big problems. You know? Seriously. Hey, hey, let's, uh, you know, a better cosplay here. Oh, no, I just walked into a wall which, <laughs> with spikes. I think Scott Snyder mentioned on Twitter. There was spikes. He says, Scott Snyder, he thinks on Twitter, said that we're going to get an answer sooner or later. I think the answer is it looks cool as hell. It does. That, that's what it is. Jim, maybe holler to your boy for a confirmation for the GFC. Beep, boop. I still have to get to the Flash crossover, Flash Batman crossover, Red Hood, and Detective Eichfels. He's actually already messaged me tonight. He's in the middle of reading books right now. So we'll nice. see how he thinks of those. Uh, but he's not he's reading Guy Gardner not- Warrior. No, no, and no. we're supposed to be on the podcast later, so I'll say he might be on with me later, and I might ask him what he thought of the other books. Plus, I'll call him an Maybe. idiot for thinking there's a double. <laughs> and then I, I, I don't want to do that because when it's revealed there was a double, then I look even more like an idiot. But he says, I right, fellas, that is Brandon. Thank you, Brandon. That's Thank you, Brandon. End of mail section number two. Up to some books, sir. Big Mac, you talk too much. Never shut up. I said you talk too much. Oh boy, you never shut up. You talk about people you don't even know. All right, and here we are with Reginald, and we're here to talk one book. And uh, we, we talk about it a couple times tonight in the podcast where uh, there are rumors that DC is going to pare down the books to get 22. I don't know, Reggie, we're not going to have anything to review. I don't really need to sit around. <laughs> I'm telling you, Reggie has one book this week with us. Next week, mm. the same deal. Now, it, it all comes to roost for me. I have five. But I was saying this is something that me and Reggie have been talking about. You know, not like a full discussion of what we think was going on. But we have noticed that there's a lot less books coming out, it seems. Yeah. Uh, and especially because the books that are coming out, say, a jinx world, you know, stuff like that that we're not dealing with. So I, I don't know what's going on. I need some more books here and some more books that do something for me. And obviously going into this book a well, little Set up. I, 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 what, what drives you guys nuts, I know, is the fact that I usually start my reviews or start my whole process on Sunday. And uh, But the reason I did that was because back in the long ago, we used to have five, six, seven yeah. books a week, so I wanted oh, to get yeah. a net. Nowadays, I end up doing that, and I'm like, I'm just done by Monday, and I sit around. I'm telling you, it didn't drive me crazy you did that. You know what it did? It would get me jealous, because I'd be there. When Tuesday came around, I had six reviews. I'm like, why am I stupid? Why am I smart like Reggie? What what the hell am I doing? make a rule. That you were that no comics on Monday. That yeah. was your rule at one time. Yeah, yeah. Remember that was going to be my time off. That I, yeah. I yeah. But yeah, you know, with the thing though is you you can tell when I really get inspired. I get my previews ready. Your previews are ready on Friday. I'm like, yeah. what the heck? I can't get this going. I don't know what's going on here. 
but yeah, going into this book, we're obviously talking about Just League Dark. Uh, as most people know, I have not been a huge fan of this book since the beginning. But at the beginning, I just want to point out, and I did on the Slack chat as well, I think I gave the first issue somewhere around a 9.5 and the second one a 9. I was really into it. Then we had The Witching yeah. Hour, and I kind of lost it. it. The book seemed to me, for me personally, lost track of what I was getting out of it in those first couple right. of issues. The idea that they were setting up characters. We had some fun. I, I really think that the fun factor has been dialed back tremendously in this from those first couple issues. Well, I there th- was a I lot of the jokes. Last one was a lot of fun personally, but like, but like we said, that was really one. Tailored yeah. for me. And I'm just DC saying, even not even book. just having fun reading, but there were, it was a jokey book at a bit. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, Man Bat was there to really be the comic relief. I liked the team. I liked how they played off of each other. And I think one of the things, especially in this issue, kind of comes to roost again, though I do like this a little more than what we had been getting. I think it's gradually getting back to what I liked from it. But we are, I, I think there's too many characters in this book. I think one of the main things that I am having, and so, to give them their due time you do have to separate them into groups and and that's something that i don't uh you know it starts to get to me when we're not getting the full team interact with each other and having these little you know kind of like separate stories kind of combined with but well, at uh, least they have something to do even yeah, though one do. of them is basically crying his beard. but beer, i mean but, you when know, we have yeah something. but when we have a book that it did seem like boy when we first started boy what like all of a sudden you had also swamp thing and constantine were in it when yeah. That's above the team. Since then, yeah, Constantine's kind of got off of the deal, but every issue seems to add seven new characters. And in this, we kind of get Cleed uh, thrown in again, that he might continue a little. Now, they're not main characters on the team, but you always end up having just I, – I just think there's too much going on, and because of that – you do get a lot of scenes of people standing around talking. Now, this is less narration heavy. This is more yeah. dialogue heavy in this. But again, it is a lot of people standing around talking, though. I know for a fact when I was reading this, I'm like, once you see Man Bat and he's performing a ritual, I'm like, oh, no, this, this is right up Reggie's alley. I, you uh, love that you. shit. You eat that <laughs> shit up. I'm like, I know uh, that's going to be, but go into it, Reggie. And well, then we'll I, talk I, about I love it. the rituals, but I also love the fact that he's like kind of clumsy at it you know yeah. trying to figure it oh, out I, so yeah once you start r- drawing and actually showing you the physical manifestation of a magic ritual and things i know that that is your jam I so i that knew stuff. that that's, you would like that I'm thing. Yes. anyway so this is justice league dark number eight written by james tiny in the fourth art by alvarez martinez bueno raul fernandez and brad anderson it's rhyme time it's rhyme time Time to put the comic books in rhyme. It's rhyme time. It's rhyme time. Time to put the comic books in rhyme. Justice League Dark, let me hit the switch. Pete from NYC, you are a fucking bitch. When your petty diss didn't get you any fish, you had to wonder why this idiot persists. You're from NYC, dog. You know what it is. I don't cross out your name. I erase your kids. I'll fuck you up like you a Prince B. And send your ass adrift on memory bliss, you fucking sissy. Oh, Jesus, criminy. It is this time. That, that's the thing, though. Uh, you know, rap is full of diss tracks. That's now. how so it is. That's how, that the is. Rap, that's rap how the game. rap game works. That is true. That is how it goes. Oh, there you go. Game. The gauntlet has been thrown down. But yes, uh, this issue, like I said, I, I pretty much told you kind of what I find annoying by it. I, I think there's too many characters. I do who, think that who we're is wasting on the time. Who is Dark now? I'm telling you, I read this and I'm like, uh, do we just have Zatanna, 
uh, Wonder Woman, Bobo, and Man Bat? Is that like the only main characters on this team anymore? Yeah, Swamp, yeah, Swamp, Swamp Thing's kind of there. Uh, but, but, but when you have a guy like Swamp Thing on your team, like, you can't really stop him from leaving whenever the fuck he yeah. wants. Well, that's you know? a lot of these are like that. I mean, if, if Constantine much, yeah. does come back, he's just going to come in and out. But yeah, yeah. I, I do think that this book, instead of being now, it is the Justice League dark. The Justice League there is mainly for sales, right? This should be. Yeah. The Dark Universe book that was supposed to come out in the DCYOU back then when it was going to be Mink Yu Young, I believe, with Tynan doing it. Uh, this would have been what the book is. It's one of those things where if you like these characters, it is it's a buffet. I mean, you each issue you get to see even just see an art wise. A hundred characters. I mean, it, hundreds it really of is. characters. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a George Perez book or something. Yeah, and, like and from with the that, so this is the people. issue: is you're gonna get people who love this, and a lot of people do. A lot of people in the Slack chat will go on about how they they do love this book, and a lot of it is just seeing characters. I mean, it is kind of like a Where's Waldo of these characters, especially you get a scene with the Oblivion Bar in here. But where I'm coming in is I'm kind of asking the same question of Eric is let's, you know, get to the team that we're supposed to have. And from there, let's get the story going. Um, but if you're here for the long run, if you don't mind that, if you like to just sit back and enjoy the dark side of things, I think that there's a lot to enjoy. I'm just needing a little more. Though, like I said, I like this issue enough. It's just that by the end, not a lot happens again. Now, and it's a weird book where big things happen, yet to me, not a lot happens. You know what I mean? We had Nanda Parbat gets taken away. That's huge. But in that issue, it just was like, eh, whatever. And then hell gets taken over. So I, I'm not fully in. I just wonder why anybody would ever go to that Oblivion bar ever again. It, it, it basically, if they had a mural. The happy hour, it's crazy. Um, it's, yeah, it's like, if you, if, yeah, it looks great. And there's a lot three, of characters. Three for one is what they got yeah. for uh, two what, hours on weekdays. Yeah, hopefully, though, what they did. They don't honor the people who died there <laughs> because there's not enough room space, even though it can expand to get it bigger. Expands, There'd be no room space for it, though. Expand. There's too many people who died in this bar. Also, the other thing before I'll let you guys go into it. The other thing I have with this is the idea that it is kind of a, you know, let's go here to there, A, B, C. We're, we're going to these things where everywhere they go, they seem shocked that these magic users are killed. Where, oh, my God, they're dead. No, no, you, you shouldn't be shocked it's by like now. It's like what we're dealing with with Detective Comics right now, the idea that Batman is surprised when somebody that trained him is being attacked. Yeah. Like, you have known this. Why do you need clues for and this? So, Every time yeah. you go, you, sh you should be expecting this all the and time. And not only with that, but I, I know that they're on, you know, they're under the, the foot of the other kind and all this stuff going on. They're trying to get, but you're at this point where there's refugees there. Don't don't have them sitting around. I mean, you have some heavy hitters sitting around here. You better plot out all the different places in this world where there's magic users like these bars they keep going to. And you better proactively get there before more people are dead. It just seems like, okay, let's go here. Oh, no, they're dead. Let's go there. Oh, no, they're dead. And I need them to step it up a little and try to stop this. But well, we'll get there. But, Reggie, tell me about it. Tell I mean, me they're, about maybe it. They're just, maybe they're just lame at their job. You ever they, think of I that? Think they're they just, are. There's a town of Wonder Woman are like, oh, we got to go to this bar but i have to i have nothing to wear and i know totally they, they wasted shower. time 
Yeah, they dick around. You know, you know how ladies can be. Hi, am I right, fellas? Uh, yeah, and then you get so, you know things like, hey, look at these pictures of these sanity eating furballs we fought in Arkham. Oh, there you go. And then, <laughs> tell me about it, right? So, you did like it just some, something that runs through the whole book really is kind of the uh, you know reveal that the end we'll just put out there is that Manbat is uh, removing Khalid Nasur from yeah. the urn. Uh, that Dr. Fate had stuck in me. I think we saw that in the second issue, right, right around the very yeah. beginning of the. Yep. This is around the beginning, yeah. Well, yeah, I was really excited about it. I, I really and this, was and this about is it. the this is the thing where throughout the issue, he's actually, Man Bat's actually like, he's done all the reading. He's done, you know, he's read up on magic and how there's two paths to take, and he's taking the simpler one, which, as Jim was correct, I loved all that oh, shit. I even, though it. it's, even though it's fairly meaningless and doesn't really matter to the well, thing, I just love the coloring yes. of it and like the idea of a guy approaching magic scientifically you know oh, I mean? yeah that, that's a cool part because you have that. this guy who who is like you know kind of sectioned out from this whole magic thing he is a scientist yeah he's a man bat but he is a man of science this is all foreign to him and him trying to acclimate himself I'm like well this is a cool part of like you know a character arc that we're dealing with him actually yeah. i didn't mind that bit at all even though it, and also because i do like the idea of getting khalid nasur back i, I do like all, that yeah well, that's the thing is i hated his book but the idea of the young dr fate i thought was really cool and the only other time we saw him besides for the series outside of his own, like this series and his own series was that one time in the last cut like i think it was the hellblazer yeah and uh he was really cool in that i'm like i want to get more of that so hopefully once everything's said and done with naboo and the yeah. other kind we can get khalid nasur now, young dr fate and, and the thing is, yeah sure. and this this actually reminds me a little of kind of uh, the thing that was going on Jarrell uh, this week where he was saying, you know, it's a guy of science trying to deal with something that is beyond his deal. And it, it kind of and I did like that. I like the idea of a scientist trying to go by the book, you know, do the spell Thinking about it mathematically. So again, as a way of Reggie, to do it. Reggie hinted at a thing again, though, that Tynan seems to do. He seems to spend a lot more time on the setup for the the payoff isn't as big as the setup and it, it is really you know you get a whole page a lot of the talk about it and then it just happens i you know it really doesn't yeah. a lot of his setup doesn't pay off as big as what he seems to be setting up and i thought that but i do like that i i did really like the idea of a scientist going then again though you look at him he's a he's a goddamn bat i mean you're, hey, you're looking you know, at him i'm on. like he's a bat i mean really he's like, a man bat. yeah he is a man you can bat. be you can be a scientist so while, while that's going on throughout that's the whole issue essentially that's happening in the background uh meanwhile zatanna and wonder woman they're going around to different magic folk around the realms i guess to try to catch them before the it other just kind seems do. to be regular like you know the dc earth kind of thing because i'm telling you the whole idea is to find more drew because right. they need somebody to help them with the sargons you know ruby but the whole like yeah. the scavenger hunt angle of this i that's, hate so much because even the things we have the demons three show up yes it's in continuity a long time ago you know felix faust is somebody who would summon the demons three but i don't understand what they're doing here did he summon them to fight off the other kind they're yeah. just here and they're an obstacle for our heroes to fight before we could find you know oh my god uh, felix faust has lost his mind yeah to me that was the that was the implication was that they'd been summoned because the other kind had come but it, it, you're right it was just it was a like, all why of did these the scenes, other kind kill them all of these scenes are essentially uh for Action and blood and gore yeah. reasons, you know, so that otherwise it really would just be people standing around talking in a bar. There'd be nothing, uh, you know, gross to see. But yeah. for what it is, I do like the gross stuff that is being drawn and stuff. So, that, so 
I'm kind let's, of a, let's kind go, of two minds about it. We go to Felix Faust because we need to find more Drew. He can't help us because he lost his mind, but he has pointed us to Papa Midnight. Papa Midnight. So it's off to New York to go see Papa Midnight's bar. Oh my God, everybody's dead here. This hey, is Papa what I'm Midnight. saying. Yeah, it, it's just, it's oh, just the next step of the game to sure. find out that more people are slaughtered. And yeah, and then, oh, you don't want to do that. Stay away from me. I don't want to deal with it. And then, I mean, nobody could have sat there and thought, okay, you got the Bolivian bar. There's so many people oh, in there my. right now. All the people are there. That, that can't possibly go wrong. And then it goes wrong. Even though it's gone wrong two times before this in yeah. metal and then again yeah, in and the then witching hour. Yeah, in the witching hour. So twice this bar has been invaded by the main villain to it's just destroy people. It's probably not going to happen a third time. And it does. You guys, you guys Okay, so maybe yeah. that one. But the fourth time, it's definitely not going to happen. And I just like they it. They like, put a closed I, I, sign yeah. on this And I, I just <laughs> like the idea here where they're they're standing there and they're like, man, we should go to Mira. And you, no, no. I don't want to do that. Oh no, off to Mira. We better go there now. And it just, know. you know, it's just... a, it's a similar thing. I mean, for what whatever it's worth, the uh, the scenes with Zatanna and Wonder Woman, the one the other thing it shows us besides the fact that magic people are being slaughtered and no one's really helping them again yeah. to find more more Drew, and they think it's a bad idea, is that Zatanna has become much more hardened over this process, and she's you know coming off somewhat bitchy and cruel. You know, she. Uh, I I, I do no like the idea. Of the whole fuck it, you know, the other kind are here. I'm not even going to bother not using my magic anymore because no, I got to do everything I, I can to fight I think that's off them. because in The Witching Hour we saw her use her magic, and that was one of the things I got mad at when she said the one issue, I can't use my magic because I'll screw everybody up and then used it the next issue anyway. I just yeah. think that this was just said there. So, like, well, you can't have Zatanna not do magic, so the hell with it. Let's get more going. More that, that Witching Hour really sticks out like a fucking it sword does. bomb. It does. That's my – that is – that was the point that really – messed up my whole enjoyment yeah. of this the series and i'm still People trying to rebound from it that, and i i can see that and you know uh when the first trades of of justice league dark are being collected they're not including which yeah. hour that's being collected this whole thing it's like they are they know that it's just well and it again messed up the story and, and it did everybody. it messed up the story and just the idea that we have this story going on of magic being destroyed which was kind of the witching hour as well so you've had yeah. twice so it, it all and it starts to get confusing and things like that, that. again it's going to destroy yeah but then yeah you have man back get khalid out and i i still think that khalid looks absolutely crazy the way his eyes i'm just telling you though for everything in this issue it seems a little off even that page where you know you have where uh man bat's like she's trying to find somebody called Mordrew, i think it was that is like the least detailed page we've e- or panel right there that we've ever seen in this book since it started. It really seems like, yeah, let's get this in. It just and Khalid looks terrible. His eyes, I don't know what's going on. He's crazy. I was always told if you see the white of somebody's eyes on up and down all around, uh, that they're crazy. So he's crazy. And well, also, if anyone knows what a tweaker looks like, it's Jim Warner. Yeah, so right. And, and the, the deal with, with this too that gets me kind of is Khalid does not seem like himself from where we left off in his series where he was kind of a bumbling guy now again time has passed uh he's been stuck in this vase and things like that but he seems real he seems very much more important here than he ever did in his book and maybe that's a good thing but the information he's giving out does not seem khalid like from before i i think you and eric are probably the only two people in the world that know that because I know. you read, you read every and issue. It was I, I don't think another human read one issue. No, no, I'm fine one. with that. I'm just saying, in general, it does seem <laughs> he doesn't feel it doesn't feel like Khalid. 
It, I mean, at least just come out and say something like. Does it feel like college? No, I want him. A, a, you know, I want him to come out and say something about at least contacting his mom and dad or something. That might have even actually made me feel a little better. But still, you, you just, just want go him to talk it. about Anubis and the Flood some yeah, more. Yeah, that's you? all I want. I, but he was always <laughs> just unsure of himself. He never was very confident. He didn't know what was going on. He understood half of what was going. And here he's just like there to be a narrator almost to throw this stuff out there. It's it's fine, though. I, I'm telling you, I'm glad that he's in this. It's a pretty cool addition and to see him. And I hope that he actually becomes part of the team eventually. That'd be really awesome. I don't think he will, but it, we'll see. It looks like he is poised to take over for I Dr. Would love Fink, it. Though, yeah. but it looks like Kent Nelson's going to, you know... Yeah. not be around anymore, so that's See, cool. See, Kent Nelson's I, I, the fine part, because even when we had him before, it's Naboo that's the bad guy. Kent Nelson, he is just the vessel yeah. at this point. Yeah, yeah. And what we had before is that Khalid did have the actual Helm of Fate, and Kent Nelson at a certain point had copied it, so he, yeah, he copied being Dr. Fate as well, so that's why we had two Dr. Fates in that series. And it looks like, I don't know if Naboo just said, what the hell with this stuff? I mean, yeah. uh, this kid ain't and, going yeah. along with the program. The OG's coming back. back. Yeah, that's yeah, he's what it's seen. It back. Yeah. But, yeah. like, while you don't think that Khalid feels right here, the thing I don't like that didn't feel right to me from what we had last issue was when Jason Blood comes in the Oblivion Bar and is talking about how heaven and hell they weren't they're not going to help out and stuff like that they're all kind of frightened about what's going on and that hell is actually seems to still be okay even yeah. though it seemed like one of those other kind talk about decimating hell completely yes they killed the Lucifer or the first fall or whatever they want to call him for this but it seems that hell is still a place and Neron he survived somehow and he's going to take control I'm like who actually ended up dying when you talked about hell being destroyed last issue? Yeah. I don't know. It just feels weird. Yeah. Edna. I, yeah. yeah, I don't Edna, know. My right. mother. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, and then we end, and we end with the big deal. And again, it's like, okay, when you really sit and think what we got from this issue, it was a lot of kind of, you know, showing that the, you know, the upside down man and the other kind, they're winning the battle, but we've gotten this over and over. But it, 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 it did do something I hate in comics, which is tease something on the cover that's revealed on the last I page. I talk about that later in the yeah. podcast as well. Or actually, it might have been right before. It was the Titans I mean, book. Does they've, been the same it, thing. I mean, they've been doing it for decades, so it's not like you can be that mad at it, but I'm always... I, I get so mad. I'm like, damn it. Reggie, you're singing my tune. That's what I <laughs> even said that I usually don't mind, but I do mind when the cliffhanger is spoiled because not just because it's spoiled. I also hate when just the cliffhanger is on the cover just because then everything else seems like it's just treading water to get to that big reveal that you thought was the biggest thing to put on yep. the cover. But yeah, we, we kind of knew and, and there were talk about the, you know, the Lords coming and things like that, the Lords of Order and things so that when they arrive, it looks awesome. But again, it's another one of these things that James Tynan to me is writing this book as, okay, I'm going to show them all these magical characters. They're really going to like yep. this. We'll have the dark characters. Yeah. We'll start talking a little about what we're going to do. We'll We'll show that the other kind's winning with this sort of deal. We'll talk a little we, more. We've already taken out Nanda Parbat in the Parliament yeah. of the Green. What else can we take yeah. out this magic? Let, yeah, the let's do that. The Spear of the God. Yeah. The thing is, I, I kind of, at the end of this, when we, you know, Khalid lets it out of the bag that Naboo wants to destroy the Sphere of the Gods and all the worlds that encompass it, so there's no place for the magical beings to escape the other kind and stuff like that. Like, we have, we end up in Mira at the end of this trying to escape the other kind with all the magical beings that survived the Oblivion Bar attack. But Naboo's already there, and I, yeah, this whole thing with Naboo, with the um, the the, the Doctor Fate with the melted mask, I'm like, there's some messed up, but that looks really cool and it menacing. It does look really I cool. Really, 
I dug and that again, this pace, is but... you always get these wow it, cliffhangers, and you're like, yeah. oh man, yeah. And then we go back to talking the next issue, and but kind of the thing is, he, Naboo is the bad guy behind everything. Yeah. He's the you know, one who let the other kind in, wants this whole thing to happen, so magic is destroyed, all the magic bands. And now that we talk about destroying the sphere of the gods, I'm like, you know what? Maybe Naboo's not that far off because that takes care of New Genesis, Apocalypse, Gem World, you know, yeah. Mira here. I'm like, you know, let's, it's let's the maybe stuff destroy that you the Sphere want of the gone? Is Dinosaur Island getting out of this? Also, no, no, that's still part of that. <laughs> that's still there. Jess's parents' house? Heaven, Does hell, that get rid gone. of that? The, that's kind of hell, right? The, We'll even get rid of the Sandman universe because the dream will be taken away. Yeah. I, oh. I just, oh, how dare you? You don't even read that. And you're throwing shade. I don't. Yeah. Hey, look, uh, if I have to sacrifice the dream and the nightmare to get rid of Gem World and Mira, I'm fine. Yeah. But yeah, uh, again, I I like this issue enough. I think the art's great. I like looking. Yeah, I like I, looking at the characters. I like seeing them. I like seeing Dead Man flying around uh, at the bar doing things mm-hmm. and stuff. And I like. Uh, I, I yeah. like to see what Swamp Thing and Etrigan. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's always I like a good. Frankenstein's head in a bottle. It, it, it's in a jar, shift. just like my egg over here that I'm trying to pickle. Uh, you know, you have Ragman there. Oh, Get Ragman. rid of that goddamn egg. That's so disgusting. And even that, that's the old Ragman. Isn't that yeah. the weirdest thing? We actually well, made a point at one point to show that the new Ragman was in well, the continuity. This is, again, this is a story over continuity, and this is where a lot of people are starting to have problems with. It's not James Tynan they're having problems with. They're having problems with the idea of this magic being gone, magic this and that, and then you have Shazam, and then that doesn't jive, and then you have this, and it does seem like the DCU, they have to go to a retreat and talk to each other about what they're going to do going forward, because some people who read multiple books are starting to get a little ticked off about, you know, what means something in one book doesn't mean something in another, and I know that's always the case, but the continuity is really starting to get stretched thin. It's, and it's way out now. Yeah, you know it is. Yeah. Well, even uh, this, you know, the Sphere of the Gods, a part of that is Olympus as well. I'm like, yeah. how many people are going to take care of Olympus? Because that's been, like, decimated in three different books now. Yeah, that's has. already, that's, I mean, in this book, it's already out, too, so uh, who knows? Yeah, uh, yeah, it, yeah. It, it is, it's it's definitely uh, overboard, I would say, if they've gone too far with yeah. uh, story over continuity. However, Seems like there are big changes afoot at Detective Comics Publishing, so we'll see. Yeah, that's what it seems, so we'll see what's going on. Now, if it does pare down books, this book will survive. We we know it will. It's it's one of the bigger books now, so this will continue, and it seems to be part of the plans with the Justice League, and Scott Snyder has this big plan going on, so this book will continue. Uh, Some others might not, like a Justice League Odyssey. I don't know that that's going to keep going, but but we'll see. But uh, yeah, the art in this is really good, except, like I said, that Khalid looks crazy, but the the other art to me, I'm telling <laughs> you, know, you. I like just a vase. Leave him alone. I'm telling you, and and I did think one thing, and I, I'll, I'll say this: the the page where the panels make up the vase is great. I wish yeah. that the vase itself would have been a little smaller. I know that it would have made maybe some of these panels not able to, but when you're reading it digitally, you kind of lose the idea that it's the vase at first, and you're going, and then yeah, you realize, yeah. and then you're like, oh my god, that's awesome, because that is an awesome page. I just wish that I digitally it kind of didn't come off as great uh, as, as it should have. Because of that guided view, boy? I don't use that guided view. I'm I'm telling you right now, I have to scroll a little to get to the bottom. So as I'm scrolling and reading, and that's the other thing I'm reading and looking, and I'm like, but when I realize, I'm like, holy crap, that's awesome. But yeah, most of the art's great, and that 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 
last page is freaking amazing. Uh, that la- it's funny too because that last page is very reminiscent of the uh, crime syndicate. Uh, you know, yeah. you had that cliffhanger. They are awesome cliffhanger pages. So I'm looking forward to that. And I, I think that I'm a little more positive on this issue uh, overall. But what'd you give it, Reggie? Uh, I enjoyed it a hell of a lot. You know, I had uh, some problems with the uh, standing around and, you know, not doing anything. Basically, the, the whole book was sort of a put a pin in it until uh, yeah. it's time to run to Mira and then reveal the Lords of Order. But I still I still like the idea of the other kind. I still think they're pretty creepy. I don't mind the slaughtering. I do like I like the killing. I'm much I like, like the slaughtering. <laughs> I like and, the slaughtering. Uh, the, the, you know, the I do think the artwork and plotting in this is terrific. Uh, you know, I think there are a lot of double, you know, uh, double pages spreads, yeah. two page spreads, but you can't, you can't tell me that it's, uh, light on words. You no. know what I mean? Like, there's definitely, you get your money's worth, uh, with Tynan's big on those double page spreads. The way know, he, he writes it out, he is, he is big but, on those. But usually when people use those, it's so they can burn through a book, yeah. like, record time. This like one, you, you are going to yeah. get your, your 10 minutes minimum out of it, and, uh, maybe then some if you linger over a panel or two. So, uh, I'm really enjoying it. It didn't tickle me right in my Reggie bone like the last issue did, but I still enjoyed it, so I gave it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going probably a 6-8. I, I'm liking it. I'm liking the art. I'm kind of getting, but I need more more character work and less of the scavenger hunt going on. Uh It's also, you know, Tynan is a Scott Snyder boy. Who's your boy, they say. Oh, and so boy. it is starting to get to that formula of darkest before the dawn. We're seeing this where every step that they take, they're just a little behind. They're, you know, everybody's getting slaughtered, very similar to everything that Scott Snyder does recently. And, you know, that kind of gets a little old as well. Um But the art was great. The cliffhanger's great. I love Khalid being in this. I like seeing him back, though he seems a little off. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see the Lords of Order and see what's going on with that melted mass. It's crazy. Uh, so yeah, six, eight. I can almost go to a seven. I just don't want people in the Slack chat to think I'm that positive. So <laughs> I, I'm going to go six, eight so they can yell at me. They need somebody to yell at, you know? Oh, the That's yelling. All it is. Yeah, the they, just, yelling. they just yell at me. And then, you know, I, I have to defend that I like books with teenagers in them and right. not like this. Yeah, so, uh, Eric, what do you give it? While I give my score, please go back and look at that vase scene, because I'm looking at the second panel in there, and I'm not sure, but the one guy in there looks like he has the greatest American hero symbol on his chest. (laughs) I'm not sure or not. But uh, I really enjoyed the art in this issue, and while my biggest problem is the scavenger hunt aspect with Wonder Woman Zatanna dealing with Mordrew, Everything else, though, I really had a good time with. You know, the Oblivion Bar is a little over the top just because we keep having slaughter after slaughter there and having all of these magical beings in one place for a prolonged amount of time seemed a little silly. But Naboo being the big bad, even more in my mind than the other kind, it really is intriguing to me. And I even like what Man Bat's doing with him trying to take a scientific approach to using magic. It was just a lot of fun for me, but I just don't want us to go from place to place to try to find something like we do in so many books, because that'll kill me. But a 7 out of 10 is what I'm going to give this issue. Yeah, I don't know. The, the Both guys have that symbol, so I don't know what exactly that is. That must be some other characters that I'm not aware of. I have no idea. Myself. Believe it or not, uh, Eric's losing his hair. You never <laughs> thought it could be so free. <laughs> But yes, there you go. Uh Reggie, what are you gonna go off and talk to Chris about now? 
House of Whispers number six. House of the Whispers is what yeah. you're doing. Oh, my. The House of the Whispers. House of the Whispers. Ah, uh, yes. But there you go. Thank you for coming on, Reggie. And I, I hope next, next week you have Aquaman, right? That's the one. That's book. right. That's my only book. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully that gets better. Have, have you peaked that? Again? I have Nightwing. Yeah, yeah have Eric only has one next week as well. I have five. <laughs> you son of a bitch. So or we'll go <laughs> off. But uh, uh, we will go off now to listen to Chris and Reggie. I want Welcome back to the Sandman Universe segment on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have another closure of an arc, if our training is correct, right, Chris? Mm -hmm. We think so. We We think think so. Although, I'm (laughs) I'm less sure about this one than I was about the dreaming, I'll tell you that. But uh, this is House of Whispers number six by Nalo Hopkinson and Dan Waters writing. Dominique Domo Stanton and John Rauch. On art duties, so uh, all right, we're gonna do our best, right, Chris? We're, we are going to we uh, we've got the uh, we've got the tack boards on the wall with the strings <laughs> and all this do, stuff. We're we're gonna try to decipher this. We yeah. really are gonna try, yeah. So, uh, Madam Ezruli, we're gonna call her currently Ezruli Red Eye, but for our purposes, we're I'm just always gonna call her Madam Ezruli. That's how we met her. Yes, but we know that she's got other entities. Uh, and that's who she is now. She's having trouble sleeping, which actually isn't a problem because, as we hear, we learn gods don't need to sleep. But uh, all of this <laughs> internal conflict between her three sister selves that we know of uh, is having a negative effect on her. For this reason, Uncle Monday's alligators, who are standing guard over Ezruli, decide not to tell her when they see her Napoleon husband, whose name is actually Agwe, uh, splash into the water below them and dissolve. Yes, and uh, speaking of Uncle Monday, he's off to the Dreamings Library in order to find out maybe a way to get out of the Dreaming. Uh, he sneaks in through the sewers in his alligator form, which, if you recall, is a uh, is a what an alligator walking upright, wearing a top hat. Basically, uh, in this case, he, he's crawling. I think I think he can go stand like uh, the, <laughs> the alligator in, in standing, Pogo yeah. cartoons, but no, this, he's slinking up the stairs. He's in this slinking one. this time. Now, Uncle Monday looks for the proper book by uh, having them speak their contents aloud. Uh, he's discovered in the middle of the act. Uh, he, he's, they, they catch him, so he grabs two random books and takes off. He smashes right through the glass window of a high tower. And now we learn Uncle Monday's origin story that he has to relive as he runs away. Uh, he was a severely beaten slave from the 18th century who escaped capture and fell in with the Seminole tribe in the area of Florida. Uh, they treated him at their own as their own. He learned the ways of the alligator and eventually... All of them became alligators and escaped into the swamp, and I guess he became super alligator. So <laughs> that's that's how that happened. Over in New Orleans, some kind of parade and or funeral is happening. Uh, rather than address it, Maggie tells us that off-panel, in between issues, Miss Turtle said someone here could make sense of the pages that the book uh, from that book that Habibi stole from uh, Shakpana, the uh, plague god of whatever. Yeah. Also, Miss Turtle had to go back to her home planet. P.S. She died along the way, so we won't be seeing her anymore, at least for the Aww. near future. <laughs> uh, at the funeral, if if it even is a funeral, uh, the, the girls are reunited with their father. He explains that he was saved from a tsunami by one of these revelers, which we did see last issue, which I guess is why he's here. That, that kind of makes a little bit of sense. I guess. Because uh, that's, who, that's who is here. There are all the people that were worshipping Madame Ezruli in the first issue that uh, have been kind of looking to find out where she is. 
including Alter Boy. He's also he's also there, and he's relieved that uh, the whole family's reunited. Uh, Habibi shows him the pages from Shakpana's book, and at first Alter Boy doesn't want to believe that Shakpana is behind all of this, but he figures that they better get Shakpana right quick and performs this ritual to do so. Uh, Shakpana shows up in the body of one of Azruli's followers, and he's not thrilled. Yes, and Azruli, meanwhile, snaps awake and realizes that her Napoleon husband has dissolved. She uh, dives into the water to get him, and he's down there, uh, all drowning, and Azruli suggests that the gravity of love might just pull them together. Then we cut right back to Earth. Shakpana faces not only the congregated people, but the spirits of Azruli's two other husbands that we have met before. That's the hammer-wielding native giant guy and the two-headed snake monster. Mm. So... They attack Shakpana, who calls upon his ghosts for more power. And that would be the ghosts that are congregating in the dreaming, you see. Uh, now they are trying to drain Azruli's power to feed Shakpana, which I didn't know they could do. That's interesting. I, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't even realize they were controlled by Shakpana, quite frankly. I didn't realize yeah, that was a true. thing. Uh, and here's another weird thing. He shoves his <laughs> arms through Habibi and Lumi, which sends their ghosts to the dreaming, too. But because he's touching them, I think, as Ruli can call through them to speak to her two other husbands. Which I Chris, I did think was an interesting aspect, if that's even truly happening. If that's what's hap- if that's what we're seeing, yeah. But regardless, it didn't didn't even do any good. Whatever whatever no. it was <laughs> did, didn't what didn't work or they didn't hear it or they couldn't do anything, so it was irrelevant. It was. Uh now Uncle Monday shows up and he he maybe scares them off. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, something scares the ghosts away, and uh they dive into other people's dreams at this point. Uh as really bemoans the dissipation of her Napoleonic husband, who might have been able to take them all home. But he lacks a spine in his current form. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. He's basically like a bunch of goop, goop. that can't be. Uh, it's just like slopping together. Yeah. So uh, Uncle Monday suggests that they use the houseboat for the spine. Uh, he says that someone may be able to help them, but it's not clear who that person is. No, it's sort of implied that the person in question is Maggie or Latoya. Who show up in their ghost forms, but I really I can't say I I don't know who they it's, mean. It's a flip of a coin here. Yeah, and, I, don't, and, I don't know. And maybe maybe we're not supposed to. Maybe the the, the person that's going to help them is going to be Superman. You know what I mean? Like you know, maybe it's, <laughs> it maybe it'll be like a really a crazy reveal. Like I, I'm not I'm I'm so I don't know what he meant by that statement. Uh, as Ruli also says, we need to get back to the ghosts. We need to get back those ghosts that escape into dreams. So it's a uh, full speed ahead. Madame Azruli's houseboat takes off for. Someplace? I don't know. Uh, her Napoleon husband's face is on the bow of the ship, which is kind of funny. Kind of a Thomas the Tank Engine yeah, kind of thing going on there, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So, the, the, is it clear yet to you, Chris? Did that clear it all up for you? You know, I, I tried reading this book like three or four times, and yeah. the only time I was able to get through it was with your notes here. Um, yeah. Because this thing is just all over the place. And, uh... uh yeah. <laughs> Even now, it almost feels like we're speaking Greek. It really this this is what we talked about early on was that we were getting a lot of esoteric, ethereal things, things. and they were they were cool. But if we didn't get a frame for anything about them, like why they were happening, what they meant, then it was just going to become nonsense. And that's where we are right now. This there's just things happening, and I don't understand most of them. This the the whole thing with with. uh, the the uh, Shakpana's ghost uh, suddenly they belong to Shakpana. I didn't know that. The whole like no. what is what is this like? 
uh, Uncle Monday walks in the library and the books can talk to him? Like, is this? They, a, yeah, they read their contents out loud. Yeah, yeah does, is, is it a Disney talk. cartoon, or is that is that a thing? Or is this I, one of his powers? But yeah. that, and that's that's the thing. I bet if we if we looked into it, we'd be like, oh, he's the patron saint of I don't know book blurbs or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> of a flap copy. But uh, we don't know that, so it, it doesn't make any sense. You're just like, well, if, if like to my mind, if he can do that. Well, then just hop on a broomstick and flit right out of here, right? Like, Get up and gone, yeah. You obviously have a lot of skills. Um, it's, it really is just, a, it feels like a total mess right now. And it's, it was, uh, whether this is supposed to be the end of an arc or not, I, you know, again. Who knows? It's tough to say. It kind of has a, it kind of feels like it is moving someplace. But, you know, the, the situation with Shakpana is still in play. Still a lot ongoing. of other stuff. Yep. Uh, I also very much dislike that the whole conversation with Miss Turtle happened well, between, well, outside the book yeah, yeah between between comics and that shakpana as we read in the end of last one he came into the dreaming but that seemed not to be true anymore yeah. so uh yeah. that that tells me there was some editorial hinky back there uh, what, what do you have to say now that i've uh, yapped it up all over the place but, you know it's like uh some some stories are written to where you read them through the first time, and then you have this big discovery, this big reveal. So then you could read through it again, and everything makes sense. Like, and you're like kicking yourself for missing things. Yeah. But when you're when you're parlaying an entire comic book story on a Haitian mythology, that that we're you know we're not privy to. There are no liner notes in these books. Right. We would actually have to go grab an encyclopedia or hop on Wikipedia to get the references here. So if you're if you're intermingling these two things, you're not slipping anything past the goalie. Yeah. So this isn't as clever as I think it thinks it is. I mean, it's neat if you want to incorporate all this stuff, but give us some context. Like you said, frame it for us. Let us know why we should care that these things are happening. Make us make make the light bulb go off over our heads here, uh, where it, with where without having to go to Wikipedia to find out which as Ruli we're looking at. Right. It just I, seems I, so I, lazy. We shouldn't have to do that. You know what I mean? No. You no. should have everything you need in your four dollar comic book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I, you know that 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 may be where the disconnect is for us, though, Chris. Is that we believe that, and that they <laughs> might, they, might, they may not believe that, you know. And I'm just kind of like, well, you know, we are at an impasse there. But uh, yeah, we shouldn't have to, you know. You might be, you know, if the story is great, you might be interested in doing more research. But mm-hmm. you you shouldn't have to do that. And I I specifically yeah. didn't. I, you know, I wanted this book to unfold as just a story and see how well sure. it did. And the, and the most frustrating thing is they have the characters necessary that could help us learn about these things in uh, Lumi, Habibi, Latoya and Maggie. Yeah, the point of view characters. That yeah. These could be them, but they kind of took Latoya and Maggie off the, off the, the field immediately by, you know, giving them Cotard's delusion and having them just yeah. be a couple of sad sacks mourning around all day. And like the two little girls, I, I mean, to be honest, I think that kind of would have been, uh, cool, possibly cute to learn about this through their eyes. Through them, sure. um, but we because it would have been for you know, explain it to me like I'm five. It would have been like that. It would have helped us out. You know, but when we when we finish recording, if I tell you like what's the difference, if I ask you to tell me what's the difference between Habibi and Lumi, you're gonna forget who I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they, they they barely figure into the story at all. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, I think they were gone for three issues and they showed up again last issue. Yep. And and this time, you know, they become a conduit to the dreaming. Like, really? That's big information. You know that that, that yeah. to me, that's not a throwaway thing. Like, wow, you exactly. There's your connection. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was it was very disappointing. I can't 
can't really say anything otherwise. Visually, it's as good as it ever was. So if you ever sure. thought it was good, you will continue to think it's good. I think it's good. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's flawless, but you know, I don't need flawless. But the, that's that's not my problem with this. There's nothing visual with it. Uh, yes, it's, it's all in the storytelling. Uh, on the site, I gave it a five five point five out of ten. What do you think you would give it in the uh, fantasy world? I I think that's a very fair score because this is a this is a subpar comic book, uh, especially if it's if this is the end of an arc. I mean, I couldn't imagine paying the what was it twenty four dollars for sure. this or or whatever the trade. Co- Can you imagine buying a trade and getting to that page where the damn boat is taking off to You're somewhere? Like, what in the it's hell like, is going what, on? What is, like, why did I? Why did I? Why is this on my shelf now? Oh, maybe the trade oh. will be annotated. Maybe there'll be. Uh... <laughs> it better be. It better. It, it, you should be have like one of those QR codes you can scan with your phone, so you go to like the right Wikipedia page to go. understand a page. There you go, and then next thing you're on a mailing list for the rest of your life. You know, for the rest of your Do life. You want to join the, the true church, man? No, I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I should not have done that. But anyway, uh... <laughs> and, you know, this this to me was it, it really could have been a better learning opportunity. And when I think about it. This is the way a lot of Sandman was written in that there's a lot of references to, I God, there's so many references to literature, uh, religion, but there's so many that you're going to get some, you know, he casts a wide net mm-hmm. so that you're going to have, I think, framework when you're going to know, all right, I haven't read this Shakespearean drama, but I know it's a Shakespearean drama, that kind of thing. Uh, this This is highly specific. The, the the quality of the stories overall in Sandman might have might have made you want to follow up. Yeah. Where this, I mean, this is just stuff happening. This is a music video. You know, this is just stuff happening. It is. It and is. there's there's no no compulsion to do any kind of uh, back end study work. It's, I mean, your your comic shouldn't come with homework to begin with. But this is just. We said it off the air. It was like it, it, there's just so much stuff going on that we're being like baffled into boredom. Yeah, and uh, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, you, you you get to a point you're just inundated and you're so disconnected from you unknowing what's going on. With, yeah, it's just also it, not. Uh, it kind of occurred to me today. Where did where did Miss Turtle even come from? I don't even know where why she, she just showed up. She just showed up and Shakpana tried to the, kill her. The, 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 the cherub, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh. I'm just sitting there like she she came and then like she she existed I guess to make let everyone escape that apartment and now she's just kind of like buzzed off you know like she's gone so uh, all right we'll see you someday anyway uh, what, what do we got coming up here we uh, we think we're we're probably we're about eighty five ninety percent sure we got Lucifer issue number five coming out and uh, Lucifer number four was a big improvement on the previous three yeah. so uh, hopefully that this uh, this fifth issue continues that uh, upward trend for us absolutely I, I to be honest I'm I wouldn't say I'm like uh, you know with waiting I'm not looking forward breath, but, but, no, but I I, I, I am writing. curious I'm very curious to see what happens if they can slip a couple of more tumblers into place. This, sure. this could become a uh, an interesting story. So uh, we're pretty sure we don't have those comps yet. Recording this a little earlier, figuring. but we're we're, we're pretty sure they 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 haven't missed a date yet. The uh, Sam fellas. So uh, we have no reason to think otherwise. I wonder if they're going to have annuals. You think they're going to do that? Oh Lord. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. They could they were, they could have done it last month, but they, they didn't bother. So we'll see. But uh, I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. Got anything else for him? Ah, that ought to do it. 
Well, until next time, folks, I want you to keep it to dreamy. See ya. You need a cavalry squad to battle these gods with apathy rocks to even the odds. You need cops after me with gas cops. Yo, it's mail call. It is mail with Eric. Here we go. And this is mail section number three, starting with Ruben. Ruben. Right. Hey, Jim and Eric. I haven't written in What's a up, while. Ruben? And after hearing that you are reviewing Goddess Mode, I feel compelled to do so. Still haven't done it on the site. I still no. I'll even tell you right now. What's this it, Goddess Mode? I'll tell you right now, Eric Shea. It's late. I am getting on tonight. To, I still haven't read that issue. I, I've been trying to. I'm really having some problems. I'm sure John Jack can relate. Just finally thawing out from the snow cu- snowpocalypse that hits Seattle every snow 10 again. years or so. Oh, my. I've had time to argue. I thought oh, I was going to make a joke about heroin. <laughs> I couldn't oh, my really, God. I, I jokes thought, about that, I'm you, you I had, Heroin is not a joking matter, Aaron. No. The leg man does not joke about cocaine. I've had time to argue with Jim in the slack about Batman and laugh scenes and then have the writer prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, kids, but not much else. Still, I want to get back in the habit of writing in more regularly. I said that once you talk to us in the slack and everybody, it's not just us, but talk, you kind of don't write in anymore because Been it's- Been there, it's, done that. Well, and, and you also, boys all week. It's, it's, yeah. And why write in on a Thursday and then you have to wait till Sunday to hear your mail? You can just yell at me in the slack. Here are my thoughts, and that's all that happens, yelling yeah, at me. Here is. are my thoughts on Goddess Mode. The premise and setting interest me greatly, but it's quickly becoming too dense. I'm get, giving a new writer a benefit of the doubt, but it's over-narrated. That's a problem. I, I said right away, I, I have read the other issues, just not this third yet. And I said one of the problems with a new writer tends to be that they think they have to overwrite things that instead it, they don't get the you know the whole synergy of art to story so they're thinking of a story in their head and when they throw it out there everything is spelled out in the dialogue and stuff like that and i do think uh that the is that lady, what happens yeah that's a big problem i think i'm just telling you i i have noticed this and there. heroin heroin's I, also a problem it is that's a real big problem you gotta be rich right that's the rich man's drug no, man. that's heroin isn't that what is it? Heroin? That's uh, October 31st. I told you, I, I went, as a kid, and I'll t- I told this story before, but as a kid, I heard that Jimmy Page did heroin. I thought you had to be a rock star, rich rock star with a castle to do this heroin. And you just stayed in town a little bit longer and you realized Damn right. that now was I not realize, true. I, I'm going down. I'm like, why is Jimmy Page in all these alleys in Quakertown? <laughs> you should be there, Jimmy Page. I think the writing is making a few cool ideas hard to understand. Plus, I see these other people doing the heroin, Eric. They can't play a double neck guitar like the Jimmy Page. That's not happening. Still, I really like the view of future society that is completely plugged into the Internet and a super AI. You you haven't seen that before, right? (laughs) Right? Hmm. I don't know what we're talking about. He just said it's it's a thing about a future society that's completely plugged into the internet with a mm. super AI. It never works out, right? I'm also intrigued no, by the cyber virus, the cyber oh, herp. 
Finally, I'm Pretty a fan much. of the hero as a day job. The series is definitely a blend of a few familiar tropes. Can I hear you can't joke about heroin either? I don't know. No. Nope. Matrix and Dot Hack come to mind. Do you ever watch Dot Hack, the anime? No, I don't even know what that is. This is the first I'm hearing about it. I don't it's, think it's real, it's like funny. the coyotes. Well, it's funny too, because usually when people say to me, like, hey, uh, I like your site, how would you describe Eric's writing? And I just oh, think of no, that anime. Dot hack. No, no, Matrix, I think. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Mind blowing. Uh, he's a dot The first hack. time you read it. <laughs> he's a dot hack. I had a bunch of dot hack uh, fan subs, but I'm having with it. That's my, that's my uh, nerd cred right there. It'll probably give at least he'll give it at least six issues. I I don't know that this is an ongoing. I'm I'm thinking it might only be six issues. I don't know. I don't know how things work like that. Thanks for reviewing it. Even if you hate it, I'll enjoy your insight. I'm confused by it, Eric, is what I'm doing. Kind of like the Tell ladies. Tell me about it, Jim. Kind of like dating the ladies, Eric. I wish I had. a very confusing I time for a man. I wish there was a dating app where you didn't have to swipe left or right. That's all I need, it's, Eric. Well, I guess left and no, right no, gets no. a little too confusing. Stop it. Don't don't let it out of the bag. I'm holding <laughs> You broke this up, motherfucker. Anyway, keep it short this week. Uh, take it easy, guys. Keep it. Oh, he's keeping it short. I, I yes. thought that we were supposed to. He's like demanding the podcast Jim always keeps it short whether he wants to or not yeah really i'm gonna have a short fuse uh, with you and i'm gonna slice you <laughs> regards your Joe name damn right it's <laughs> short fuse that would be if they did i would go first off i'd slice shipwreck's neck right there oh, I'd no. get him, say, Look. and then i and also i'd He's make the best i'd make polly watch the whole time <laughs> that's how i'd get Look, polly no matter what happens polly is watching that is true. that's polly's bag that right there <laughs> polly's been waiting years for this to happen <laughs> cobra commander that's right polly I'm telling you, I was watching that for a bunch of times. I'm like, God damn, this show is, is driving me nuts. Repairman Jack's next. What's Thank up, you, guys? Thanks, Ruben. Repairman, Repairman Jack, Jack says, what's up, guys? I'm still hating comics and barely reading any. At the pace I'm going, I will be about three months behind this week, except on a couple titles. I'm liking Shazam and the Shazam Family Values and Young Justice seems good and bad at the same time. But other than that, most everything else annoys me about halfway through the issue and I stop reading again. I have been reading a shitload of actual books, though. Them, they they're novels. Weird. He says novels. Weird. Ooh-wee. Look at you, you fancy man. You put your pinky up when you're reading. And your pictureless yes, books. Yes. Oh, my. And I thought <laughs> I'd email in to give a few recommendations that I thought would fit in well with the listeners and some might want to pick up. It's a oh. three-book series called The Reckoners by Brandon Sanderson, with the first book being Steelheart. Is that a heavy metal band? It's basically Should a be. book about some people in the world one day suddenly getting superpowers, only the people that get them basically have no inhibitions and feel as if they are no consequences to their actions. So they basically go evil. Like this this sounds heroin. like Chronicle. The book follows a group of humans who are basically making it their life mission to just kill as many of the people with superpowers as they can. That sounds cool. First book, Steelheart, is basically Superman, and he has one of the first one people thought would turn out to be a good guy. He showed up the bank robber to stop it, but ended up just wanting to be an emperor and was mad at the other Spoilers, man, robbing a bank in his territory. Ten years later, the world is basically in ruins with a few good spots for human spots there, uh, to live are basically areas where some of the more powerful epics decide to reign as dictator or king and allow for some good 
uh, kind of working economy and infrastructure. Tons of twists and turns and a lot more going in it than just basic people with basic superpowers. But I thought I'd give a general idea and say I'd highly recommend it. For the My Hero Academia fans, imagine if Deku uh, never got powers and instead All Might killed his mom and he spent the rest of his life wanting to kill All Might. Boy, that would Deku, aren't those the nuts that Link gathers in uh, Legend of Zelda? Deets nuts! This, uh, basically, this series. Uh, Maybe one uh, day I'll get bored of reading books again and come back full force to comics, but most of these writers I can't stand to read through a whole issue with anymore. You've been repaired, Eric. There you go. I remember when I used to read them fancy books. You're right. I I used to love it. I'm like, huh, what is this? That's what you tell me. I don't know if I believe you, but you told me this. I like this book. What does it say? A bridge? Oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> I used to have these like illustrated classics as a kid, and I like Tale of Two Cities. And it, it, I'm telling you, it, it was like a little digest type book that may have had 80 pages. And boy, I thought I was fancy. I made these <laughs> these little kids' versions. We, we were fancy with the Hardy Boys. Oh, yes. Yeah, I did. And next uh, email is from our man, Dancing Mike. Will he be our man by the end of this, Eric? <laughs> we don't know. Dancing Mike says, hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric. And hello, mother. I'm warning you right now, this is a long email. I'm known for having a long email, unlike Eric. And it's going to sound a bit like a Festivus airing of grievances. But I've got to get a lot off my chest. And if I were drawn by Tim Sale, it would be much more sizable and feminine chest. Indeed. Eric had to get a lot off his chest the other day, but we won't go into that. It was a little disgusting. First of all, a big shout out to Get Fresh Koopy. Ship. And a couple of special shout outs. I, I don't have that sound up, so I had to do it myself. And you like that one? It was pretty good, right? A big shout out to Polly P. It was correct in mentioning that Jim needs to get his eyes checked and stop wearing the same fucking contacts for years on end. Maybe Eric Why should Polly start P. reading. Why does Polly P. get the credit for this? I've been telling this shit for years. No, no, no. Maybe Eric should start reading the email now so Jim won't do things like totally botch my best line of the year. He said that it, and this is how he says it, so I'll say it like he did. Jan, Brady's, old, boyfriends, brother, Adam, glass. There you go. I love to. It's the Dancing Mike is upset that I messed up his email with a line that only me and you and him got. (laughs) that's all that got that don't know where partner came in there when you read it but i don't know how you do things in quakertown and now i really don't want to know what the issues between you and your brother are now eric also paulie p knows a an overrated douchebag of a writer when he reads one i don't know what he's talking about a special shout out to my man again he's my man jim and you ain't woman enough to take my man pete from nyc i'm talking to him tonight on the podcast so take that Take that yeah. dancing mic. And I think everyone, are you there, Eric? You, you've gone uh, somewhere. I don't know what's going on. And I think everyone in the GFC knows there's a reference to the 1966 Loretta Lynn song because your youth correspondent Jolly Drew has been rocking it lately on the recommendation of Brian Michael Bendis. But thank you to Pete for having the courage to call out horrible podcast hackery when he hears it. Keep up the good fight, Pete. I, I start to get, and then this email will get even worse from here. I, I'm going to tell you. I, I start to wonder why. 
people listen to us. <laughs> I really do. I take shots from left and right. Uh, another shout out to Chris Rimmer and Jordan from the DC Comics Squadcast for their great reviews on The Green Lantern by Grant Morrison. I like being able to hear reviews of that book, and I haven't heard that book being reviewed on this podcast or a Patreon spotlight. Of course, throwing shade at Reggie because he will not yeah. listen to anything that Reggie's on. There you go. Uh, here's the deal. Reggie reviews it, and that's what you get. If you don't like it, you, you get what you get, and you don't get upset. Uh, there you are. But, yeah, I don't want people to hear this and think that we do not review it. In fact, we do. I will tell you that I think the book's garbage, and I wish we didn't review it. So there. Garbage. Now, and, and Dancing Mike obviously hasn't heard the reviews. I am not hip on that book. Now i got to no, complain about censorship and fake news. So, Jim, how is it prog- how is it progress when for 150 plus shows or so you have a full soundboard and working rant and rave line? And now you have a very limited soundboard and the rant and raves are gone. Now, number one, I think we probably didn't have the rant and raves for that long uh, because it took no me all that time to get the soundboard. Here's the deal. We decided to actually spend money so that the overall podcast sounds better. I'm saying I, I do think that, there is a great improvement in the sound quality of this yeah, podcast now. Yeah. And if if we go back to the old way, uh, I still am having problems because the, the thing that we used as a soundboard and the way I'm telling you, it's not an easy thing. As some other people who do podcasts, it's not an easy thing to have this whole soundboard deal involved. I've had people who have podcasts ask me how I did it and I explain it and they're like, that's too complicated. There's too many nonsense things involved and they don't do it. But the way that we do it now, we actually pay for a service so that the podcast sounds better. This service only allows a couple sound effects and things like that, which it does suck for me. But we're kind of getting to the point where the sound effects are a little too much anyway, I think. A lot of people were sick of them. And the rant raves I <laughs> was doing. You. I was too. I know. Uh, at the minute that we get it back, and that fart soundboard is going nuts. Oh, it's going full board. I hope it never comes now, back. Here's the thing. He's asking about the rant and raves gone. They weren't gone for a while. I was like I, I even said during the earlier in the podcast, I was getting up at 630 on Sunday morning to do three hours of rant and raves uh, and so that I can edit the podcast. And yeah, some of that really got, you know, it got a little too much and things like that. But right now, the big thing with this deal we record is the sound effects do not have a way to pause them that is the only thing that's stopping us from doing it and in in fact when we did have you you should notice we haven't had a wrong turn game in a while because if i have to do a wrong turn game it ends up being basically about 22 separate little sound effect deals in this we have to record a whole probably six sessions of recording and then I splice them all together because it just can't do it. But it's just how it is. And when you read yeah. my emails, you make some interesting choices of what to censor. So you can't say the R word. Oh, the horror. But you can and do throw uh, out what I refer to as the GD word with alarming frequency. He says, I said it tonight just to get under his fucking crawl. And uh, the other thing is, Dancing Mike, you've never told me that you don't like that word. And if you told me, I would never say it again. 
You're not censoring me. You're asking me that I'm saying something that you are upset about. And I don't want to upset people. I got an email where the person asked me nice and respectfully, can you please not say that word? And you know what I said? I will try not to because you asked nice and you had a reason. It's not censorship. Censorship would be somebody writing in and saying, you say that again, I'm going to report you to somebody and then do. No, the guy asked me respectfully. If you want to if you want to get a hold of me and say I don't like the GD word, then I'll never say it again. And you know what happened, Mike? When I stopped saying it and said, "Okay, I'm not going to say it." Three people in the Get Fresh crew beep boop, boop, boop. message me and thanked me for not saying it because it was something that really upset them. Because they either had relatives that were the R word or they had sons and daughters that were the R word and they were very upset, but they would never say anything to me because they didn't want to censor me. That's not censoring. That's asking, please. And you know what? I don't want to upset people, which is this email. You're upsetting me. So there you go. I say it in this podcast. Now you're saying I'm not going to say that word ever again. So there you go. So basically it's that if the, if you say this, you can't say that. And really, a guy who uh, really, uh, me and you talk a lot and I love you just like everybody else and maybe a little more. You ended up saying something and putting up a tweet that you know of on Twitter. I was told to take it down, which I couldn't. It was your tweet. I was told that DC didn't want anything to do with that. That is censorship, and I didn't go for it. And I told them basically, no, I'm not going to do that. It's an inside joke. He didn't mean any harm by it. They didn't think so. I got blocked by at least two people from that, the guy who basically is in charge of deciding if we get the books, and also Steve Orlando. They blocked us. Steve Orlando, though I don't like his writing, was talking to us, and we could ask him questions. can't do that anymore. The guy who basically is the main key component to us talking to anybody at D.C. just just told us that we're done with them, and they hate our guts. I didn't change anything then because I didn't think that you were doing anything wrong. Again, that is pretty much one of the most – the worst thing that's happened to this podcast and and the site was that. I mean, really, D.C., from that point on, ask Eric. I'm not lying. They were very nice to us and really oh, appreciated yeah. us and used to say to us, boy, you, you, the way that you guys rip into the books, we're fine with this. You know, we want everybody to have their own opinion. The minute that that Steve Orlando tweet went off, every avenue that we ever had closed. I, I can't get a hold of anybody at D.C. If I want to get a hold of anybody Besides, like we said, Scott Snyder, which you'll yell about later. Uh, I have to ask Reggie. Reggie still talks to some of the people. They still love him. They hate my guts. But hey, I said, you're part of the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop. Beep, you're boop. more important to me. You know, and then that's the whole deal. There you go. I'm getting angry now. I'm just getting upset. Oh, I, know. I just, it, it, I, I just, I, I've had some really bad weeks. And I just it's it's almost like when when Mike, when you get mad like this and say stuff like this, it's it's as if my brother is stabbing me in the back is what it feels like. It maybe even my lover, Eric, my lover is <laughs> uh, while we're on the topic of weird censorship. I never do you hear me. Jim never wrote that smarmy guy, Scott Snyder. Uh, smarmy doesn't seem like something I would say. Right. 
That doesn't even seem like a word that smarmy. would ever come. Smarmy. I mean, like it saying does, it. it feels weird it has in my a, mouth. It has a weird you know mouth feel. has a weird <laughs> mouth feel, right? He distinctively has purposely wrote uh, that smarmy midget Scott Snyder. Again, I will tell you, I read it because I don't want to censor your email, but there are some people in our audience that, uh, you know, go with that whole deal and they didn't like that either. Again, not censorship. It's somebody who gets a little upset at that and I didn't want to upset them. So there you go. No. I, I censored you by not saying, you know, midget and retard. There you go. You get, you got your wish. All right. You got your goddamn, well, goddamn. wish. How about that? <laughs> That's why we need the rant and rave line back so people can hear. Oh, I actually, I think I, I skipped something. So we'll think, oh, dear, God forbid, with alarming well, frequency. Did. So apparently it's much less important for you and Eric not to offend someone who worships our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, than it is to not offend someone whose real passion is working with retards. Okay. So there you go. You upset your people you wanted to upset. They can get up. And, and really, this is the thing. I, I hope they just like roll their eyes like, there he, there he goes again. At dancing Mike. books, all right. Uh, yes, so that people can hear the uncensored voices that might slightly disagree with you and your toxic Scott Snyder fandom and love for Mark Russell. Otherwise, the whole podcast unravels and becomes more fake. Uh, a Jussie Smollett attack? I don't even know what that I have is. no idea. I don't either. I don't know. He What, what he said was he wants the rent and rave line back. He's He's sick of me with my toxic scott snyder fan <laughs> you, if you if you would see the 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 messages that i get uh sometimes from scott snyder uh, where he is so pissed off that we we said something or, or we put something in a review there's not a friendship uh believe me and now to captain marvel Whew. no not brie larson's captain mavrovrel uh, M-A-R-B-F-V-E-L Mafrebfro I, I don't know The real Captain Marvel Jim, you're always claiming that they can't call him Captain Marvel You don't have rights to that name But in Convergence, what do they call him? Captain Marvel And I recently started reading C- Infinite Crisis And guess what? They call him Captain Marvel Now I'll stop right there to say Number one, they did say an Infinite Crisis Number two, the Convergence is the one from Infinite Crisis. That's why they did that. Number three, they can call him Captain Marvel all they want in the comic. You can't well, market it as Captain Marvel. You can't market a comic as Captain Marvel. So you can't have the Captain Marvel. And I said, you're upset about this. This is from the 60s. DC screwed themselves is what happened with the whole Captain Marvel deal because they ended up suing, uh, you know, to because Captain Marvel was too much like Superman, which ended up having all these problems down there. You know, Fawcett went out of business then, then they bought it. But by then you had uh, Marvel go and get that name and copy. They have the right to the name for marketing purposes. You cannot have a movie called Captain Marvel at DC. You can't have a book called Captain Marvel at DC. You can call him Captain Marvel still in the comic, yeah. but you're just going to confuse people. They actually, exactly. it basically, a long, long time ago, and I'm not singing you know, a song here, but a long time ago, they decided if we can't market him as Captain Marvel, we best start doing something else. And I, I'll point to the 70s Shazam show. That's one of the first times that it really seemed, you know, you had a TV show, the Shazam and Isis Power Hour. It wasn't the Captain Marvel Power Hour. It was the Shazam because the character, you can, you don't want to, you know, confuse people. And from right now, for the most part, most people know him as Shazam. So there you yeah. go. So, uh, and, and to say you're not going to go see the Brie Larson Captain Marvel 
uh, because it's Captain Marvel and not see the Shazam movie because and it's just nonsense. I want to see both. I'm not going to see either. I really don't care. <laughs> I'm I telling you, you I can care less. I re- Eric is one. He likes the Captain Marvel moniker. He loves it. I do. But you just have to go with the flow. I, so while they can't market the series name as Captain Marvel and use it for merchandise, they can call them Captain Marvels in the books all they want. That's true. They can, but why do that? Why have something that you're going to keep saying Captain Marvel and then when people go out, oh, I want a Captain Marvel. Now all they're going to get branded is the Marvel product and they're going to get confused. And if Marvel Comics tried to stop DC from doing that, I think that they would cause much more negative PR than any possible benefit they would gain. Remember, Shazam is the wizard. The hero is Captain Marvel and he doesn't look like that uh, fuck waffle guy that played Chuck. I don't like that guy. And I read this week's G. Wampum Worthington's Wonder Woman simply because I don't want to drop the series without giving a two-week heads up to the Golden Age 1942. Beep boop. Is that a beep boop there? After reading it, I am assured I made the right decision to drop it. It's not good. It's not good. I don't like it. And I got to talk Batman Beyond Mark off the ledge about continuity. talking me off the ledge. It's okay, dude. It really is. For about 75 years, the Joker may or may not have been Batman's true identity, and several writers had a great time playing around with that. Just because that smarmy midget Scott Snyder decided that previous continuity doesn't matter doesn't mean you should take that as gospel. We can always hope that maybe someday Snyder will get arrested for inappropriate relations with little boys, and we can finally retcon all this ridiculous bullshit creative decisions out of existence and put a bullet in Harper Rose's stupid blue haircut. That wouldn't be good. Uh, again, are you trying to just destroy our podcast? You you like the podcast, but yet you come on with your mail just wanting somebody to have problems with us and really tear it down. That's basically what it seems. By the way, I enjoyed Supergirl and Hawkman this week. I did too. So it's not I enjoyed Hawkgirl, Hawkman. So there, I'm done. Until next time, patreon.com. Keep it weird. Seeing some on the sevens there. There you go. I, I'm telling All you, right. some, some of the some of these things. I, I just think he's just there and somehow he's somebody else that he, he's it's a long con and he's somebody else that has <laughs> wanted to bring us down for the deal or just you know upset me. That's Time all to he chip wants away to at do. this stone. Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I I'm not a fan, you know, I'm not a friend of Scott Snyder's, but you know, hoping stuff like that. Well, I'll say stuff about certain people of the podcast. I wouldn't say it on the podcast, but there you no. go. We don't hope anybody, because again, Dancing Mike, you're saying that you're not thinking of the children. So there, so there the they're, they're, you're not thinking, you're not thinking of the victims in there. So there you go. There you go. But yeah, now I'm bummed out. Now I'm bummed out for the entire weekend. Thank you, Dancing Mike, for bumming me out. And uh, yeah, I can open up the rant rave line and then you can talk and bum me out as well. So there you go. But yeah, that's it. That's the mail for the night. I'm going to go and probably uh, start cutting or something. I don't know, but we'll do that. And then we'll be back with more books. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Orlando Zone. Oh, yes. The Orlando Zone is back. It has returned. It's been a really odd 
few weeks for me. Uh, I was very ill with the flu. Um, then my wife broke her elbow. Uh, then her eardrum burst. And then she poured a pot of hot coffee all over her leg. So it, it's been a well and truly uh, weird time in the door household it's it, it's it's been very strange um so it, in some respects the orlando zone is almost a welcome respite from the madness that has been my my normal life but what is normal anyway i don't know uh it's certainly not a steel orlando comic uh this this week uh we're actually going to be looking at electric warriors issue four there's a part of me that thinks that that we've missed a Martian Manhunter, but I'm assuming they've changed the schedule around and we'll perhaps get Martian Manhunter next week. Um, Electric Warriors issue four, it is then. What a strange little series this is. It's, it's so weird. Um, a big shout out uh, to the other loyal, loyal reader of Electric Warriors. As far as I know, he's the only one uh, of the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop that I know of uh, that is is buying this book. And he may, in fact, be the only person on the whole island of Ireland to do so. And that is, of course, my man, Luke Hollywood. Um, we had an interesting conversation, uh, if indeed you can call me ranting in Luke's general direction and him bearing it manfully, if you can call that a conversation, uh, the other day on Slack... Uh, before I'd actually read the issue, um, I had a parents' evening on Wednesday, uh, which is why the voice is a bit husky. Mm. But, uh, yeah, we had a conversation about it, uh, particularly about Firestorm. And we'll, we'll say a little bit more about him later on. Uh, it's just such an odd series. Um, because of its setting, uh, it's set in the... Is it 28th century? Uh, it's set explicitly after uh, after Commandy, um, which is kind of weird because most people assume that Commandy is set in the far future, further even than Legion of Superheroes. Legion of Superheroes would be in the 31st century. Um, and then, of course, it's one of only a number of possible futures. Uh, according to Mr. Orlando himself, um, so it, it's all a bit—it's all a bit odd, isn't it? Very strange. And you get these little references, or, or in some cases, big references to twentieth, uh, twenty-first century uh, DC characters. Uh, and then you've got other references to establish the Legion law, uh, Legion characters, and Legion alien races, and all that kind of stuff. It's just a—it's just an odd little series. Anyway, is it worth reading? Hmm. I suspect the answer to that will depend upon the kind of reader you are. Anyway, let's get stuck in. Uh, this is Electric Warriors issue number four. It's written by Steve Orlando. The art is by Travel Foreman. Uh, the art's very good. Uh, colors are by Hi-Fi. The colors and the art together uh, make this one of the slickest looking books out there at the moment. It, it does look good has to be said it's a little bit um the backgrounds could perhaps be i mean i suppose if, if i was being super critical uh the backgrounds are, are not 
as developed as perhaps they could be or should be. But I think with this kind of uh, futuristic title, you can kind of get away with that because, because from an aesthetic point of view, sort of vast kind of blank backgrounds are kind of what a certain kind of visual sci-fi has been about for, for decades now. So, so you can kind of get away with that lack of detail. Um, where Foreman comes into his own is with with characters and creatures. They're they're just phenomenal, as as indeed um, was the case when he was uh, working on Animal Man in for the New Fifty Two. There, there there are creature designs in 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 that book that that are genuinely creepy. If you haven't read the New Fifty Two Animal Man, well, firstly it's it's a fantastic book, but but Foreman's work there. Um, is uh, is sort of deliberately weird and twisted and uh, and kind of you know it it kind of it it it, it I keep on coming back to the word uncanny which is a Freudian term um, for that feeling you get when you know that something's not quite right but you can't quite put your finger on it uh, it, it it's that sort of you know you it's that ambiguous ambivalent kind of feeling that you get where you think that you know you 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 just can't place something you can't understand something you can't see something quite clearly enough you know that something's there don't know what it is and uh, that's that's the uncanny uh foreman's art is definitely uncanny uh anyway i'm waffling letters by travis lanham published by by dc comics of course it is published by dc comics uh price is three dollars and 99 cents this is issue four of six there are a number of things one can say about steve orlando and i shall be saying some of them later on in this review but he doesn't really do safe last month's issue took the series central premise of interstellar diplomacy conducted through superpowered gladiatorial combat and lobbed weird alien cannibalism into the mix. The result was genuinely unsettling and pushed the whole series in a direction I wasn't expecting. Where do Orlando and the really quite impressive series artist Travel Foreman take us this issue? Let's find out. Well, okay then. First of all, you get this cover uh, on which is uh, a, a pretty impressive, you know, kind of close-up image of a dominator's face. Uh, Dominators are a kind of a weird-looking sort of humanoid aliens with big discs, big red discs on their forehead, and a kind of sort of yellowish sort of skin and kind of piranha-like teeth. So having one of those kind of leering out of you uh, from the cover it is actually a, a pretty effective cell, I, I would suggest. When you open... Uh, well, let me talk about the cover just a little bit more. The problem with the cover is that it is featuring and focusing on a character who is the least interesting part of the whole story. And there's a, I'll talk about this some more in a minute. Okay, so just I'll hang on to the, I'll hang on to that thought and I'll get back to it in a minute. When you turn the page after having seen that admittedly very impressive cover you are then confronted with one of the most disturbing images you will probably see in this week's dc comics and it is of a partially eaten dis dis mostly dismembered uh alien creature suspended by wires from the ceiling with 
weird rods coming out of its head and and its wings kind of which are still intact they haven't eaten the wings the wings are still there the the colorist has done a phenomenal job in in achieving um a kind of corpse like look uh for this for this uh image the the face is kind of more pink and red the body is kind of a sort of mottled bruised kind of sort of greeny orange brown gray kind of color it, it's it's tremendously impressive and also horribly disturbing particularly because you see you know his the last sort of five vertebrae of his spine and the pelvis are fully exposed there's nothing else there's no legs attached to the pelvis no genitals or anything like that thank god for that that would have been pretty awful um but it's a deeply disturbing image and uh to make matters worse this poor winged alien uh gets the first word of the comic which is the word please and he's kind of you know sort of croaking this out so he's still sentient right after this is the guy or one of the guys who last issue we saw him being eaten by uh, a bunch of well-to-do aliens uh, who for whatever reason uh, seem to prize uh, the flesh of these electric warriors whose uh, normal kind of physiology has been augmented uh, by the kind of implantation of this electric seed um, and they've they presumably see it as some kind of delicacy and it the whole thing is deeply deeply disturbing and i said in my review that the dialogue from the aliens uh is is kind of typically orlando-esque um in the sense that it's it, it jars and it's a little bit awkward the weird thing is in this particular circumstance that's entirely appropriate <laughs> so so sort of like because because he wants to get across the fact that these uh creatures are kind of sort of merciless and and uncaring and and just sort of very casual about the fact that they're bidding on this on this still alive kind of alien is is actually quite it's quite effective the way he does it um uh, you know so so you get kind of things like uh, one million, three, if he's functional, which is a stupid thing to say because he's got no freaking limbs. It, it is a bizarre piece of dialogue. Take him. What good's an angel that won't smile? That's particularly perverse. <laughs> so what good's an angel that won't... He doesn't have any lips at this point. <laughs> oh, dear. You see, is it, we're already in... <laughs> We're already on page one, and the comic is is becoming gloriously absurd already. It's amazing. Uh, you, Gildishpan, it's your party. Why do you not bid along? Go ahead, and then then blame it on the Vuldarian booze. Obviously, then they mention the Lord Preceptor. Your absent Lord Preceptor would surely understand. It's all a bit strange and and not terribly well thought out i suppose in a sense it doesn't really 
it doesn't really matter all that much. In terms of, of plot, the whole point of this conversation is to mention the word preceptor, um, which is a, a reference to uh, the 28th century version of Firestorm, which we'll, I'm still not ready to talk about him yet. I will in a minute. Um, and there's there's kind of this this era, era of mystery about who he is and, and what he does and the fact that he's not at the party chowing down on electric warriors uh is is means that there's that air of mystery about him continues to grow of course the problem is and i I think this is this is one of the problems um i've had with orlando comics in the past is that the air of mystery about firestorm there is an aura of mystery about firestorm in the sense that if you have any kind of um affection for the character you want to know just what the hell is he doing here you know as as a as a comic reader for uh for ian and the other characters that air of mystery is about who he is and and you know what what his role is and and what have you the fact of the matter is we already know who he is so that aspect of the mystery is not particularly interesting to us and and as orlando has chosen to make it um the sort of driving force of the plot this issue what he does in the rest of the issue is extraordinarily counterproductive to that aim and i will explain what i mean in a moment uh, the other um, electric warriors are um, listening in to this. They kind of quickly come to a, a realization that they they're probably going to be seen or or discovered at some point, and they need to get back. So they they've they've heard this mention of the Lord Preceptor, and then it's like right, okay, and and they they totally understand what's going on with the uh, half dead and mostly eaten electric warrior so they they now make a decision that we need to get back Uh, and so they the next page they uh they decide to walk back to their uh, i want to say halls of residence but i suppose i probably shouldn't say that their barracks i suppose um and they're, they're talking about what they've seen and they they basically just decide you know we have to find you know this lord preceptor and they're interrupted because the dominator has been challenged by uh, somebody from the planet threlia uh, who looks a little bit like um i, I don't, <laughs> this is such an obscure reference uh, i used to when i was a kid i used to have uh, these little kind of rubbery plastic um monsters that you put on your on the end of your finger and and kind of you wiggle this and it sort of moved it sort of moved around and uh, you know kind of vaguely because you were because you were moving around weirdly enough but when you're a child you don't really think about these things um and and i had i had a uh one of those that looked a little bit like this it's sort of you know one-eyed with a sort of a ridged head coming down to to sort of the um the eyebrow sort of uh, you know uh, just above this single eye it's a very odd looking creature and uh there's a nice kind of there is a nice bit of characterization here and and, and i think you know 
I, I said at the end of my review on the website, if you are somebody who kind of just wants a comic that sort of explores weird alien stuff in the context of the DC universe, th- this is as, as good a comic as you're going to get. Um, and I think, you know, what Orlando does with the Dominator in this issue is, is actually pretty cool. The, 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 the problem I have with it is just that it slows the plot right down uh, and will... We'll we'll get into that some more in a minute. So the Dominator ends up uh, fighting this thing, uh, which apparently can kind of uh, blast beams of power or energy from its massive eye. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of um, Orlando esque trash talking. And Orlando esque trash talking. I want you to imagine that uh, you've got two people who've only just met. And uh, and they, they, for whatever reason, they're down at the pub or at the bar. They've looked at each other funny or whatever, or somebody's one of them has said something unpleasant to the other person's uh, significant other, and they get into a fight. And as they're fighting, they decide to kind of explain more or less where they come from and. Uh, you know what their politics are and all that kind of stuff. It's a little bit like that, um, and and there's a kind of. I, I mean, it is sort of. It is, it is personal up to a point. I mean, this Threlian kind of says, "You dominators still can't make yourselves matter. You raise the galaxy, learn genetics better than any species, and you're still all exactly the same." This is this is not terrible dialogue. It, it, it it's the it's the kind of what orlando does which is which is he has characters explain things to other characters when and really it's obviously to the to the reader during dialogue um there are i think more efficient and better ways of getting that information across at times but here to be fair to orlando he's he is doing that but he's also doing it to make a point to make a point about this particular dominator because because dominators don't really do individuality they they if memory serves me correctly the size of their disc depend determines how um how important they are um but i don't think they actually have one, one or two of them might have titles but i don't think they actually have names this dominator has been given a name uh by i think it was inceptor who was talking to him last issue and he he declares that name um as he turns the tables on the threlian and eventually wins the bout um and it's it's nicely done um as i said before though is it enough to make me really care about this character and i think uh, orlando needs to kind of make a decision about who's really important in in this series you've got six issues we started off with the focus being very much on ian then to a certain extent canna as well and the relationship between them um then we had an issue that was very plot sort of heavy uh, last issue in terms of kind of particularly the big revelation at the end now we've we've we're concentrating on the dominator and Lazarus last issue was was kind of the inceptor sort of issue i suppose now now we're, we're concentrating on the dominator and and okay if you if this was an ongoing that would kind of make sense because 
you are kind of building up to a group, a team of people working together. I understand that, and 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 there's a certain logic to that. But but with this, this is a six issue mini, and I think part of the problem is is that by concentrating on the Dominator in this fight, um, we're losing impetus, we're losing momentum. Um, it that that the story is essentially stalling at this point. It's 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 idling its wheels while we while we get some Dominator background, uh, and I just there's something a bit unsatisfactory about that even though the uh you know the fight is rendered really really well i i you know i i keep on coming back to foreman's art it's it's extraordinarily good here um but but the piece as a whole is kind of it, it a distraction is probably too it's not really the right word it's not a distraction it, it it's interesting up to a point but it isn't really moving the plot forward. Okay. Uh, once that fight is over, um, we go to uh, the barracks again, where everybody, uh, well, where the Dominator is talking to um, to Inceptor. Uh, they're all naked, um, and there's a bit of bonding going on here. Uh, possibly a bit of homoerotic subtext across species. Uh, it's if it is there, it's extraordinarily it's extraordinarily muted. But you know there is a friendship growing between Inceptor and the Dominator. But neither of those two are characters that are particularly strong. Uh, and as well, I mean strong as in as in in their characterization. So although it's kind of sweet and nice, it, it's not as interesting as it as it might have been we then get a fight between uh a giant centaur woman uh and both canna and ian this isn't i mean it the, the, the again the fight is rendered in a really interesting way it's very kinetic the the big thing here is that um ian uses superman's cape if you remember way back when in issue one, he's given uh, the Shroud of Kal-El uh, as his kind of, uh, as part of his costume, and he uses it to, to strangle the uh, the centaur woman and break her neck. And there is something, again, Orlando's, I, I mean, I don't know whether it's, it's just the fact that I've read uh, a fair bit of Orlando's stuff now, uh, but Orlando seems to know uh, how to push my buttons at any rate, and and there there is something quite disturbing about um, you know the cape, which is meant to be a symbol of hope and is obviously associated with Superman, being used in 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 really quite a a sort of murderous and uh, and and sort of quite disturbing way. So that, that that's that's quite nicely done, really. Um, I, I always think I, I'm going to be honest with you. They keep on going on about the distinction between humans and animals, um, or animal people, because of course Kano is an octopus person, um, and I I don't know about that. I I, I just I kind of think it it's a very uh, it's a bit of an odd distinction uh, because obviously I you know, some people would argue well humans are animals too. Uh, clearly the whole point is that humans have been, you know, the whole point about Commandy is that humans have been deposed by various, uh, 
tribes and you know sort of um organizations of of animal people and and this is carrying that on and i i get that i understand that but whenever he talks about animals it it just it just rings a little bit false to me uh, but that could just be me maybe i'm being overly sensitive about these things lord knows it is entirely possible um then we get a bit of rumpy pumpy uh and uh ian and the Cundian sort of get it on in the showers and um there's some interesting stuff here about how the Cundians um the Cundian's power that the electric seed has granted her is one that she can never use uh, because it is uh, it enhances her strength, but only when she uses it defensively. I don't understand how it determines whether she's using something defensively or offensively. Uh, I, I don't know how that works. I'm just going to go with it for now. Uh, and she never, but she never uses it because obviously Cundians don't defend. That'll be why they keep on losing to the Legion all the time. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's kind of... That's a bit weird. There's some stuff about, you know, to mate while an enemy's gore is still fresh on your flesh. On Kundia, that is the definition of strength. And, and there's a nice little bit of uh, of kind of undercutting of that. Uh, because... Because Ian goes, Cundia must have a big dictionary. Uh, because, 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 to be honest, with you, I think that's like the second or third time she's talked about something being the definition of strength. And I quite like uh, that. Is quite clever writing from Orlando. I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, the, the, there's something quite, quite cool about that. Um, and yeah, the, there's, there's some again. All of this is kind of filling in blanks, and it's kind of interesting, and it's giving us some information about you know about Kundia that there's some um you know there's an attempt I guess to to make a sort of connection between Ian and his family and what the Kundian is saying about about her culture. Uh, being a trap and that in order to save her culture she has to betray them in order to do that because it means using her electric seed to defend herself when Kundians are all about attack um there's something kind of interesting going on there um the next thing is they make a decision the the group of them uh, to try and get into uh another warrior's head who they believe um who they believe knows who the preceptor is uh and they want to see him they want to get a picture of him get an image of him and they're going to use inceptor to do it and okay th- th- this leads up to an interesting ending okay Let's talk about Firestorm for a minute. Uh, this is an older version of Firestorm. Uh, there is no sign whatsoever that it is a dual personality with uh, either Ronnie... Well, uh, Ronnie Raymond is kind of my Firestorm. Um, and But there's no sign of of whether it's Ronnie Raymond. There's no sign whether it's him, whether there's Martin Stein in the in the mix as well it's all kind of to me you know apart from 
the name and I guess the the kind of you know nuclear sort of uh, helix. I guess that's the wrong word. Nu- nuclear. Um, yeah, let's go with. It's kind of like a halo, sort of like nuclear kind of halo around his head. Uh, there's no real sort of indication that this firestorm has anything whatsoever to do with with our firestorm. Um, his his costume is completely different. His character is completely different. Uh, he talks about the fact that he used to be a hero, but you know, it, it's it's all a bit unsatisfactory, really. From what he says here, it seems to me that what Firestorm wants is to force people to work together and and to uh, and to kind of you know imposing his will to bring about peace and cooperation in the galaxy. I mean that is essentially what he's doing. Now he's aware of the um, he's aware of Inceptor's plan, and he prepares for it. So Inceptor Inceptor fights this. He's fighting a Circian called Corrosivore. Uh, and those of you who are paying any attention or still awake actually at this point in the review. We'll probably realise that means he has acid-based powers, and indeed he does. So, um, Inceptor fights him, gets close enough to uh, start scanning him and and trying to trying to get this image of who Preceptor is. The only problem is is that Firestorm has placed some kind of telepathic bomb in the Circian's head. And the the whole issue ends with a kind of mini nuclear explosion going off. The the letterer, uh, who is Travis Lanham, uh, has decided to augment with the with the the lettering nuclear n u c l e a dash dash tomb. Uh, which is probably one of the most unsatisfactory... Uh, that's a word I'm using a lot tonight. Unsatisfactory uh, sound effects in the history of comics. Although, let's be clear, there have been quite a few... <laughs> quite a few... Quite a few dubious ones over the years. Um, so, that's it. The Vrang's dead. And we're probably meant to care. And I don't think we do. Um, it, I, <laughs> at the end of the day... Neither the Dominator nor the Vrang are especially interesting. To me, the interesting characters are Ian and Kanna, and to a lesser extent, Serene. And that's kind of it, really. Um, So having the Vrang kind of blow up is okay. It's visually impressive, but it's a bit anticlimactic. Um, What's disappointing is that it means we are no further... Uh, no further on in the story, um, our characters still don't know who, who the preceptor is. We still do know who he is, um, and, and the whole thing is is just a bit. It, it, it's like we've been walking through through treacle. I kind of you know tasty treacle and and maybe even slightly fragrant smelling treacle at the same time, but. But Treacle, nevertheless, we're not moving forward particularly, um, and and that's that's a kind of a problem. I mean, I mean, I I get what 
Jim and Eric say all the time about about six issue minis, and you've got you know three and four is essentially padding. You know, five is is setup, six is the is the conclusion. And I you know okay, I can kind of see that. Um, I, I doesn't mean that I have to like it, and I think that's it. Pretty much what we've got here. Now let me, let me just talk about Firestorm for a minute. Firestorm's role in all this. It does he know about the cannibalism? Does he, you know, clearly he is responsible for bringing the galaxy together and, and arranging these these battles and the whole electric seed thing, all of that stuff. Are we actually going to get explanations for that? Will the explanations make sense? Um, do we need explanations for that? I, th- I think we probably do. I think if you're going to take somebody like Firestorm from the 21st century and place him in the 28th and and radically revise his character, I think I think the reader needs something you know to to buy that to make it work. You need to give the reader something more than you're giving him at the moment. And I I understand or her for that matter. Apologies. Um I understand that he wants to uh, to build a sense of mystery about the character, but um, it's not working to me, at any rate. It's it's not working at all. I know I've just said I want to know these things, but I, I want to know them because I feel. Uh, let me try and explain what I mean by that. I, I want to know them because I feel, as a reader and as a reviewer, I should know them, not because the writing makes me want to know you, you understand what i mean so 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 i i feel like you know as a reader th- this kind of stuff i should be i should have had more clues by this point i should have had more tidbits of information i should have had some kind of at least if not full explanation at least partial explanation and i and i haven't so any attempt to sort of build up mystery kind of organically is failing here at this point because although I feel like I should know these things, I I, I don't actually care whether I know them or not. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> Sorry, it's very late. <laughs> um, having said that, you know, here's the thing with Orlando, and I am in two minds about this. Um, on the one hand, this whole series is utter nonsense. It it doesn't matter. Um, it, uh, it it's as a vehicle for travel foreman's artwork. I think I think it's great um, as a as a story that kind of tickles your fancy about uh, the future of the DC universe. Again, you know, there's some nice stuff here, um, but it it's an it's a completely inconsequential series. So. In in that sense, it, it, it has. The, it, if you are going to 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 write a story like this, you st- you know a, a series like this. If you're going to write a series like this, your storytelling has to be really really good to make because 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 all the, all the all the you know it's like when you read a Superman comic or a Batman comic, you've got seventy five years of uh, of history uh, to draw upon. Um, you've got a, you know, you, you've you've got 
you've got an investment in that character if you're a DC fan and have been a DC fan for any length of time you you have a certain amount of investment in that character already built into the book this is one of the frustrating things about what Tom King's doing with Batman because he's taking a what should be a uh, a banker of a book and he's in he's making it probably the weakest I think it's 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 ever been well ever been is probably stretching it but it's certainly the weakest it's been for a long long time um which is ridiculous so he's he's taking kind of the cultural capital of that uh of that title and kind of squandering it here you you've got there's nothing there's there's no um there's no cultural capital to speak of there's there's, there's no there's no kudos for for writing electric warriors there's no you know it, it's a it's a nothing book so so if you're going to do a nothing book it's got to be really good to, to 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 justify somebody you know picking up picking it up and, and and being prepared to read it and and at the moment i wouldn't you know i yeah here, here's the thing this is nowhere near as bad as the unexpected it it it, it just isn't um this though and you know and, and it it's his characterization is not bad in 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 this in this issue the problem is, is I've yet really to have a reason to care about about this situation, to care about these characters, to care about what he's doing with Firestorm. It's it's hard to really be invested in this book because at the back of your mind is is the understanding that it doesn't really matter, and and he's chosen. To, to do this kind of almost carousel approach to characterization where he kind of focuses on certain characters or brings them to the fore for certain issues and then puts other people uh, to the fore for other issues. Again, as I said before, that's fine for an ongoing, but for an issue, for a miniseries like this, uh, it just means everything slows down a bit. And, 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 you don't get as invested in the characters as if as if you just focused on 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 just a couple as the main characters and put everybody else as a supporting cast you can bring those supporting characters to life with with a couple of well-placed pieces of dialogue you don't have to um you don't have to slow the whole story right down just so that you can see, you know, have a bit of insight into the friendship between a Dominator and a Vrang, neither of whom we care about, and the Vrang dies at the end of the issue. So uh, it's, I don't know, that sounds a bit harsh, but but uh, I, I said before, and, and, and I do mean this, there is a part of me uh, that is that is kind of fond of Orlando, but there's another part of me that just wishes he could just refine certain parts of his storytelling and, and also wishes that he would just leave established characters well alone at, at, at times. I mean, Firestorm here is a great example. I mean, I think at the end of the day, what this Firestorm does is, is going to be neither here nor there. It's not like Aztec turning up 
in Justice League of America and in Wonder Woman. It's not like it's not like what he does with Artemis in Wonder Woman. You know, there are people who are genuinely pissed off about that. Um, so you know, he's not he's not screwing things up to that extent. Um, but at the same time, there's a part of me that just thinks, right, just just be a little bit more thoughtful about where you want the story to go and about about how you're going to maintain m- the momentum that you've built up. I still think we don't see enough of Earth, to be honest with you. If, if Ian and Kanna are meant to represent an Earth that is that is already kind of quite quite severely kind of culturally and to a certain extent politically divided, then why don't we keep on seeing that for the course of this issue? And you know, I, instead we get you know, sex in the showers. It's, you know, I'm not saying that's a bad thing necessarily, but I, it's not helping the story move forward. I feel like I'm I'm repeating myself, so I'll, I will stop. Thank you very much for listening. It's uh, it's good to be back. Actually, it's, it's been a, been a, a little while since I've done one of these, and I, I'm glad to be back. Uh, if you are interested, uh, I do have a website. I, I'm doing my best actually to. Over the next few days, I'm going to try and update it as much as I can. Uh, I'm way behind on getting up um, on my blog uh, the reviews that I've already posted on Weird Science. So I'm going to try and get some of those up over the next few days. Uh, maybe do a couple of cover posts as well. Um, so yeah, there's there's a few things I'll, I want to do. As always, it's having the time, <laughs> having the time to do it. Um, but yeah, do check out my blog if you're so inclined. Uh, you can find it at jddunsani.wordpress.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DoorJeremy. I apologize in advance uh, for the ludicrous amount of Brexit-related posts that you might find there. Uh, I will try and even them up with some comics-related stuff. Uh, do have some patience with me if you if you can spare me some patience uh on twitter that would be great uh it only remains for me to say thank you again for listening i hope you are doing well i certainly hope uh that whatever your last few weeks have been like they have not been anything like mine because mine have been (laughs) been, have been pretty rough but uh i hope your comics are good uh my comics are okay at the moment i'm kind of i do like aquaman i gotta be honest with you i'm liking aquaman at the moment i'm liking what uh kelly pseudoconic's doing with it and i'm loving robson roker's art i think there's uh, there's some great stuff there uh, i like that second issue of freedom fighters as well and of course i'm liking grant morrison and liam sharp on green lantern uh what's not to like Anyway, uh, I will leave you now. Uh, If you haven't done so already, please check out the Weird Science Patreon. Uh, It is well worth a look, and it is well worth giving those gentlemen uh, a little bit of your hard-earned cash so that they can continue to provide you with a plethora, uh, a veritable cornucopia of mad, incredibly informative, and always entertaining podcasts. Uh, I'm going to hand you back to them. In the uh, in the weird science towers, the weird science studios. You take care, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye bye.
All right, and here we are. I'm here with Pete from NYC. How you doing, hello, Pete? Hello, 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 yeah. hello, hello. And we're here because people got on my my case toilet <laughs> face. They they were yelling at me about us not having a lot of books on the podcast. So uh, Ruben uh, <laughs> suggested that we have Goddess Mode on, and it's a Vertigo book. And you know Eric Shea, he ain't talking Vertigo. <laughs> the, the only Vertigo he's talking about is if he's up on a ladder or something, starts getting dizzy and falls off, and then there's a big fat face, is what he's going to do. But uh, this is kind of coming from last week where we didn't do Female Furies, and we got a little guff, and Jelly Drew was sad at us and stuff like this. Did you do it that? Did you do it this week? No. I did not. I don't have anybody to do it with. And in fact, I was thinking of, since me and you are getting together, and and a deal, we were supposed to do this after we recorded all the the main stuff on Saturday night. We're actually recording this Sunday morning because uh, I ended up going too late. You're an old man. You got tired. I was pretty tired, too. And I'm telling you, I got done. Uh, recording and then had to read pretty much these three issues and i went to read these because this is goddess mode we're up to third the issue three and my head was spinning so i'm telling you i'm glad i had vertigo i'm glad that we didn't talk about it then so we're talking about it sunday morning but i did think to myself all right when i'm done with pete I may do a quick Female Furies review on my own. I, I may uh, do it. We'll see. Uh, so maybe there will be. Also, me and Brandon, we're going to do The Man and Superman, and that's a 100-pager. And oops. I got to see if he even read that. I haven't heard from him. He might have fallen asleep <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah. But we're here to talk goddess mode. Uh, number three, but before we go, uh, I'm going to ask you, first off, I'm going to lean heavily on you with this because, uh, uh I- as Ruben has told me <laughs> and warned me to tell you as well, the, this series is very dense. It, yeah. it is very dense. Yakety yak, uh, as they say. There is a lot of yakety yak and there, <laughs> a ton. Uh, and the issue is Zoe Quinn, the, who's writing it, uh, she is a video game maker, and I, I do think it shows, and I, I even say in the podcast this week, one of my theories is if you get a new writer, especially one that's just kind of like, hey, Zoe Quinn, you want to write this? I don't know that they – I think they pursued her because they wanted to have this thing where they were going outside the box for a lot of these books at Vertigo where they were going to try different routes, almost like, hey, if these comic book writers, if that ain't working, let's just try whatever. And I right. do think that, number one, she she may have been better served to write this, co-writing it with some other writer that's an established writer, or having somebody really kind of tighten up the script because a lot of times, in my mind, a new writer, you know, you have an idea. Say me and you are going to write a comic book based on Eric Shea. You know, we're here. With, it's going to be Eric, Eric Shea and Reggie, the comic book. So right. in our mind, we're there sitting there. And I, I think that as a new writer, basically, you're just thinking of the story and what you'll say and things like that. And the, you're missing out on that equation of letting the art do some of the work as well, because you're just excited to write the story and the story right. you have in your head. I think that you tend to over explain over dialogue things that you could, as you get more into writing comics, you would end up using the art a little more. And the art in this, I really, really enjoy. Yeah, really There's good. a problem, though, and I think that you'll be one to tell me. Reading it through the first time, there's so much yakety yak and so much stuff. 
you kind of you don't get the art as much yeah, as you, you should. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you're sitting there really, really having you know, and and there's little little or panels only because there's so much dialogue. Yeah. And by the end of it, yeah, I, I mean the colors though they pop in this. It's really good. Um, but yeah, I think that she has to kind of. You know, be pulled back. There, there's a page. I'm looking at a page right now in this number three, where I, I'm telling you, I'm surprised that the characters don't get in an avalanche of word bubbles. And but again, <laughs> the dialogue is not bad. She no, is not, not bad with dialogue. This is, and I said, this reminds me of the idea of this and the scope of it and things like that and the craziness. It reminds me of Steve Orlando. But it's Steve Orlando with actually, I think, better dialogue at points. This right. this dialogue is a natural dialogue. At my, I mean, natural enough to what it is. Right. Uh, but tell me and everyone else what Goddess Mode itself is, uh, you know, about generally. So I'll, t- I'll try my best. Yeah, but... <laughs> it's tough. It's tough, I'm telling so, you. It seems and, – and, you know, it's a hard concept, right, because they're trying to – Take uh, a, an almost immaterial uh, world, like yep. a like a like a, a, a that they're they're living in, say, uh, an online world, right? Yeah, so it's they, like the it's Matrix, kind of like a Matrix, right? Yeah, it yeah. Is. it's very much like the Matrix. So, uh, that's a hard concept to kind of convey, and I think they do a pretty good job of that. So it's so it seems that this. This young girl, right? Uh, yep. was Cassandra. Cassandra Cass. Yep. I was just calling her to myself. Yep. Cass. She gets um. Her father developed this uh, daddy. Daddy, what are you doing? Yeah. She's got daddy issues. Yeah, sure. she does. So yeah, he developed this online world, evolved it, and then he gets sick. Yeah, kind of goes into a coma, and and then she in working for the company gets pulled into this world almost unexpected and what she finds in this world i guess is really where this where this unfolds right and it's about there's some sort of world behind the world yep and uh she meets a few other uh a few other characters oracles oracles they call them yep yeah they're basically kind of teaching this the first couple issues are getting used to what this world is about and learning who some of these characters are and what they've been doing there uh and and really kind of culminates at the in the third issue where she starts to figure out okay what's her role in this what's her powers yeah and it's it's weird because you do have her working for this company, uh, and she does get what they call a promotion, but they're kind of like, yeah, it's a promotion until we don't need you. And uh, because she ended up being in her dad, has this sickness. She's in a coma. That's kind of a thing behind there. They're trying to figure out the sickness and stuff like that. And she goes down, and she kind of uses her hacking ability to go down and talk to her father who's in this you know, cocoon type thing. It looks like they're cryogenically frozen until they can figure out a cure. And right. a lot of people are like that. And then she goes down and something goes wrong and she's like, oh, no, but that's how they kind of figure out. And it's one of those it's one of those classics. And I talk to Eric about it all the time. It's it's one of my favorite things is in a movie or a TV show or something where you you think the main character's in trouble. They're like, listen, you hacked into this. You did this. You did that. You know what right. we're going to do? We're going to promote you. Yeah, yeah, I love that. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it, it's almost it's not exactly the way it is, but it's almost like secret of my success with Michael. <laughs> J. Fox. I love stories like that where somebody is doing something they're not supposed to do and they're really doing well. And then when they get found out, but she ends up getting promoted and it's not exactly the, the greatest of promotion. She's there and she's pretty much at beck and call now. 
for the company. But then in the meantime, she meets these other oracles, as you said, and they seem to be fighting the fight inside right. the system. The problem is, is I really buy even this and, and the one guy's this Clive that is her, you know, her connection, the guy yeah. who's running the company now. Well, and, yeah, I got uh, a little confused with that, like Clive and then there's the other younger guy and then yeah, there's yeah. sick. That was a little yeah. kind of hard to, to follow. And, and even with that, that and they're, they're trying to use her father like, hey, listen, if we don't if you don't listen to us. You're going to get fired. You lose your benefits, and your benefits include what we're keeping your dad alive and die. So it's that kind of – but I think that the other thing with just not only the dialogue – the I, there's too many ideas swirling around. There's too much going on to really grasp onto something because of that. I really didn't get a real good connection with the other characters, these other oracles in the system. They go in, and I, I'm telling you, I barely even understand what the fight, you know, what's the good fight going well, on? Yeah, they, exactly. They, they go in and fight these demons uh, that are in the system, and the and also when they do go into the, you know, the Matrix type deal, mm-hmm. um, it's it's a it's another living world, and she's, you know, you have cast like, oh man, I I didn't understand. That's what this was, and she's confused. But they have powers in there, just like right. the Matrix. I mean, you're gonna if you're gonna read this. You're gonna see the the Matrix constantly. Yeah, you have you to, and you in my mind, it. I have to use that to kind of make sense of things yeah. as well. Because you do go out of the system then, and you know it's a crappy world. Well, it's a world of the future and stuff like that. But the, for the most part, we're in the system, going around and, and fighting. And that's the thing that's a little confusing too, because when they're out of the system, right, the analog mm-hmm. world as they call it, yeah. there's there's also like their telepresence yeah, thing I know. too. I know. So they're like there's like a, almost another third layer of yeah. them not being where they yeah. are, and, and, and the telepresence. Uh, I'm like, which world are they in? Like it was, it, it was a little it, it hard gets, to follow. And and Ruben said it's dense. And, and I agree. And and at points, I mean, here's the thing. If you like The Matrix, if you like Blade Runner, because even like the regular analog world reminds me very much of the future of, say, a Fifth Element or a Blade right, Runner type deal. Yeah, yeah. Kind of deal. Yeah, you have a lot of these like and, and some of it's actually kind of cool, like how they have the the billboards and the some ads are kind of put right in your brain and they but. A lot of people see the world. They 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 see see the world differently, right? Because they're they're getting their likes and dislikes, and then letting them see. Yeah, and even at one point, it seems uh, almost like the Nightwing story, where you end up seeing your your reality. Because in the beginning, when she's there with her roommate, uh, the Mm -hmm. guy, uh, he they they see the the apartment different. They're like, Mm -hmm. oh man! But then when and so when the system shuts down. Everybody freaks out because then they right. realize they're living in fucking squalor. <laughs> it's like, what the show. hell? And yeah, and so, but the thing that I don't like is you don't really get that sense of that through the stuff. Like, you know what? It's just kind of told. And I think there's a lot of times in this why things don't stick with me, including if you right now said, I'm going to kill all of your kids and your wife. <laughs> First of all, please. But if I had to name these other oracles, if I yeah. had to give you the names of them, I, I couldn't. I, I couldn't. I'd be like, well, there's the one they call Hollywood. And, they, right. you know, and because they, they and visually, I really like their looks, yeah. but I didn't get I, I can't grasp yet each guy. And then you also yeah. in the meantime, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm going. We also have Psych, who mm-hmm. is like a Siri. 
for everyone. Right. It's like the AI that kind of guides you through and stuff. So you have the psych pop up and like, uh, Clive's calling again and you got that and that points, hey, psych, uh, you know, uh, explain this to me. And you have that. Now my issue with that is I wish that everybody had kind of a different thing, not just because everybody, it seems, you know, hey, psych, hey, psych, do that. And it starts, you know, kind of getting convoluted and kind of generic by the end. Yeah. But going into this issue, which will go, and again, I'm <laughs> leaning on you heavily. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you, the beginning of the issue really kind of throws me off. So I, I, the one thing, too, I would say is I read this. I tried to read it through in one sitting, mm-hmm. got to half of uh, issue two, and I, I, I just – Put yeah. up my house. It's no too mob. much. It's yeah, too much. And, and then, uh, but I did go back because I wanted to at least, you know, make sure I knew what the hell I was yeah. talking about. And the second time around, I really was able to settle in with the art. I was able yeah. to settle in with some of the dialogue and it, and it, and it got better for me, you know, but yeah. I also noticed some things too. So like the third, the, the second issue ends with one of the, you know, the main Oracle, Hollywood. Yep. She gets literally eaten in half, yeah. like chomped in half. By a demon. Yeah, by she this gets demon. chomped. Yep. Right? And then when you start three, issue three, like you get about a page or two in and you see her. She's still kind of intact, but, you know, in that in that old trope of in in the thing's belly, yeah. right? In yeah. the demon's belly. And I was like, wait a second. Didn't she just get bit in half? Like, yeah. I, like it completely it completely threw me off for a few minutes for a few pages because I – I couldn't make the connection. I'm like, wait, what did I miss? You know, yeah, with all yeah. these things going on. And, and then at one point she does have, like when you see her laying there, she kind of does have her guts kind of out, but she's <laughs> also in the matrix. So, yeah, but you do, you have the classic, uh, you know, bust out of the belly deal. <laughs> that is the classic. And, and these, these demons, you know, you have this going on and then you have the main bad guy that seems, you know, has some right. interest in them and try, but uh, like, like I said, I yeah, don't she really uses the hell out of me too. Like I, yeah. I have no. I guess it's supposed to be like that, right? She's yeah, supposed it's to be antimony is the big bad, and at this point, it's antimony that I believe is attacking Hollywood. And even then, they're like, "Why are you, you know, worried about us? You're such a jerk, and you know, stuff like that." But it, it's uh-huh. such. I, I'm telling you, I had a lot of problems just even page by page going together. But by the end, and again, I'll have Ruben, you know, if he agrees, by the end, and you especially, you read it more than one time, and I think you have to, but by the end, it's not like I sit there and say, man, I love that scene where they were talking this or whatever. It's more of just a general idea of yep. the whole thing. And I'm like, you know what? It's not so bad. Yeah, you know, no, but exactly it, right. But I'm exactly. confused while I'm going on. But really, in this issue... Uh, the main thing of this whole issue, really, is that Cass, who is the Oracle of Garbage, uh, and, and really, just because of that, I'm like, I don't even know what the heck you're talking about, but she is a hacker, she's doing this, she's, she even's like, I'm a junk world, you right. know, she hacker. reclaims trash instead yeah. of garbage. Yeah, 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 she likes to trash, and, uh, but she ends up getting a kind of, a, I thought it was a trophy. That's right. what it looked That's like. She, she, get, yeah, she gets this globe and it's like, here it is. Uh, she gets this and like, what is going on? Because she does have this way of kind of stopping the world. She ends up stopping the world. And well, then and she's like – I guess that's a hard thing to convey on paper. It is. You know, and it, it really confused me. I mean once we got to that point where she, this this magic trophy pops up, yeah. it, it kind of like threw me off. I, and and I, I really had a hard time figuring it out from there, like it, getting back into yeah. it. Yeah, you know? and, and at that point, 
you have it looks it looks like they're going to all be killed and antimony looks like she's going to just you know end up wrecking house all these demons and stuff like that even through hollywood and stuff and then uh it does look like at that point i i'm telling you i have problems with the names so i kind of go with nicknames badass (laughs) smoker she's about she's about to get eaten and that's when you have cast freak out and basically it's one of those to me it's the you know the the cliche of when you freak out and don't think about it all of a sudden her powers like boom all of a sudden everything stops and she doesn't right. know what's going on and uh she has this trophy oh, in her yeah, hand thank god you know thank god psych is there that's what i'm saying psych's there for this explanation <laughs> and so psych is like basically listen you're the oracle of garbage, garbage, <laughs> and your domain's magic deals with reclaiming power from hopeless and otherwise lost causes. So it seems like maybe people who died or just the downtrodden, she is able to grab this. It reminds me a lot of Dial H is what it seems to be. I don't know if she's going to be able to control what doesn't seem like it'll be powers that she can say like, OK, I take your power. I take your power. It may just be. You know, it just pops up and things. And it's it's a yeah. cool concept in my mind. It goes with the whole, you know, garbage deal, the trash deal. Right. It is a little confusing. But at this point, and, and you know, it's, a, it's near the beginning of this third issue. At this point, I actually am like, all right, th- this might end up, you know, pushing the series forward. Now we have something we can you grab onto right. with her. And uh, she does, like I said, she ends up uh, freezing everything. And then with this trophy deal, uh, this globe, <laughs> Syke says, touch anybody you touch right now can't will go back to the analog world they'll they'll just disappear so it's pretty cool she goes and then she says you know where are we going to end up and this is where i said it's kind of like a dial h thing that you kind of have this power but don't really know anything about it and they're like well where will we go i don't know it's like i wish i had the the soundboard (laughs) i don't know and then also what if i hit a demon what would happen with a demon i don't know psych has no idea she's just like this is the deal just go with it and she does do that, and they end yeah. up in Cass's apartment. She does apartment. make that choice, like she's when uh, Psyche is. It's probably gonna come come to roost, yeah. probably yeah. down the road, where she's like, touch the demon, see what happens. And she's yes. like, nah, that's probably a bad idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming at some point she's she's gonna. That's the way right. out. Yeah, or, yeah. And I, I'm assuming that it may even bring that antimony into the analog. Well, but again, I don't know what the end game is. I don't yeah. know what anybody wants or whatever. But they end up in her apartment. And, you know, you have her, her scumbag, uh, roomie. He actually makes me laugh. He, he's not a big important thing in this, but he's there. And then Cass, you know, she gets sick and I, I get really like, I don't know what's going well, this on. This is where it gets very dialogue heavy, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, really, really heavy. Full yeah. of, of words. And yep. I'm like you. I, I don't really care for reading too much. No. So. <laughs> I, I mean, especially this is why we read comics. Exactly. Repairman Jack has a mail this week where he was talking about reading novels. And like, right. Without the what? pictures? What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I said that my my favorite writer is A. Bridged. That's what I used to read as a kid. You know, all those like, Tom Sawyer. All oh, right. What? 60 pages. There's this notes. little digest thing that I, I'm telling you, I used to read them as a kid. I thought I was so yep. fancy. I read a, a Tale of Two Cities. It was like 32 pages. <laughs> Ooh, wait, I know what's going on. Uh, but yeah, it gets real, di- and then it yeah, gets it real gets dialogue heavy. heavy. 
as they kind of separate, they go their own ways. Badass smoker girl is is gonna give a piggyback ride. To well, Cass. yeah, what is that? I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I There's so many why things. Is, I don't why know. Why does she climb on her back know. and carry her? They, the, the thing about it is, it's almost like you would wish they were in the Matrix type part where they can end up, uh, you know, kind of having powers. I'm flying right. around. No, no, right. pig, piggyback. She's just carrying her down the street. Yeah, yeah. So just going down the street. But while this is going on, this. Clive is getting a hold of her because he wants, you know, I, I need to talk to you. And she's ignoring it. And she's ignoring it to the point where it looks like Clive's going to be like, okay, your dad's off life support. But then, uh, you know, with all this going on, then all of a sudden she goes all analog-esque with her eyes. And, I, and yeah, this is where she's called. She's called yeah. to the office. Well, well, and, I think, you know, where it got really, I think, unnecessarily heavy is. They, you have the emails coming in from Clive, and, yeah. and it's and it's in threes, and I don't understand yeah. why it was in threes. And either. then you have them talking like very uh, dialogue on yeah. the on the other side of the page, yep. and and this is the page where I was like, oh, I got halfway through. I was like, oh, Screw it's, it's yeah, this. yeah, it's it's trouble. <laughs> it is. It, it, it's heavy, and uh, right. yeah, and like you said, there's these threes. Like it's I, I don't know, uh, oh, but I yeah, he ends up you know summoning her. To this, she kind of passes out, but it's because her conscience is at this like meeting. Uh, and in this, you know, he basically again, it's like, okay, you know what? Now you really messed up. So I'm going to promote you again. <laughs> and basically, like, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to give you your dad's memories, all the the research he did, and try to get in with right. that. And, and then you well, go. Well, there's off. this this young like hotshot guy, Paris Reynolds. Like yeah, he Paris. seems to be the the CEO in in yep. the other guy, the comatose guy, Stead, and Clive is just kind of the the business guy. Yeah, and, and yeah, at first, yeah. you don't really know. Are they in on it? Are they the ones pulling the buttons? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. When you get through it, it really kind of seems like they're not they're they're being manipulated as well yeah because then you go off and hollywood is is on a date with paris and, and right. things start getting confusing and then yeah. he he gets all and uh, you know his eyes right. go but is that where he went but i i don't know what's going on with this but in the in a nice little thing uh you do have Cass end up kind of talking to her dad in right. the you know but the my problem is, is Daddy, he, he kind of looks like Paris, and a lot of the characters in my mind do sort of tend to look like each other by they the do. end. Yeah, they do. but at, at the deal is, you're there, and, and while this is all going on, she, in the analogue, she's kind of passed out. It's almost, I'm telling you, it's very Matrix-esque. There, there's Neo, he's on the table, uh, yeah. you know, and she's talking to all these people. She gets this, you know, download of her father. And well, he's that's, talking because that's what this Paris Reynolds does. He says, you know, instead of firing her, let's give her all the information. Yeah, that her again, though, had. it's it's now the next step of, oh, man, you you don't listen to us. You're not right. good. Yeah. So let's go to be the best ever. And, right, let's you know, double down on it's that, almost yeah. like it's one of those. I'm telling you, it does remind like, me and you. We're, we're going to go into uh, a uh, interview. And we mm -hmm. go in and the guy's like, and I'm talking, we're talking uh, Wall Street. And we go in, I'm in my sweatshirt and shorts. And I go in and they're like, so why do you think that you would need this job? I'm like, you know what? Go fuck yourself, buddy. I don't need your fucking job. And then he's just looking at me. You're hired. hired. Like, he, I've been waiting for somebody who thinks like you. Like that, that's what it's like. And it, it, I love that. But it, it's so weird that it, it to this point now. I'm starting to wonder what the consequences are to her doing anything because they just keep upping her levels here. Right. So, well, and that's what you don't know. Like, are they really involved? Know. Maybe yeah, they're I pushing her along, but yep. um, 
Yeah, that's yeah. that's the confusing part. Yeah, and so by the end of this though, you you do get that thing where you have and and you even have Psych with her. Psych's collating memories. She's like, okay, she's uploading the or she's you know downloading her father's memories into her her deal into her Psych into her and. uh She's there. Oh, I better not get attacked by a demon while this is happening. I'm like, well, why do you just say that? That is <laughs> right. odd. But uh, so, so, Daddy, what, what do Daddy. what do I have to do? Tell me, what do I do? I will tell you. And then the last pages <laughs> run. So you have that the dad must right. have set up a trigger deal that if ever she did get these things, I have a feeling that now, and I I actually hope. That he is in her head like the new psych that I wish or hope that she he replaces psych as the thing that guides her and things like that, because then I think it would actually make it a little more unique. Maybe it'll just be a separate thing. It may not be anything. This may be the only thing that he did, but I'd like that. But again, I I think that where I have problems with this whole series and and I'm telling you the talking about it right now, I actually enjoy it a little more. Yeah. I do think that it would have been better served because this isn't a mini series as far as uh, it, it it feels like it. It does. To me, yeah. this feels like a six to twelve issue mini. It may not last. It may end up getting canceled, whatever. But uh. if you are going into this as a ongoing at Vertigo, I wish that we would have started and just had cast by herself. For a mm-hmm. while, I, I mean, just take the Matrix for an example. You have, you know, you see a lot of what's going on with Neil before he gets into the Matrix. Then he's kind of introduced. They explain right. it. I think that she should have went and used that kind of blueprint. Uh, just the blueprint of let's get half of an issue of just yeah. finding out who Cass is. And yep. then to me, what I would have done, I'm no writist, Good but – yeah, what you script out there here is what I would have done is one of these oracles would have been there to grab Cass mm-hmm. and then finish at least one issue of just Cass and a main oracle, maybe Hollywood, one one of them. I say Hollywood because that's the only one I know. But, uh, you know, just there. So now we get the concepts and we have two characters we can focus on when right. she goes into the, you know, into the Matrix here and gets in there. Mm-hmm. You are hit with these other characters. Yeah, I mean, these other characters, boom, they're there and not there in a way that you're explaining things. They go there and it's hitting the ground running. They yeah. are fighting. They're doing this. It's it's really cool. The action right. scenes are good. I love the idea of being in the, the game world. It's not a game, but it's in right. this world. But I, I think that we ended up getting thrown in a little too fast. I, I yeah. hope that – after maybe maybe the fourth issue, maybe whatever. I hope that some you know, as as it's going on, the editors are kinda like, okay, and trying to but it seems weird because this is the third issue, maybe more yakety yak than we got. Yeah. Uh, and then the others. The yakety and it's all dialogue, you know, and I, I just I'm looking, I'm I'm gonna get a hold of Andy Corey, who is the editor, <laughs> and the assistant I bet you the assistant editor has more to do with something like this. I, I bet yeah. Andy's sitting back there smoking his <laughs> Cigar. <laughs> Keep going. But this Maggie Howell is the assistant editor. And I really do think that there's something here. There's a really interesting idea. I think Definitely. that Zoe Quinn maybe need a, you know, somebody to get her under his wing or her wing and try to kind of go, okay, listen, yeah. when you did this, all this dialogue, you could have cut this down and let the art do this. Cause yeah. Robbie Rodriguez art is it's really fantastic. good. It's really, really good. good. It really, uh, it reminds me of like a Bilquis Evelyn that we had on Batgirl. 
uh, uh-huh. or on Wonder Woman. But it, this is definitely an art that I can see this Robbie Rodriguez doing a main DC title. I, yeah. I, I think it would fit well with a Nightwing, stuff yeah. like that. I think and, it would really do good. It's really not an easy concept to get across, but they Mm-mm. do a pretty good job through the art, like yeah. showing flashbacks and changing the coloring scheme, kind of yeah. moving them down a bit. So you kind of get a sense of, at least from the art, what's going on. And I think she would have probably been better served leaning on that a bit more yeah, than that's all what of I the, think. I think so all of too. the talking. You yeah, know? because even when they go in, you, you can tell the different worlds right away. You can tell by mm-hmm. the characters, but also the other things. But even when you're in, you have little like glitch out things, almost like a Mr. Miracle at, at points. But it fits here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I really do think that she should dial it back. Let the art do some of the work here, especially in the fight scenes. You don't have to yeah. keep yakety yakking while you're fighting and, exactly. and stuff. But and also, I, I hate to say it, that psych should be a little more of the narration trying to get us in to this. But that should have been the first two issues in my mind. The first two issues established the world and the characters. And she kind of tried to do more than that. And I, I yeah. think that that's where she i mean we should just be getting right now in this third issue in my mind of where they come to her and say that she's been promoted and and then go from there there was just a lot thrown at it's very dense but like i said by the end of these three issues i read it i'm sitting there and as a whole i I, i'm pretty positive about it i actually like the idea it's something that we don't get at dc at all you know it's it's very exciting the the whole deal i just want to know more about the characters and things like that what would you give this issue i would probably give it about a seven seven five i'm a seven i'm actually a seven uh i I think like i said when i went through it a second time and now i'm just kind of paging i want to go through it a second time again but paging through it again is what i'm yeah i'm with you i'm paging through it again i'm like all right yeah, you know, like yeah. I could see the art so much more. Like if I don't focus on the words because I can't right now, like as yeah, we're talking, exactly, like, yes. I'm seeing things I didn't see the first couple of times yep. around, and um, it's it's actually pretty really cool. I, it, the art is fantastic. Yeah, it is. And, and going through it, like you're saying, I, I'm not reading it. There's, I, I'm telling you, if you, if you can get a hold of this, or even just I, you know, I don't like to say you know pirate books or anything, but if it's something <laughs> that you're wondering about, I always say if it's something that you'd never buy and you're wondering about it hey give it a give it a glance and if you like it then put it on your pull list but i don't think people could quite imagine the amount of words in no. this book. i mean there is no book quite Take like your this time with it. oh Take my your time. so and the, the weird thing is, is i couldn't sit here and reread it while we're doing it as well so as we're talking about it and the, this is kind of how we do the podcast anyway normally you're not sitting there rereading the book you're going by the art to kind of key into the remembering what happened and things like that the art does does a pretty decent job of telling the story, yeah. even without the yakety yak. So dial the yakety, use the yakety yak to accentuate the characters and yep. show me the difference between them and stuff like that. You don't have to describe the scene, which a lot of times she. It's not even that. It's just there's a lot of just yakety yak. It's just stuff that doesn't really. Like- yeah, yeah, she's shoving like character work into some of this, and it and becomes it, it very heavy. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work as well, you know, yeah. and and kind of combine. But like I said, I'm going seven, and I'm sure Robin is shocked uh, because <laughs> I, at one point when I read that first, I I tried and tried to read that first <laughs> issue, and I think I just needed to just soldier through that to yeah. keep going on. And now, yeah, we'll look yeah. forward to the next one. And yeah. I said that me and you are going to talk pretty much the. Uh, 
the vertigo stuff for, for right. the most part. Well, it's we are now the Chris and Reggie nice. uh, of the <laughs> vertigo, and there is there is a book next week that we're gonna have. Uh, and what did I? What the heck did I say it was called? Uh, it, high level. It's high called. Level, it's yeah. high level. Uh, it's the first issue of the series, which is cool too. It sucks that we had to jump yeah, in. Yeah, I think that was hard too with this, right? Yeah, Especially yeah, it's tough. so dense. Trying to do all three issues yeah. in one shot. Yeah, was- I think that if we would have been, uh, you know, doing this before and got to this third issue, we would have been. But this is a book. It's by Rob Sheridan, who's writing it, that I, I'm not very familiar with or familiar at all. But it is Barnaby Behenda and Romalo Fajardo Jr., which is the team that were on uh, Tom King's Omega Men. Uh-huh. And uh, so and a lot of people like that a lot more than me. I like that, actually, the first six I was going to say, issues. that popped up on the DC uh, Universe app. I was wondering okay. if I should give it a yeah, read. Yeah, you give it a shot. I, I really I really liked it at first. I really thought of it as the uh, like a Star Wars type deal. And I, I go back and look at my reviews. You'll see. I was into it at first. And right. I thought that it was like one of those. It was cool. It has like a, uh, a worn in universe type thing. It wasn't that fan. Like a lot of times you get that sci-fi and everything looks clean and and fancy and stuff like that and i really liked it but i thought that by the six and it did get canceled at one point but then didn't get canceled and then Uh kept going i think it lost its way by the end and then ended at issue 12 kind of with just boom let's end it eric hated it the whole time (laughs) Uh, and in fact that was eric's first deal of was the first book of tom king's that he didn't like but Uh half of that half of that series i i loved and then that was when i was reading grayson and reviewing that which i loved it too so uh what i what my my uh, reviews of Omega, it wasn't slanted at all by anything like now with Batman or something like that. So, I, but I did. But a lot of people swear by that book that they love it. It comes up all the time. Uh, but yeah, give it a shot. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say for anybody who wants something different and wants to do some Vertigo stuff, and Vertigo, it's that weird deal. It's a, they always seem to just be on the verge of a collapsing. Like, you know, you don't have a lot of books, and all like of a sudden, me book, during the day, yeah, really, like me all the time. Me bowling. Uh, but yeah, it just, it, it's, it's good. And I hope that there's more books, you know, like this coming out and things yeah. like that. that yeah, because it does, it does have a little, you know, it has that indie art feel, yeah. but, but it's not as, it's, it's a bit more polished, you know, it's a bit yep. more, uh, you know, the colors and everything are, are a bit more than, than that. So it's, uh, really good feel to it. Really, yeah. really good feel yeah, to I it. Agree. Yeah, I walk away from it kind of feeling, all right, cool. I like it. I like. It. I can't tell you exactly what I like. No, I can't either. On, but it's. I, I do walk away feeling, you know, really positive about it. Yeah. So forward. that we'll be back next week with the uh, high level, and then we're going to continue on. We're going to be doing hex wives as well uh, when that comes out, and whatever other you know vertigo stuff pops up. And I know that uh, I think Jolly Drew uh, really likes hex wives, so at least he'll get that. Right. <laughs> He'll get that. I apologize about female furies. And, and as we say right now, uh, it's, I have to do food shopping. So unfortunately, I think that the, uh, the fe- fe- female furies, I, I was going to say fatal furies. What am I doing? Fumbling around. Uh, we'll probably have to wait till issue two, but we will be, uh, reviewing issue two. So and I, if Eric Shea gets involved, you ain't going to like what he oh, says oh about boy. that. He, he, he is not it, doing You know that. what the best is, is he no hates, way. he hates new gods. Uh-huh. But the stuff he likes is apocalypse and that uh-huh. stuff, so it makes it even twisting around to even be worse for him. Like, oh no, <laughs> now now you're throwing shade at the only thing I like from that universe, so it gets him upset. Uh, uh but there you go. There you go. But thanks for right. joining me. And yeah, uh, we'll have you next week and we'll talk about that uh high level.
Hello. It's me, and I'm here to talk about Female Furies. Number one, this is for you, Drew. Beep, boop. And it is written by Cecil Castellucci, illustrated by Adriana Mello, colors by Hi-Fi, and letters by Carlos M. Manguel, and also a cover by Mitch Garrards, which gives you that Mr. Miracle-type feel that I would guess this book was kind of trying to get. Now, obviously, it's uh, with the Fury, so Big Barda is in there. Uh, This is not going to be like Mr. Miracle. Uh, People have read this, and obviously, this is a couple weeks after it came out, so a lot of people have had a chance to read it, reread it, read about it, talk about it, yell about it, whatever. Um, And I'm telling you, the first time I read it, my reaction was kind of rolling my eyes and saying, you know what, this book isn't for me. Uh, If you have listened to the podcast, you know that a book that's based on a message, political, social, whatever, uh, is not my thing. It really isn't. I don't mind messages in the book, um, but I don't like books that are pretty much the message is the book. Um, But reading this a couple times now, thinking about it, talking to some people about it, I, I think there is a little more to this book and series than just the Me Too movement. And really, this is the Me Too movement has hit apocalypse. If you're going to get a headline that you're going to have a catchy headline, a clickbait deal, this is how you're going to present this book. The Me Too movement hits apocalypse. And yes, it's very forced. It is the Me Too movement hitting apocalypse. I'm not going to deny that that's not the case. It is a little bit over the top force, but I'm going with the idea that you're setting up this first issue, forcing the nature of it to continue on after that in some more subtle way. I hope because this first issue is not subtle at all. It pretty much right in your face tells you what's going on. But again, it is a setup to get you involved. Now, I know that a lot of people and I'm doing this alone because nobody wanted to talk about it with me. Uh, Eric didn't want he wants no parts of this. He is a fan of apocalypse more than a you know a new gods type deal but even that it's not his thing he said it a lot of times um but cecil castellucci is using these characters to kind of i i don't know you could say push an agenda but it's not even just an agenda of the me too movement as we go in and i think if you read it a couple times you will see some other things because if you go and tell me that dark side is the villain of this and you know dark side's a big villain but is dark side the main villain is Granny Goodness one of the villains? Is, you know, Willick? Or it's a lot of things. And I think that in general, by the end, you're kind of left with this idea of the Furies being, you know, these somewhat innocent women are kind of thrown into the system that is set up for abuse and set up with that. With that in mind, you do get a Granny Goodness who has been a victim of that abuse but then continues it on. And I, I think there's more than just, and I'll, I'll be quite plain about it, that Dark Side is a rapist or Willick is a piece of shit. Yes, they are, but there's other things involved. It's about the system in place that needs to change. It's also about, like I said, the women and not even just Granny, who then after, you know, she seems to have been raped by Dark Side early in her career to better her career, but then pushes that on to the Furies as well. And basically, like, uh, says to Arali, like, if you don't do this, 
you're going to ruin it for us all. And again, so that's a little more, it's a little more in depth. And I think that what happens is Cecil Castellucci doing this is a little bit too forced with the story and the message. And you kind of lose the subtlety of the other parts. And I I think that that is the case. Now, again, I'm saying this, this book is not a 10 out of 10 for me. Uh, It's not at all. And the forced nature of it kind of does pull me out of it. But you start off and basically the book is about Granny and the Furies. They want to have equal footing. They they are the Furies. And that's one of the things that kind of throws you off at the beginning. You have the Furies and they are the elite fighting force of Apocalypse. But in this, it is really pushed to make it a little more a push. Oh, the lady. We don't need those ladies. We don't need them here. Um, but everything that I've read, and I'm not a Jack Kirby, new God, you know, type of expert by any stretch of the means, but a lot of people aren't as well. So when you go into this, the Furies, in my mind, they are the elite. They are looked at as that. And so you have to, it takes a step back for them at first to tell the story going forward. And that threw me off a little bit as well, because you have the whole idea and, and you do get some history of the new gods as well, especially Dark Side and Apocalypse, because you start off years ago. Well, you start off with Granny kind of telling the Furies, listen, the Furies, you're elite. We're going to do this. We're going to do whatever it takes. Unfortunately, that means a little more than just fighting. But they go back years ago to show when Dark Side took over. Uh, and you see uh, that there is, you know, you have Granny there fighting for Dark Side against Hegra which is, you know, Darkseid's mother. She is getting killed, and Granny does kill her. Now, Granny is fighting her, you know, woman to woman here, punches, fights, whatever, and then is pretty much choking her out. And that's where you see the first deal. And again, a little bit subtler than what we're going to get later is when Decide comes in and says, hey, have you done this yet? You know, you're taking too much time. Granny, you take too much time. Just end it. Granny's like, what do you think I'm doing? I'm doing that. Says, no, no, do other methods. There's other methods. So Granny poisons Hegra and actually Granny kills Hegra. Darkseid comes in and says to Decide, is she dead? And Decide goes, yes, I killed her. Now, he didn't. He didn't at all. It's Granny, but he's taking the credit for it. Again, that's a little more subtle than what we're going to get later. I like that. I like the idea. Desaad's a piece of crap. We all know that. Desaad is taking, and, and again, it's not just the idea of a man taking credit for a woman's deal. I just like it as a story of Desaad taking credit over Granny. And, and so you're going to go with that. And and I like that. And I like that little subtlety. But as we go there, it is going back to seeing, you know, you're introduced to the Furies. You have Big Barda versus Mad Harriet, and they're training. They're going at each other. You have Big Barda versus Mad Harriet, RLI versus Lashina, and RLI is the leader of the Furies at this point. Stampa versus Bernadette. There's Granny like, listen, we're going to do this. We're going to show what's going on. Never surrender. Never hold back. We're going to do what it takes, and we're going to make sure and demand a dark side that we get what is ours. We're going to do this. We're going to help win this war. And then she goes off to the war room to talk you know strategy with dark side and the other guys and you have this continuing deal where it does look like behind the scenes they're like okay the meeting's at 10 and it's really at quarter of 10 so that granny is always disgraced when she comes they always throw shader oh there she is late again the the latest one here but always the one to complain again at this point i'm actually liking this i'm actually enjoying this and the art 
really is good. I, I just want to stress the art fits this kind of old school Jack Kirby new gods thing really well. Um, but yeah, you get this. And now we're going to go back in time again. And this is where and we're about halfway through the issue. Now it's going to get forced. And, and I think that. I, I don't know how, when, how, but Cecil doing this, Cecil Castellucci, I don't know if it's one of those by this point, it's like, well, I really have to stress this story now. I, I don't know if the subtle take is going to hit and almost like she doesn't trust the story she's told up until that point. So now you have to go pretty heavy handed and it's basically dark side saying and being a harvey weinstein there's no ands ifs or buts about it it is a guy in power who is using that power to abuse a a woman and say basically that you're not going to work in this town if you don't do this and also you're going to shut your mouth and you're going to do what you're told and this is what people do and again this is where granny obeys she's not going to be the one to step out and say anything she has you know she wants to be a star she wants to be a big to do and even at the beginning, Hegra, who when she was fighting uh, Granny, is saying, like, you'll never be respected. You're a woman. They, they're never going to respect you. Darkseid's never going to look at you as an equal. And Granny's like, no, no, I'm going to do whatever it takes. So in, in the meantime, Granny is very brave to and, and, and strong to go through this abuse. But also, she's not the one who's going to step up and stop it, it seems. So you kind of get that. And that, again, that's a little bit of a subtlety that I think is lost in the overhanded, you know, forced nature of some of the other things. Because like I said, Darkseid comes to her and says, listen, you clean up. The women, you clean up there, Granny. But then I'm going to come and talk to you later. I'm going to I have some special thoughts I have to tell you. He's just going to rape her and he does. And then she just, you know, she goes back. And now when they have meetings, it's pretty much now she is the laughing stock of the men. Like, oh, there she is using her feminine wiles to get ahead. She can only use sex to get ahead. And she could do. And so Darkseid says, listen. You're going to be in charge of the orphanage. And they all have a, a hoot about that. They laugh at her. They make fun of her. Darkseid does say, listen, you know, almost like, you know, she, Whitney Houston, the children, they are our future here. And that's why I'm putting you in charge of them. And you do see then Granny kind of starts using some power that she has. She's raising the girls. She sends Tigra off to jail and kind of looks like she's even abusing her power or whatever. But is it because she's also and also, you know, Granny with even through the Mr. Miracle book and whatever, she's not a nice lady to the orphans. And is that because you know, she's been abused and she's taking it out on them again. Another subtle thing that you can you can look into, but maybe lost in the overhanded, you know, like I said, the overall force nature, some other things, because we do go then. And you have Granny saying to Darkseid, listen, you let our the Furies, let the Furies go in. We're fighting the forever people. Put one of the Furies and in, in, uh, troops along the way. The Furies are the best. They'll come and kill. And it's like a woman in our troops. We don't want to sell them and you know it's it's awful stuff the men of apocalypse are awful that's the other thing i want to say before i go on is dark side willick all these characters decide they are awful so when you see this you're also thought that like my thought at the beginning was okay you know these are awful people they're abusers all this but 
it's apocalypse and they are awful. I mean, these are the pieces of crap of the pieces of crap. They, they, it doesn't shock me at all that Darkseid takes what he wants. So maybe the message is lost a little with that as well because you're kind of throwing into apocalypse. But again, you go on and this is where it gets a little too much for me and it gets a little too jokey out of nowhere. And up until this point, again, I'm at like page 13. So at page 13, it's pretty cool going on, you know, a little heavy handed, like I said, but now it China, you know, now you're going to get the exclamation point of it where you have, you know, the generals and, and dark side. All right, let's look at the ladies and they go and they're battling, they're sparring while the guys look. And of course the guys, Willick, especially is like, who, you know, her curves are great. And granny's like, no, 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 please watch the fighting. Don't talk about their looks. That has nothing to do with it. We're just joking among men. This is just locker room talk. You know, and they're like, all right, that sounds good. But there's going to be a little more involved. And that's where Granny says, hey, Furies, they're in the locker room. Says, hey, listen, uh, I know you're not going to like this, but, you know, there's rules in place. And they're kind of old. They might be outdated, you know, but what can we do? They're on the books. And we have to go with it. And one of Willick comes in to inspect the girls. And it's like they smelling their hair. And, you know, it gets worse. But he's there. Oh, you smell so wonderful, Arlai. She's like, listen, remove your hand or lose it. And it's like, you listen to me and stuff like that. Well, then you go off and the tone of the book completely shifts. Because now we're going to rail on what appears to be. The uh, Miss Universe, Miss America pageants, just beauty pageants in general, where you have these Furies, they're tough women, they're strong, smart women, but now they have to be involved in a bake-off and a smile contest. It even looks like, you know, they even have evening gowns and, you know, swimsuit competition type deal. Again, it's a little over the time, might be a lot over the top, actually. And uh, the problem, though, I have with this part isn't just the over the top nature of it, it does change the tone of the book we have a very serious tone going on and then you get a page that's jokey i mean you get a page that it it really seems like cecil castellucci is trying to grab on to say a dark side with a veggie tray and mr miracle that that's the tone that i'm getting here doesn't fit the book to me it really doesn't and i it threw me out a little after that though granny's like listen you know, I, I want to, are they good enough? Dark side, are they good enough? Fail. And then you have the guys like, oh, man, too bad. Maybe next year. <laughs> and Willick's like, you know what, though? That Aralai, a feast for the eyes. Granny gets pissed. Like, you know what? We're going to double up our training. We're going to do this. We're going we're gonna to get their respect. But that's where Willick comes in and says to Granny, hey, Granny, you know what? I really like that Aralai. Is there any way that I could give her some personal training? And this is the thing, you know, and this is like, again, is this the subtle deal of it? You know that Granny knows what's going on. You know that Granny probably suspects exactly what's going to happen, but yet says to Arlai, listen, you do this. This is what the Furies have to do. You're the one. If you do this, we'll all benefit. Again, an abuse, uh, an abusive relationship, even with Granny to the, the women. And then somebody who has been abused uh, before, but saying, you know, do what you're told. If Whatever Willick says, you do. And she does go off. They start sparring Willick. I mean, in one of the panels, it's just a little one where he looks like the creepiest of the creeps. But he's grabbing her butt and her boobs and stuff like that. She's had enough then. I mean, he's going well. 
way over the top. And she's like, I'm out of here. And he's like, what? Why? You're so lovely. I mean, oh, you're beautiful. And he's like, I don't need this training. I don't want your training. I don't want this to happen. And you have Willick say, you'll come again and again, or I'll have you demoted again. This is the abuse that's in place. And it really goes, it's everywhere with uh, power and things like that. But it really does seem a Harvey Weinstein Hollywood type deal here and pretty much because of the Me Too deal. But you have RLI go back and Bart is even like, you know, what's going on? You know, what's it? Don't you don't don't you mind? Uh, you know, I don't want you to even know what happened and, and even start strong shade. Oh, man, I wish I was you. I wish I could get. And RLI's like, you don't know what you're asking for. Please stop. And they end up getting a call and they have to go get a runaway. A girl has run away. And it's Arlai and Barda go off to capture this girl and bring her back. So they go out, they get this girl. The girl's like, I'm not going to go back. I don't want to be in, involved with these people. Doesn't really come out. But Rublon, who is Steppenwolf's bastard, comes through a boom tube and says, All right, I'll take care of this. I'll take care of this orphan. And, and I'm telling you, this girl. Looks to me like she's supposed to be, say, you know, a 15-year-old girl, maybe, maybe even younger. But uh, Rublon comes and is like, no, no, I'll take over. You can go. Now, this is where, again, you, you have to realize RLI has just come off from Willick being a real creep and all this. And while they're kind of like, okay, well, that's how it goes. Steppenwolf's bastard. We have to listen to Rublon. And actually, like, looks back and sees Rublon and hears him say, you know, give me a kiss, little girl, and your torture will be less severe. And RLI, she's had enough. She's the one who's going to step up and say no. And she says it with a slice to the throat. She actually slices Rublon's throat. And the girl gets away. Barda doesn't know what's going on. Barda's like, you know, how could you do this? We're done. You're going to be, they're going to kill you. That You have really stepped over the line. And again, RLI doesn't, Barda doesn't know what RLI's been through just now. And also what this girl, this girl was going to probably go and get raped. So uh, she's had enough and stops it and kills him. You can't do this though. That's Steppenwolf's bastard. They are going to be, and, and Barda just there is in trouble as well and says, you know, this is crazy. I'm going off. We have to get this runaway. She deserves to be punished. Uh, you you did this. You're in trouble. And Arla just says basically like, no, 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 you're going to help me. You're going to help me dispose of this body uh, or else we're both going to be dead. And that's how it ends. They end up and they have a plan. Oh, this meteorite and things like that. And his body will be burned up. Uh, I'm wondering if anybody has seen this or what happens. But I guess the next issue will be, you know, Barda asking what the hell is going on? Why are you doing this? And RLI maybe kind of saying this is what's going on. We got to fight back. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, I, I would say that RLI is in big trouble and we're going to have problems. And it's going to be one of those probably where... You know, she's going to be set example for for being the first one to come out and say stuff and all that. Now, again, I'm going to end by again saying there are parts of this that are so forced and so pretty transparent of what's going on that it does make you kind of sit there and look at the whole issue in general and say, oh, I don't need this. You know, I don't want this. I don't need it. And the reason why we didn't have it on the podcast or review it on the site wasn't because we didn't like it per se, or I read it and said, "Ah, it's because it seemed like this book that's set up for anybody to fail. If, If I tell you right now and you guys listening and gals, 
listening. If I say, oh, this is a 10 out of 10, then there's going to be, oh, look at Jim. He's trying to do that because he doesn't want to get yelled at. And he, blah, 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 blah. And then if I say, oh, this is a one out of 10. Oh, man, look at that sexist jackass. He's a jerk. It's one of those where it felt like it was a no win proposition. But I respect and love Jolly Drew to the ends of the earth. And he was very upset that this wasn't, you know, reviewed on the site and on the podcast. And so I went back. I, again, I've read a couple things. I read comments. I, and I didn't really get involved much in the Slack chat with this. I actually just sat back and saw what people were saying and all that. And I went back and I reread this book twice to see, okay, let, let me get to the, you know, the bottom of this of what I do like and what I don't like. And I'm telling you, if this book stopped at a certain point and then was a little more subtle, I think that a lot more people wouldn't have just dismissed it. And I think that was one of those that when you get to this point, it is almost like a breaking point of whether you go forward or stop there because it is so forced and so in your face. But even so, I'm hoping that this kind of forcing this whole deal was just to kind of set the whole idea of what's going on. And then we'll go back to the subtlety of, like I said, Desaad at the beginning, taking credit for Hegra being killed or, you know, things like that, or the subtlety of granny kind of like you'll do as you're told. And you can kind of go with the background of what she had been gone through and she should be the one to be stronger than that and say to the girls, I won't let that happen, but she is power hungry and she wants the respect. That's all she's about. And she is allowing abuse to happen to get that. Um, but you have the Furies. And then again, the Furies are the elite fighting group. They are also the strongest women, you know, overall, I'm not saying strength, like they can lift weights or something. I'm saying they are a strong, fierce force. And so to have them be the ones to kind of do step up and, and kind of stop this, that makes sense to me. It's just the rest of the stuff and just being on apocalypse and stuff kind of throws it off. But again, I love the art. Uh, I, I think that there's parts of the story that I can grab onto and, and like a lot more than say a bake off. Uh, again a little too in my face with that and like i said i wish that this book felt more like you're reading a story that has a message not reading a message that has a bit of story and right now this first issue feels more like the latter it's more of a message that has a story rather than a story that has a message if that makes sense because of that i'm going to give it a six five and a lot of that is the art and I do like some of the characterizations of it. You do set up a really awful villain here and you go with that. But again, is is Granny one of the villains? Because I think she is at this point as well. So I'm going to go off. I hope that, you know, I don't get yelled at or anything. I've been getting yelled at so much that, that I, I'm, I'm starting to get used to it. I, I don't want to get used to that. But hey. There you go. I'm sure that some people rolled their eyes with this, but I hope you liked it, Jolly Drew. It's for you. Beep boop. And everybody else who enjoyed the book or at least wanted to hear an opinion on it. And I hope that this is an unbiased opinion, just me going in. But we're going to go off now, I believe. I'm going to go off to a grocery shop. I had mentioned when I was talking to Pete from NYC right before this that uh, I may not talk about this book because I had things to do. And then I said, you know what? That's not something how we roll with this podcast. And this is also why I'm doing this. Like Jolly Drew kind of pointed out the idea. You know, you guys do all the books. And we used to do every book. And we have kind of dialed back a little. I want to get back to doing every book. So this is one of the first steps along with the goddess mode that me and Pete did. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. And we're going to go off to finish up the podcast with a couple of books. Now here's Eric. 
and he's talking all about DC. Now here's Eric, and he's talking all about DC. Eric Shea will throw it down. His reviews are strong and sound. His scores are much better than Jim's, you'll see. He will tell us all about DC. So tell us all about DC. Eric Shea! That's uh, me. Eric Shea, that is you. And that was Dancing Mike. He, he was, that was when he wasn't mad at me, Eric, <laughs> when, he, when he wasn't yelling and screaming about me. There he is. There's my man. There, there he goes. Uh, but he did say he likes these last two books that we're yes, going to talk does. about. I understand um, one, not the other. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and of course, we usually save the worst for last. So we'll be talking about the one that we both like a little better. And it's what? Hawkman number nine, written by Robert Venditti, with art by Brian Hitch, Andrew Curry, Jeremiah Skipper, and Starkings in Comic Craft. We've seen Hawkman go all over space and time to confront his previous selves so that hopefully he could find a weapon to stop the Deathbringers before they came to Earth. But time has run out, and so had my patience for the series with its scavenger hunt formula. Ooh. Let's see if this issue can get me excited Girl. once again for our winged warrior. I know it will. Oh, I know the behind the scenes of these things. <laughs> you it's read the review, everybody huh? who went to the site. <laughs> oh, my. Let's discuss. That's the funniest uh, thing is... This is probably one of the quickest reads that we've had in yeah. Hawkman. Like, I don't think we're going to have a lot to talk about. They're not extended uh, issues. Like the stuff that we deal with every month in Hawkman, they're not like they're like long in-depth no. like issues. No. This one is the quickest though, but it has the biggest impact for me because right away I realized, oh my God, we're not going someplace to find a past self or a weapon of some no, sort. We're we are dealing with the culmination it. of all of this where yeah. the Deathbringers have come there. I'm like- you got me on board, Robert Venditti. Keep I'm, it up, I'm, baby. St- I'm still waiting for this. Now this is February, correct? March, I April, so. May. So <laughs> we're still waiting for the solicit for the last couple issues. We this is not fully solicited past twelve. Okay, is what I'm saying because boy, this still seems like a twelve issue. It really, series. really does. It really does. <laughs> And I'm and just even the wondering whole idea that I get from this where, you know, we start out with, you know, Carter Hall going to Madame Xanadu talking about using this, you know, the, the spell to open up his mind again so he could remember everything. Yeah, it really even feels with her help, whatever, you know, mystical voodoo magic that she's going to end up doing. We're going to have that, you know, maxi series feel because we've spent all that time doing with the past versions. They're yeah. all going to come and help him defeat the Deathbringers yeah. in the end. I'm like, that, that's the only place we could be going and now, with this. This may end up just being 12 issues and them retroactively sure. like, well, it's kind of or I, I don't know how this would go. You have Robert Venditti. I think he's doing a good job. And I really do like this issue. And okay I like this. Job. This was this was part of our book of the year last year. too. Yeah. It was in the discussion. So uh, it has to be a little better than an OK job. I mean, unless that's, you know, a backhanded compliment to <laughs> throwing shade at the rest of the line. But uh, with that, though. I don't know, and it doesn't make sense because I am enjoying this, but I don't know if this book continues past 12 issues, if we might not get something like a Jeff Parker jumping on at issue 13, and Robert Venditti's uh-huh. here to settle the background, settle right. the origin, do my job, and then kind of move on to something else. I, I don't know. I, I'm always wrong with that, but I don't know if that wouldn't be 
that bad because Robert Venditti has a certain way he writes and he does like to extend things. He likes to take his time. And I'm afraid that when we get done this, I want to get done this 12 issues and go on and now have just a fun book, have Hawkman doing fun things. Oh, have the, the many with, adventures of Hawkman. That sounds great. Yeah, or even if have you want to go into the, the Adam, idea. You do all that stuff that was set up already. Have them, you know, get involved with well, Ray I'm Palmer. Telling you, we have st- them get we involved with all these people. all this time, like, giving us the definitive, now definitive, origin of Hawkman and how everything and how he's reincarnating. The next step we have to do is somehow tie this into Kendra Saunders with the reincarnations of Hawkgirl as well, because that is yeah. a big part of the DC universe, which the series so far has decided to say, yeah, she's not a part of this. She's doing yeah, and Justice I don't think League they're stuff. Gonna, I don't think they're going to do that it's because weird. she's on the Justice League. I think that she is off limits to them and they're going to get this done and then go off with just, you know, a Hawkeye. Uh, Hawkman himself is just I don't know. He's just he's you know actually he, he can't sustain a book. He never no, has. No, he can't. You love Hawkman. It's like Where what the, we have this. here. These Deathbringers. He is just a dude with wings it's and almost, a mace. What is he like doing? It'd be cool to have Marvel as the Marvel two and one steal right. from him. Have the DC two and one, and you have <laughs> Hawkman and you know Ray Palmer for yeah. a while. Then you have Hawkman, and I'm saying just a Hawkman book with just guest stars because when a book Damage. has its own problems with just one character anyway Isn't you know Robert when we Mandetti have solo doing damage books. right now yeah, yeah oh, he's already I, set up I, to I do this need, then yeah i don't need damage to head over to here <laughs> no i'm just saying and the style of damage okay. is pretty much marvel two and one yeah well here we go there with this though i i don't know how you'll go because to me i think that robert venditti will have some problems because i think again he's trying to get this origin we're enjoying it dancing mike likes it a lot of people really like this book once you get to what we would assume 12 issues where right. you have done the origin, he's I don't know how he's going to top that. You know, top that. I don't think he's going to be able to. I think that when you move on, say we're like at issue 17 you, you and he's kind of meandering around. The interesting parts of Hawkman. Where do you go from yeah, there? This is what I'm saying. So maybe it would be better served to kind of like he's here to get this big thing. This is his grand opus of a oh, story. Yeah. And then he goes off to somebody else. Somebody else jumps in to just tell the goofy parts of, you know, Savage Hawkman going I, around. I'm telling you, it's such people. a weird thing. I need the solicits right now because it's so hard with this issue, which I do enjoy. Don't get me wrong. To think that this is going to go past issue number 12. I know. It's this so is weird. what I'm saying. I it know. really does. So if it doesn't, if it feels like that with us now, maybe that is something that they should kind of, and I, I would hope that it's not just me and you. Um, I bet you if you polled people, half of them would think this is a maxi series, the way it, it's laid out and things, but we'll see. But yeah, I like this issue. I think the art's great. Brian Hitch has my full respect as an artist. Me I as think well. that he is great. And we were always told, and we bring this up all the time, when he was dual duty writing art, it, it, the art suffered. And Doing the JLA was terrible. and then so, Justice League yeah. then, you know, the and, whole thing is, so, it did not work for me when he was writing it as no. well. Now that well, he is this yeah. full it's duty on artist, it works for me. Yeah, and we were getting the worst of all worlds back then, and now we're getting the best. I mean, he is – just that spread when you're going and just the storytelling through the art of like, oh, what's going on? The guy comes rushing in. I got to get out of here. What? What's going Oh, no. And the Deathbringer's there. It's just so awesome. And looking. that is it's a reason, so too, good. why I think that this issue goes by so fast because when you oh, have there's this – there's a lot sc- of spread You have pages. that double-page spread where you see the yeah. three Deathbringers over top of London, and if they just step down, they destroy half of London. See, yeah. like that's the yeah. scope and the size of these things and just by like having these giant panels to show them how big they are to keep showing you the scope my yeah no wonder this goddamn issue went by so fast because they're they got to keep showing these death breakers 
and you do have, but this is where, and I'm, I'm telling you just the storytelling. Now it is Van Diddy kind of, he does seem to take his time, like yeah. I said, but you do have what I would tell you a lot of yakety yak at the beginning. You have, you have Carter and Madame Xanadu. You're getting a lot of talk. They're just sitting there talking, talking, talking. This is what I think that James Tynan in the Just League Dark book a lot of times doesn't give you. You have all this talk and then you have two double page spreads. You kind of get your bearings again. You, you take a breath and then you get on. He does have a lot of yakety yak at well, points, but then he goes point. and the action panels are big panels with not a lot of dialogue. It's action. I really like it. I like the progression, the way it's set up. I really like it. And I don't mind a quick read well, and a quick read that was that exciting. We, that we get it acts as a recap for the re- yeah. you know, like readers jumping in, but it also keep, gets Madame Xanadu, who is a part of this series, up to speed with what we're dealing oh, yeah. with because she's oh, going to be like partnering it. up with Hawkeye. Yeah, I'm not it saying it's these. unnecessary yakety yak. Yeah. I'm saying that I like the progression of when you know Oh, you have to give the yakety yak to get everybody caught up, including Madame Xanadu. Then you kind of again you let you, you let the art do some work and you breathe a little when you see these Deathbringers. And really, you can tell me the Deathbringers are oh they're the worst, they're the bad of the bad, they're going to kill everyone. Da, da, da. He lets the panel there, that sped page that you see, that if that one puts its foot down, thousands of people will die. And that's that the is best well part too to me too, because I actually didn't like you know we've seen these Deathbringers in the yeah. distance, you know, shadowed out for a while now since this series began pretty much and now that we see them like okay these are giant metal hawk monster yeah. things but then they open up and like swarms of Thanagarian warriors come out I'm like holy yeah. shit they've even become and again, bigger in a double spread page to yeah. show you the scope of it and this isn't I mean a lot of these writers now I'm not saying just James Tynan I'm saying a lot of writers what you'll get is oh no thousands of hawk people I don't know what I'm gonna do there's so many no show it they show it with the art and they show it very very and that's the well thing is too because these things say that they're releasing the Deathbringers it's like the things that we have called the Deathbringers these giant metal monsters they're just transports. The they are transport yeah. for the Thanagarian yep. Deathbringers themselves, which I wish we would have seen more of during that, you know, first or not first issue, but the origin issue where we went back yeah. to Hawkman's first life. Because from we saw that, it looked like the scope of this was just Idum and, you know, Carter or Qatar at that point yeah. were the only yeah. people who were like, you know, these Deathbringers and these worshippers of this god in the void. Now it seems like they did have a sufficient army that they could go to worlds and call them yeah. as tribute for their god. I just wish we would have seen this before until now. I know. Well, and I I like the addition of Madame Xanadu here to go back to her. Yeah. Uh, I also really like that. Yeah, I said he takes his time, but Idum here is well set up from before. And even Carter, like, oh, my God, I thought you were dead. I thought you were, oh, no. (laughs) Hello, old friend. And you know, oh, man, he's here for it. He's in town with a few days to kill. And, And you're going with that. And everything, the scope, I think is right, is great. And I think that the, you know, when you have Hawkman get hit, he gets knocked down, he's having problems. And it's not just the, you know, the dark, the you know, before the dawn. It's not just right. that. You also brought up the idea where I thought was going to be the quick fix. Madam Zenadu, what? So you say that you have to save the amount of lives that you have killed <laughs> Here, in the past. Well, you save London or the world, which I said yeah. before on the podcast. That's what I thought he was going to do. And then you're kind of done. But with that, I love what Idum comes and knocks him down. And then you have Carter with basically like, listen, Please leave these people alone. 
let I'll them go. go. They, they did nothing. You can torture me. You could do whatever you want. You you know because I can't die. And Adam just said, "Hey, they said you can't die." And he's like, "Go with that. I can't die. You could torture me forever. Just leave the planets alone, Earth and the other worlds. Don't do this. You you don't have to do it just because I betrayed you. Because in the the roundabout deal you get in the beginning, where you do get the you know the the recap that right. he was the guy who was leading all yeah. of these guys, and then decided that was the there's the linchpin of his re, you know his reincarnation. Yeah. He decided to not go with this, and because of that, they said, okay, since you did that, you're going to be reincarnated until you end up saving as many lives so it's a really good wraparound so and then i just me, love though, it like, i don't think Adam realizes how anything works with this reincarnation like i'll be able to torture you over and over again I'm like you got to find him first. It's you not just like he's going to reappear him. right there. <laughs> no, I, I'm telling you, just don't kill him. Just torture him. Even this but whole yeah, thing. Uh, like the last page we have here, you will bear witness for eternity. It begins with yeah. Earth. All your worlds, all your peoples will die. I'm like, how many worlds and peoples does he have? Are we talk about all the past lives. Like, what are we talking about? Aaron. I just don't think he's he understands a, how words work. Like, I, well, he may not understand the full story. He, he's just, <laughs> he's monologuing right now. He's, he's giving you the, the quick he's version. He's telling you i really like this and then once carter's like you know take me take me just torture me forever and he's like torture me twice as many eons longer and like you said that body's gonna die eventually <laughs> but you know you go with that yeah. yeah but i i really liked it i really did and then so it then, ends and i was like boy that only took me about four minutes and that i say i really liked book. it i ended up just giving it a 7.5 out of 10 which my many people yeah, i'm higher think, than that that's not like oh my god you didn't give it that high score at all to me that's a high score for what we get here because it ends the thing that the biggest problem i had with the series with the scavenger hunt formula now we're finally getting to the thing but for what we got out of this and how quick it was i didn't feel like i could go higher than a 7.5 even though i really love the art and the story is getting on track for what i wanted to see uh Man, for what I'm i want to see out of it five. nice no, I'm going eight five because I was about to bail on this series. So I was I. pretty much getting so disappointed. Nothing was happening. Uh, you could you could say all you want about Deathbringers. I didn't even understand fully what was going on. That might have been because I'm stupid, but I just was losing track uh, and losing any sort of interest in this. This book, this issue, I'm right back in. And again. If you want to just, even though it's not a, it's an ongoing, but if yeah. you want to just go with the idea that we think that the origin will end at 12, this sort of deal and go on, this is where you want to start ramping it up to get to there. Sure do. You know, you only have a couple more issues. And so this did such a good job of, for me, of saying, okay, we realize that we've kind of been, you know, treading water for a while. So let's give you a little recap at the beginning. And now let's show you the scope of how we're going to go forward. And yeah, there's a lot of setup and things like that. And I I really liked it. So I'm going 8.5. And again, I'm fully on board now. And I think the art is better than it's been in a while, well, if not even the that, best I thought issue. the art actually was the best because here we actually see a lot of backgrounds lately from Brian Hitch's art. There, That's what I'm saying. Plain this, white uh, this backgrounds might, are just great. This out. might be the best art of the, the I whole think series. It is. Yeah, and and especially because you have to take into account that the first you know six seven pages is just Carter and Madame Xanadu in, yeah. in a room. So and that was and even good, like you said, <laughs> yeah, what a room. And I liked it. Yeah, you had all that detail. It had all going on. So yeah, eight five for me. And the cityscapes uh, he was doing worked really well. I'm telling you, all the stuff we had before, like even that origin thing, which I am like, I'm happy as hell. We're finally getting the idea of the first Qatar and why he is reincarnated. There were no backgrounds to that issue. 
at all. It was just plain no. white backgrounds for the most part, or a grayed out, shadowy kind of thing. Like there was nothing there. This looked amazing. No, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks really, really good. Now we're gonna go to the last book of the night, Eric. As I get to my notes here, and of course, it is Supergirl number twenty-seven, written by Mark and Draco, art by Eduardo Pensico, Julio Ferrera, FCO Placencia, and Tom Napolitano. I love Supergirl, and I want to love this book. I'm having problems doing that, and I realize that I am not that invested in the story because each time I read an issue, I feel like I have no idea what's going on at first. I have to remember what's going on. I and every time. This feels like it's been three months since I've read it. This and and if you are listening to the Marvel podcast, this reminds me a lot of Doctor Strange. Just this idea of when I jump in, so I'm it's like, amazing. boy, it feels no, no. Oh, I am like, I, okay. it feels like it's been months. So that just shows you I could care less. I, I don't really care about the story. I don't care what's going on. I just want this. Le- and the, the funny thing is, is I say I just want this kind of story to end let's get on with it but we're kind of already getting away from what we were doing well, before even so thing, i don't know if it's one of those that like, we want to get back to what the we story had was. the scavenger hunt aspect like i said but during hawkman i hate whenever stories do that we started out this whole series of the scavenger hunt we're going to find out who is behind like you know why rogue Lazar killed krypton and who is the circle yeah. that was behind him to put him up to it we're going to discover all these things and we did get away from that because we have been stuck in a place like for at yeah. least two issues now. And I hate the place where I hate well, the Vegas system so much. Yeah, I do and too. And we're dealing with the Omega Men now, and not even the Omega Men that we had before, but older Omega Men in different continuity. I'm like, yeah, it's I, an I, older one because Doc was killed in yeah. that Tom King miniseries, you know, Maxi series it ends up being. Right. Uh, and he's back here. And oh, we these even aren't have, the you know, same. Co- like, you know, Starfire's brother's back as a part yeah. of my God. Was so he crazy. in that other thing before? Because I don't remember no, that. No. Uh, and the thing that gets me is, and I mentioned this way back when we were talking Titans, is it really does feel as if, you know, you had the story. We're going to find out if Rogozar actually did destroy Krypton and who else was involved. And we're going with this and that and the other thing. Oh, the Guardians are involved. And I think that Brian Michael Bendis kind of put the brakes on talking about Rogozar. So you can't reveal anything in this book. This would be like when we're talking about the Flash, the Price right. crossover with Batman. You you wouldn't think that they're going to reveal the killer of Sanctuary before Heroes in Crisis is over. And I think that we're having a problem here where Brian Michael Bendis's story maybe changed, maybe rep that you can't just end this whole Rogo Czar mystery in this book until we see more from the others. And he's busy telling another story. He seems to have gone off on a different route. He's doing John stuff. Yeah, and but I think that that's what's going on, and and he's also all of a sudden, you know, Leviathan right. and John and all these other things, and where Rogosar is just kind of in limbo in in that book, in both, you know, the deal, and uh, yeah, so you can't really deal much. So I think that this is like, hey, tell these other little stories because even at one point, Kara's like, man, I. I got to get back to <laughs> what I was doing, well, but even eh, while we're even here, getting back to that, because we had some fun with the idea of this, you know, Kalu and Xander that was with her in crypto and stuff. I think, yeah, finding out. I this still like issue, Xander, but yeah, you know, I'm saying yeah. even finding out this issue now, Xander, who was this cool random Kalu and alien in a space yeah. bar, he was a cool little add-on to add to the Supergirl story. Yeah, but now he's the son of one of the people in the circle who is working with Harry Hokum in the Vegas. It's like, yep. It, everything is too convenient now. And, you are and forcing no, the and issue, also, and it just—it's a—it's become so much smaller than it was before. Seriously, that he is the adopted son. 
Did did you expect at one point for the mother to go, listen, they never tasted Terran before because that's all it is. It's Star-Lord. I mean, it's obvious from the look, but please. You're saying you're that Yandu really is a pushing. part of the circle? Yes. I, 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 all you needed now was Yandu to be the, the you know, the ice woman. And the worst it's part is, so do, do they say the ice woman's name in this at all? Because yeah, I don't, I think re- I don't say recall it the names of the members of the well, circle, the which problem. we had in the this is the problem. And I don't with remember this. them saying the ice woman's name in this. Yeah. Well, we're going to call her the ice woman. It's Old a problem ice we space. say. When we, we've had her in a couple issues, and we have no idea what her name is. Nope. But yeah, while this is going on. I tell you the names of the Omega Men either, except for Primus and Tigor. Yeah, and I, I, I'm telling you, I hook him there with his e cigar. I'll kill him. That douchebag. He is a space douchebag times ten. Uh, and and he's the bad guy. But I really, I don't even get a grip of what he is or what they're doing. And and in the meantime, it just ends up being a fight. And you know, you have Splice fighting Supergirl. And Who's out of the powers? whole idea was until yeah, she's she doesn't have her powers. Splice ended up at one point hitting her with the Tamaranian Blast, which did power up Supergirl. Supergirl thinks she can goad her into doing this. Splice reveals that I pay attention. I'm not going to do that. And all you have in this then is, I I mean, really, it's so cliched and forced. You have Supergirl. I'm going to save you, Ewok. Uh, and that's the all e- I you know. thought about is when nah, that blast hits and is. that Ewok, eh, and then I, yeah. you, I, Return of the Jedi was a big joke to many <laughs> Star Wars fans until the yes. prequels came out. They, in my mind, the prequels were deemed Re- uh, Return of the Jedi. But yeah. even now, before like, you know, if I watch Return of the Jedi and that blast hits and that one Ewok starts oh. shaking the other one yep. who's not moving, I'll yeah. start crying. These oh, little uh, fucking uh, you teddy say bears. that when I went and saw the re-releases yeah. and that happened, standing ovation. And I'm not joking. People that's stood because up because the prequels and weren't applauded. out yet. It was a joke to people. I know. That's what I'm saying. I was laughing. I'm like, really? You're that happy with that? It makes uh, me yeah. so sad. But when I'm telling you, when this little girl died, this little alien girl got shot by Splice. All you I mean thought about was that Isn't Ewok. That wicked? That's all I thought about. <laughs> I did too. That's all <laughs> I thought about. I'm like, oh man, too bad they didn't have two logs to go together and destroy Splice. But with this, this is the thing that Mark and Draco is trying to other work Ewok with what he's so got, sad. I think. I mean, he, I know, so sad. <laughs> and it's one of those where it's one of those where you're shaking it. It, it does remind me of a Lenny, like, come on, wake up. You know, yeah. I'm telling you, at my my uncle's They don't understand uh, death for some reason. At my at my grandmother's funeral, uh, I do have a mentally challenged uh uncle. I'm sorry, Mike, I'm not gonna say the word, but he ended up uncle going Jeffrey? up to my gra- yeah, Uncle Jeffrey, and he went up to the casket and everything was going okay. Oh, People were there was talk of yeah. What are we going to tell him? Do you yeah. think he understands? And what are we going to do with he's, him? He's severe. Well, we knew that. My aunt and uncle were taking him down to North Carolina. Thank God he couldn't beat me up anymore. But I'm sitting there with my cousin Ronnie, and we're watching. And then finally, you know, you're going to go at the viewing, and you're walking yeah. by, and you're doing that. He walks by, and then he comes, turns around, then again, he's like, wake up, wake up. And oh, God. People, there was not a dry eye in the whole funeral, sans me and Ronnie. Who were laughing, Eric? I have no soul. That's like what, like no what's soul. eating Gilbert Grape. Mama, yeah. wake no up! No soul. Yeah, that's what it was. 
And he was saying that at one point uh, she was there in the casket, like she doesn't look right without her glasses. Oh, God. She can't see without her glasses. My and my dad, my dad went back because the funeral home was right near where yeah. the, her house was, went back to get these glasses. I'm like, please, really? You're going to waste you this Ronnie time? You and Ronnie are monsters. No, I, me and Ronnie were. <laughs> I, I, I Ronnie's actually cracking that, jokes trying to make you laugh the entire fun- time. I left that funeral thinking to myself, I am the worst. Yeah, Ronnie was cracking jokes the whole time. And then Ronnie, uh, probably about three Three years later, ended up getting in a underground or underwater welding accident that yep. broke his back. He was a Navy SEAL. He, yep. He's a hard guy. Uh, but yeah, then that's what it, that's what the Wicket thing or not Wicket, <laughs> but the Ewok thing. I don't know where this podcast is going, but it, I'd when rather this talk happened, about Return of the Jedi than Supergirl is where it's to, going. Back to what I was saying about Mark and Draco, though, is the idea that he is trying. And I I think that this is one of those books. We, we get these occasionally where a writer is on a book and you can kind of tell that he is handcuffed with what yeah. he can tell, what he can do. I think that it was a really stupid idea to send Supergirl into space without powers. You had that suit, but then that's not working. What so happened you, to you, that cool black wants, suit that she but had? But nobody wants Supergirl without powers. So what you're going to get here is Mark and Draco trying to show you the power of love, Eric, because no, this is the power of this, rage is what it is. Well, it is, but I'm saying this, it's still the power of she wanted to protect the innocent and oh, wasn't able to. So she does rage out. But by the end, that's the thing. She turns it around. They're like, I'm not going to do that. But while this goes on, they fight. She doesn't have powers. Then she is just wrecking house because of the rage, kind of like the red. And that's the, the thing is we have this character splice who was the, you know, she is a creation of all these different DNA and somehow she is subdued by a humanoid who doesn't have any powers being Supergirl. Who just Rage kind of, is a powerful I they, thing. I guess she ripped her tongue out and that pretty much just ended the whole thing. That was her one vulnerable spot, her tongue. Mm, okay. Ripped that out. Look at, that. Look, upon at that. The axe. Look at that blue blood coming out. It's disgusting. I just, all I could think about was reading this is that we've just gone back somehow to the you know New 52 Supergirl before she became the Red Daughter of Krypton and learned that Rage isn't the way. And, and that's the yeah, that's the thing. I though, have expected a ring to show. They look like ring. they look like t- they look like tentacle uh, tongues. And wrong turn Sexy. told me if you ever get attacked by a squid, you punch it in the tentacle. <laughs> he actually told me that one time. I'm like, I think you're thinking of a shark in the nose, but that's fine. <laughs> Stupid we'll, we'll go with it. Sharks so, don't have yeah, tentacles. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. He just he just you know, started he, saying he did, stuff. The one. It's day. weird that he was talking to you about that because out of nowhere he wanted to know: Are great white sharks real, or is that just a yeah, movie thing? Yeah, real. He's crazy. He is so crazy. When he thinks that the things he believes are real. Sharks fake. And and even just like you see, like I'm telling you, dinosaurs. He'll see Jurassic Park and think there's dinosaurs in the world right now running around. Helping him believe that. But that's the thing. Yet he questions great white sharks. No, he no, questions no, the wrong things. I, that's the thing. Is that we also made him believe that land sharks are a thing. And you got to watch well, out the, for the, the land sharks. We went from that too. It was so funny. <laughs> he's like, man. But then he got. He's like, that's not true. How would they move? And then I was going with the classic joke of feet. You just said they slither like snakes. That freaked yeah. him out. And he walked away. He was very scared. Yeah, and then we he said, don't answer. Don't answer for a candy gram. Don't ever do it. Uh, uh, yeah, he's, he's crazy. But yeah, uh, with this, though, we then continue, uh, you know, with the big beds, Ice Lady. Yeah, Ice uh, Face. And, and she's mad. She's upset because Star-Lord, Eric. Yeah. Xander Star-Lord. Xander has been disobeying her. Yondu and Ice Face. And he says... Hey, hey, give her a chance. She's not bad. You think, and it's, it again, in a weird way, it's kind of a strike against racism. 
kind of. It's like, listen, you hate all Kryptonians, but why don't you get to know one before you hate them well, all? Even she's this good whole at- thing is like Ice Face starts out going like, she's been filling your head with lies, hasn't she? About yeah. how great the Kryptonians were, someone, and how bad the circle is. Turns out though, you know, you have to sometimes call a civilization before they become too out of yeah. hand, and that's what we did. I'm like, yeah, and then he said, no, maybe no I should be part this. of that calling. Maybe I should be there. You should have let me go. For and they're talking. like, listen, they never tasted Taryn. That's what they, I think she said. But then he's like, ah, I'm getting out of here. And is basically saved by crypto. He ends you, up blasting her arm. I think the weirdest part of this whole thing is that is there's though, blood when no, she no. gets blasted and she's just ice, Eric. It makes no sense. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. That, the, that is the, weird. The that is weird. <laughs> is seeing Ryander say, hi, I'm Ryander. I think you know my sister Starfire. Yeah, like, it seems like this here? weird deal. Yeah, and the, the other thing is, like I said, as we're going through this, I always feel like I haven't read an issue in a while. So they're going through. You do get Rogozar's axe. That's the whole thing She's that saves the that, day. Yeah. It pretty much is like the the mistress for Artemis or anything. It's Thor's hammer. It's Molnir. Uh, it just comes to her with because of her rage. It senses the rage and comes. She goes. She's about to kill Splice and then doesn't stops and is says, this how "You know, Rogozar I will not feels do this all the time." No, yeah, yeah, sir. And I, that's I, I, not Kara's way. And I actually like that when she said that that was okay but then you know out of nowhere primus shows up hey i'll i'll get this and i'm like oh yeah the omega men are in this story i oh, actually man. forgot too i'm telling you yeah i did I too did, and like then, we're dealing with karen splice stuff in the ewok village so much I'm like i oh, forgot Megaman, all about oh it yeah i forgot all about it so then you, you have the this weird ending where we're almost done here carol looks out the window Sees the ship with Xander and Crypto going yes, out, I'm like, oh, good away. for you. I'll find you. Good for you, too. Way to go. Bird. I'm telling you, she's a way better person than me. I would have been so pissed. So, Where the I don't hell want to stop you with you, Then she goes in and out of the weirdest deal, Ryander shows up, a Starfire's brother, and goes, Hey there, sexy Supergirl. Oh, oh my name's Supergirl. I'm in camera. She's, she's bubbly. <laughs> Where are you going with this? Really? And uh, yeah, then this out guy of might as well so, be Jason Momoa clean shaven. Yeah, no, no, no. He has a nice smile and looks pretty sexy. No, Jason Momoa. <laughs> the only problem is it does look like he might have a mechanical hand or arm on that other side. But we'll I like see. to think it's just uh, a gauntlet. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, but yeah, I don't know he, a lot he, about Ryander, except pretty, that he was one of the Omega pretty, men. He's pretty sexy. I, I wish that he had to start making out with Kara so he knew the English language. But uh, you is, have that Is he going to give and her then, a solar charge? Oh, yes. Yeah, he could. I'm surprised that he doesn't. Uh, yeah, then you go with Hokum doing his e-cigar. I want to punch him still. Uh, but it's the whole deal of like all of a sudden it's just like, all right, we we had this big splice fight. Oh, no, we have to do all these things. Clones, Ryander, Omega Men, everything all, all is being Omega thrown Men in. Omega people that we went to go save that we thought were dead. Turns out they're not on the up and up. They're clones. They're and clones. Kara could not get to them in time because as she went off when they're trying to reacclimate themselves, yeah. she remembers where she saw that scar on their neck before. It had yeah, something had to scar. do with Kryptonian cloning. I'm like, and oh, also no. the idea that her father was involved, but. From what we've seen before, it seemed like Kryptonian cloning was something they that was hate, done 
centuries yeah. before yeah. the modern time of Krypton. And I've, that's why they were labeled abominations. Yeah. And that was a, like yeah. abolished science. Yeah, why doesn't was make her sense. father a part of this? I don't know. He's just there cloning shit up. Uh, but yeah, now, you I have know, this all How is Kara out. talking to Harry Hokum at this point? Because we I are on the Omega Man ship going away, away from the big, you know, Vegas system, like Harry Hokum vessel. I actually, actually, I actually think that it's just one of those, like it's supposed to be like me going like, Eric, I'll get you and then you're on the other ship oh you're well, getting it now a, i'm saying though but like did the clones like you know of the old omega men that are dead they they show that they're not on the up and up they're working for harry hokum yeah. as a way to in like you know like invade the omega in, men yeah invade did they the quick do this like oh uh by the way primus turn on the vid screen we're evil ha ha we yeah, first yeah. turn on the vid screen he so is harry there hokum on the is right screen. i'm saying the why you can't un, like you know not you answer just have it. he called in he's like you're weak you're weak and and you know you're all that you're in the twisted sister video now harpist you, you know? please don't yeah. do this harpist but yeah and and he's made clones of it's a supergirl army of clones that just oh, are yeah. monstrosities <laughs> monstrosities they are um but that's a, that kind of looks a little exciting you even have damage slash hulk slash she hulk slash supergirl there no she my favorite smashes. is my favorite is black hole face supergirl you like the is that the swirling one that you That's like? I, you don't one. like you don't like negative supergirl there that looks like she has a, a crazy X ray that you don't like that one. No, uh, no. I, what about I, Flash I, Mantis I actually, Supergirl? I, I, I like I like Black Hole Supergirl. The, the biggest abomination is Twin Supergirl at the top that that look like those twins that used to be on TV a lot and they no, always no, used to no, freak the, the, me out. It's Siamese twins. No, I don't That's know if that's I'm the saying. biggest abomination or if it's they overbite look like them, alien. Though. You know the ones the I'm the talking about, oh, right? talking about. I the found them very interesting the for a while. I yeah, had a lot yeah, of ideas about show. those twins. Yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> yeah, they, they freak me out. They freak me out big time. And it's many funny too because clones of Supergirl. It's funny too because we're we're focusing on everyone but the major one in the middle that just looks like a zombie. We yeah, like all the her. others. Well, I like yeah, overbite yeah. freaking, you know, Dominator Supergirl at the bottom there. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just telling you. I, even, even all <laughs> the Dominator one is so ugly. I I'm do just, like the Black Owen. You're right. So that's pretty cool. I didn't one. even see the Kirby crackle around that. But yeah, it's even cool. the idea, too, that we spent so much time thinking about Star Wars, even looking, next, Attack of the Clones. I'm like, I know. Really? That, that actually, I, I, that I think actually made this, me laugh. I actually think Star Wars was a very big influence in all of this that we're dealing yeah. with right now. Ewoks, I think out that of nowhere. Mark and Draco actually <laughs> just got done watching Jedi, and he – Actually huh. thought no, of the Ewoks I, when he yeah. was doing this. I think that he actually, for this whole thing, he ended up, you know, I'm assuming he's a Star Wars fan. He's watching Star Wars. Then he watched Guardians of the Galaxy, said like me, like, oh, this made me feel just the same. And then went back, hey, I'm going to watch Star Wars again. I'm going to watch the original trilogy again. All right. And then, then they just wrote this. Uh, you know, I'm surprised they didn't have <laughs> codes that were old. I mean, get it all in. Why not? Uh, but yeah, it, it's funny too, because Xander... I really like the character. I have to admit I I like the character a lot. And I love Supergirl. I love that she's there with Crypto. I I actually, this ending with these clones seems very cool. Why do I hate this issue then? Now, the thing is, when Supergirl finds out that Xander, like his adopted mother, is one of the Supergirl, do you think she's going to ice breath him into some form of carbonite? Ooh, no. (laughs) You think that's going to happen? That would be great. And then, and then he's like, I love you and then he's like, screw off. 
pretty yeah, much we from now on, what I'm going to do with Supergirl is I need I'm going to look for as detonator. many. I'm going to look for as many Star as Wars many references, references as I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm with. Because that's going to be the only I, fun I, I get out of this book. Because I don't yeah. like this series. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm looking at some of these aliens, and some of these aliens even look like that one uh, species of alien at the beginning of episode one. I'm surprised you know, we didn't see that little bat guy when they walked into that alien bar when they found Xander. Yeah, yeah. Blue milk for everyone. Boy. Yeah, that's right. And then the next thing we're going to get, like, lines like, you'll be dead. I'll be, I'll be careful. I'll be, you'll be dead. Oh, it'd be so good. It'd be so and if And then the uh, Xander and, and Supergirl are going to kiss because she likes a scoundrel. Like now, the whole thing, too, is the axe coming to her like the Jedi Force, like the Force? And then when she no. grabs one of it, it grows big like a lightsaber turning It does turning grow big, on. but we saw that before. But no. I'm saying, though, I, I think really even the axe now, becoming buddy. small is like, you know, when Luke uses his the, the Jedi. Like the, I mean, the, not, I'm going to say the Jedi mind trick, but the Force to have the freaking thing come over to him and you know turn it on it's the axe gets bigger it's all here jim no it's just star wars you are pushing it i'm gonna go back and see if there's a if there's a lightsaber sound effect when she grabs hold of it (laughs) i'm paging through all this to see some things i'm like i'm wait actually at one point uh you see a gamorian guard kind of uh standing there so i think you're on to something (laughs) i'm telling you uh i i need more Uh, when you have a xander there with the crypto, a lot of the people look like the people that would have been in Jabba's palace. Uh, yeah. They really do, if you look. But, you know, we might be pushing things here. What would you give this overall, though? I would give this issue a 4 out of 10. I enjoy the art. Okay. It's not even that doesn't even grab me. But I like the art, actually. It's okay. It's- it doesn't grab me like other art that I've said. I've really enjoyed the art here. It's okay. It's serviceable. It's just it's serving a story that is really just kind of – convoluted it's forced to get to where like the whole idea where everything is connected to something else i'm like so you just pretty much made the entire universe a small place where everything that we're dealing with just happens to be right here it was very just yes. anticlimactic to the point where i don't care about her search for the killer of krypton and his reasons behind it or the circle yeah, which that's I, weird that I really kind of wasn't that idea in the shuffle yeah. and it's just yeah. i don't that- care anymore and especially because yeah. we're in the vegas system we might as well be in general Writers anymore to seem like we're going to go to Dinosaur places that Eric Island. hates. Just, I'm going to I'm going to go everywhere that Eric hates. Gem World, Omega System, the gym. Even Boom, the, Eric, even you the just Omega, got it. The even, gym, oh, I said, Eric. Oh. <laughs> I don't like going uh, you to you at all. Yeah, you, you weren't even listening to my joke. When you, you say gym, I just take it that I don't want to go near you. How do you no, like gum apples? That too, and work. Boom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, yeah, I'm sorry. Even this whole thing with the Omega Men, it's not in the continuity that we had before. I'm not saying that what no. we got from Tom King seemed like it was in continuity. I don't know what Kyle Rayner was doing there. Yeah, but, uh, I know. Everything's just weird, and I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm going to give it a five, straight up five. It's not a FU variety, just a straight up five. This is just middle of the road stuff. I enjoyed some of it. I enjoyed a lot more talking to you about it than I did reading it. But that's part of my story. This though is a Star Wars Where's Waldo. It's fine with me. (laughs) Fine with me, my friend. What is your book of the week? My book of the week is a tie between Wonder Twins and the Batman Who Laughs. Yeah, mine is Wonder Twins. That's crazy. And that is over on the Patreon Spotlight. So if you, you know, want to hear it's us ridiculous. talk about those, both of your books are over on the Patreon Spotlight. It's mine ridiculous. is the one. Yeah, it is. I admit clearly, and you know, that the Wonder Twins being the book of the week sounds 
completely redonkulous, as you used to say, Eric. I, no, um, I never said but that. I did like it. I did like it. But here's what we're going to talk about next week on the podcast. Obviously, we'll two got. of these books will be a Patreon only spotlight. And I will tell you, go over to patreon.com slash weird science. And I'll tell you after we get done recording what ones that will be. But there's not a lot of books next week. Uh, not a lot at all. We have nope. Aquaman number 45. We have Batman 65 continuing the whole crossover that Joshua Williamson is doing. Yeah, we have Catwoman number eight. We have Damage number 14. We have High Level number one that I think that me and Pete from I have NYC no will idea probably be talking that about. Is. It's a Vertigo book. So I just me and Pete see from it, NYC like, will talk. Did they announce this beforehand? Because I'm like, this yeah, is all you, you brand don't new listen. to me. I looked at this. Thing, you like, don't listen to that stuff. I thought it was a mistake. Yeah. Justice League number 18, I believe that that is. And as we say, I'll even look. I believe that is a Legion of Doom issue is what I, I do was told. I do look forward to those. And I am looking at it now, and it is, Eric. It definitely is. And now that ruined me when I had my thing set up. We have Lucifer number five that Chris and Reggie <laughs> will talk about. Me and you will be back with Naomi. Sure And will. I'm really – I didn't like the first issue. I got a lot of flack for not liking that first though. issue. I, but your score, you know, we didn't like the issue no, so much. We were looking forward. So I'm looking forward to this book. I'm looking forward to see what this mystery is. It was a very is. underwhelming we, premiere in my mind. Yeah. We have Nightwing number 57. We have Teen Titans number 27. And Jeremy has Wildstorm number 20. Not a Not lot of a books. Lot and of with books that little all. bit of books, I have five. I yeah, have five I reviews have and we one. only have like, yeah, so does Reggie. Reggie has one book. You have one book. I have five. It's about time this happened. <laughs> that is nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> this and used I also to have, have me all the time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I also have probably seven Marvel reviews as well. So I'll have 12 reviews each week. I actually, depending <laughs> on what's going on at DC, I have been averaging 12 to 15 reviews a week. Oh, yeah, so you're getting it's crazy not, on the Marvel side. It's not as, uh, you know, noticeable on the DC side of things, maybe. But that's the end of the podcast. Like I DC said, if you want to you bring that Marvel yeah, job, if you want to go over, well, if you want to go over to our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash weird science, where we'll have that Patreon only spotlight, but a lot of other shows as well. Sure uh, I will throw out some things. We also have a Marvel uh, comics podcast, which is weird science, Marvel comics podcast. It's very easy. Also, a sure site is. there is it's about time the it weird, easy. Yeah, really weird science, Marvel comics is the site for that with reviews of all not all the books we're, we're trying we're you know i'm trying brandon as some. Yeah. Um, uh we have a bunch gringo star has it's a big endeavor there. uh and also eric i have a football podcast that's a football history <sighs> podcast i'll just throw it out probably never mention it again on this show but it is called gridiron greats the oh my, nfl history name. podcast eric came up with the name <laughs> and yeah if you go and look up that gridiron greats you'll be able to hear me talk about past football players dick night train and, lane you know yeah dick night train lane was the last one uh 10 to 15 minute things they're very easy very quick you can listen to that and see what you you think some interesting you stories can, you can and and basically i'm doing this because of the fact that some of the DC books are depressing me and I need something to do that is a little different and get me excited again. So there you go. That's what I did. Of course, you know, I don't have enough podcasts I'm on. I thought that was called uh, the Marvel podcast. What happened with that? No, no. I'm having problems (laughs) over there too. I'm realizing the grass is the same color.
color wherever you go. It ain't greener nowhere. Uh, But that's it. That's the end of the podcast. Thank you. I hope that this was a longer podcast. I hope that everybody enjoyed it. I hope Dancing Mike uh, doesn't hate me anymore. Oh, Dancing Mike. That's all I needed. I ended up starting the week where I was very depressed. You know, Mm -hmm, and I was mm -hmm. depressed. I said at the beginning of this podcast, though, that I really didn't it, it didn't feel right to have such a negative podcast out for a week last week we had this on there that and again it was the most downloaded episode ever so yep. i'm like Good and times. it just felt negative and then i got a couple emails from some people jay was one of them who kind of picked up my spirits all this and then we end right before we go to record tonight i get a shade throwing email from dancing mike that that really and i'll, I'll even say it now i probably said it earlier eric i can't remember way back then but you know for a fact that a lot of times, you know, we, we have some fun on the podcast and do it. But if, if there is shade or somebody's upset with me, you, re, you tell them it upsets me for oh weeks. My. It I don't really ever hear the end of it. upsets me. And then I also want to change things. And that's part of the reason why Mike's you know upset is because is to people see a grown ask, man cry every day. That's right. Well, I'm not even joking. I, I want Mike to realize that this is not a joke. I end up trying to make everybody happy and then I end up upsetting the next person in line and it just goes down the line. So I I, either I'm going to get to the point where I tell everybody to go F themselves and not Uh worry uh about it. Or, you know, I I don't need shade throwing emails saying that I'm nonsense. So there you go. I just want to say that because who knows earlier, I can't remember Eric, but earlier I uh, maybe we're getting towards a Brett esque meltdown. Is oh what my. I'm telling you, and nobody wants that again. No. But Eric, what do we say at the end of the podcast? Everyone have a great week. Keep it week. weird, and we'll weird. see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh!